participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. Welcome to this very special Thanksgiving Eve edition of the program. It is so great to be here with you on a lovely fall Wednesday afternoon in New York City. And let me tell you, there is no one in sight. New York City is a ghost town. It took me 40 minutes to get here. Usually takes me about 70 minutes to get here. No one in the studio. It's just your favorite crew here putting together another great program for all of you. Maybe you're traveling to go see loved ones this evening and you want to fire up a four-hour podcast with your good friends here to keep you company. On the train, 
on the plane, in the car, boat, I don't know, car, what, what, like a SUV, whatever you got, uh, we're here for you. Now, there were some people who were trying to push a movement of us not being here, but I wouldn't have it. In fact, if it was up to me, we'd do a show on every holiday. Uh, we'd do a Christmas show. We'd do a Hanukkah show. We'd do a Rosh Hashanah show. We would do a Labor Day show. We would do, I mean, everything, 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 everything. But this is great. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be here. And what about this setup? I mean, can we give GC his flowers? Look at that logo right over there. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm on the set of the Today Show here, Thanksgiving Parade. What about these leaves here what about the cornucopia guys we've got it i don't even want to touch it can i take this home by the way or do you need this gc no yeah, you can take it home but that's i mean that's authentically stuffed i mean wow. hand stuff if, if you pick it up everything's gonna fall out i'm not touching it that's a real deal cornucopia let me tell you something uh i've never had a cornucopia i love it i love everything about this i love the festive spirit um, we've even got this thing right over here. The, I don't even know how to do it. The pumpkin pie, lower third graphic thing, the bug. How do I get to that? It's right over there in the corner, right over, uh, part of DP's face. Is that a pumpkin pie or is that, I think so, right? Or is that sweet it's potato? It's a little pumpkin pie. Sweet yeah. potato pie, if that's what you want. I thought it was the sun. I have a guest wow. coming. That's not very nice. Huh, Frank. I have a guest coming over tomorrow and they said, don't worry, I'll bring the pumpkin pie. And I was like, kind of wanted pecan pie if i'm being honest oh wow your pecan over sweet potato and pumpkin yeah we've actually been having a, a pretty big discussion back here uh all show someone on the show is going to uh be a guest at someone's thanksgiving mm-hmm. went to a bakery checked out the pies 38 dollars walked over to costco yeah six bucks full size he's <laughs> trying to decide what to do there uh does he buy the six dollar one put it on a plate say that it's homemade or uh Mm. Go, you know. I don't know if you said, what's $40? wrong with just buying the pie and saying, I got this for you? I don't know, $6 from Costco. Is, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I mean, it also depends on whose house you're going to. If this is someone that you really care about, uh, if it's maybe in-laws, if it's, you know, so... Yeah. In-laws? Well... Yeah, <laughs> in-laws. It's in-laws. Uh, why... <laughs> I like how we just casually just came to that. Uh, oh, yeah, right yeah, yeah, This is great. Yeah, I mean, year three of it. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, year three. Wow. Are you, going yeah. to the, are you going to the parade tomorrow? No, no, no. I did it last year. That's, that's the one time I'll do it. Yeah, I don't blame you. I was actually invited to go to my brother's office, which overlooks the parade. Wow, yeah. wow. Now, that's an exclusive offer right there. Being down Couldn't in the be trenches is, is a whole other thing. Couldn't be bothered. Who wants to? Got to get up so early. Uh, I got yeah. up at like five last year. Now, if you, got the, if you got the exclusive seating at the office, you could show up whenever, man. No, couldn't be bothered. By the way, wow. pecan or pecan? It is technically like phonetically broken down pecan. You? What do you say? Pecan. I think it's like saying details or details. Yeah. I say pecan. The, the. Tomato, tomato. Mm, no one says tomato. Gif, jif. Mm. Bingo. That's a good one. Bingo. Uh, put it on the poll. Is it pecan or pecan? Uh, anyway, I can't wait for today's program. It's always great to be here uh, during the holiday season. I can't believe it's Thanksgiving. Remember uh, this time last year, uh, we did an early show because Canada was playing Belgium in their first World Cup match since 1986. We had the whole setup. We had the wings afterwards. We did an 11 a.m. show. We had the three in-studio guests from PFL. I mean, I was buzzing. I was high on life. I wore my, 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 my Canada sweatshirt. And then, of course, my buzz was killed because... GC showed up in the Lukaku Belgium shirt, which you know I still am not a thousand percent over, and I believe that's the reason why they lost. 
but that's neither. No, here. actually, I helped Canada because remember the the T-shirt curse is alive and well. He didn't play. And yeah. uh, no, 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 he missed that goal, didn't he? Did he, he got put no, in right no. at the end and missed he the got, goal. No, that was uh, I think against Morocco later on, or against Croatia. Uh, he was injured that game, so even when one step further, the the yeah, curse. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely left him out. In any event, I do want to remind you that today's program is presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with the code VMMA Hour because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. And certainly a lot to get in on this particular weekend. In addition to the football and all that other nonsense, PFL championships on Friday the big Chantel Cameron versus Katie Taylor rematch. More on that in a moment on Saturday afternoon. And the return of David Benavidez against Demetrius Andrade in the second-to-last Showtime boxing card. Charlo brother on there as well. There's a lot to like, a lot to watch, and a lot to get in on with our good friends over at DraftKings. I also want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Cash App. Cash App has the tools you need to make saving easier. Whether you're saving for your next vacation, a new car, or maybe you're going to pony up for some good seats at that next MMA event that is coming to town. Reaching your goals, whatever they may be, is faster with cash apps, roundups, and offers. That means even when you're not thinking about it, your money in cash app is building. That's money that's cash app. Download cash app from the App Store or Google Play Store to start saving today. Yes. Back into the show. Check in with the boys. Get the picks for the weekend. Parlay boys. GC's picks. You know the drill. Probably answer a couple questions back in as well, but we'll get to some questions in the first hour. Prior to that, the pride of Argentina, Eileen Perez, is going to stop by in studio. Yes, uh, the twerking queen herself, coming off her big win, has won two in a row, all kinds of drama last week, uh, at the PI, at the weigh-ins, some notoriety after the fight her dance moves, etc. She'll be joining us in studio in New York City for the first time. I look forward to meeting her. Uh, that will be at around 3 o'clock. At 2.30, Dustin Poirier is going to join us. El Diamante. Is he going to fight at UFC 300? What does he have in store for 2024? You know, when I think of the holiday season, when I think of the good people in this sport, El Diamante is at the top of the list. He is the man, Dustin Poirier, with his uh, foundation that he and his wife um, spearhead. They do tremendous things for the good people of Louisiana. And so I wanted to check in with Dustin Poirier. That will be at 2.30. At 2 o'clock, Kayla Harrison is going to stop by. In fact, she was on this show on the Thanksgiving Eve show exactly one year ago in studio. And you'll recall that it was two days before her first pro loss. That was to Larissa Pacheco. She has not fought since. But she returns this Friday PFL championship, not in a championship fight, but in a catchweight fight at 150 pounds against Aspen Ladd, who we actually talked about in that interview. She had just signed with the PFL. And this is a really big fight for one Kayla Harrison. This is her final fight on her PFL deal. And now, of course, we know that the PFL is a whole new place with the acquisition of Bellator, still so much to dissect. And in fact, I have two pretty interesting updates on that acquisition. I was kind of like racking my brain over like the Monday evening slash Tuesday uh, period. Did I ask Don everything? Did I miss something? Should I have asked this? Should I have asked that? I asked him two follow-ups that I think are 
pretty interesting. And uh, I presume there's some questions regarding the PFL on today's edition of On the Nose presented by Kraken. Is that correct? You Mr. presume Frank? correctly. So that will come into uh, play. Uh, still so much to digest there. And uh, it's obviously going to be one of the top stories of 2024. So stay tuned for that. Kayla Harrison fighting on that card this uh, Friday on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. And we also found out uh, yesterday that it will be available on DAZN. And it's a nice little card. It's a nice little card. Uh, the headliner is Olivia Aubameyang against Clay Collard. Uh, there's also Larissa Pacheco on there. Uh, Magomed Magomed Kerimov. Uh, there's Impa Kasangane against Josh Silvera, which is a really interesting light heavyweight fight given their backstories. And then what about our good friend Derek Brunson making his PFL debut against Ray Cooper, the former welterweight champ, moving up to 185. That will be a prelim fight. So a little something for everyone. Chris Wade on there. That all goes down on uh, Friday. Prior to that, we'll answer your questions on the nose, presented by our good friends over at Kraken. And in a matter of seconds, hopefully, we will be joined by the undisputed super lightweight champion of the world, Chantel Cameron. Uh, Unfortunately, we found out just moments ago that Katie Taylor, who we had uh, announced uh, to be on the program, is unable to make it. Uh, So she has a massive fight and uh, a lot going on. And so she is unable to make it. And you know uh, that is a bummer uh, because I hate announcing guests and then they don't show up for whatever reason. Uh, but we have long uh, been a supporter of hers and understand. And so we are very thankful that we also have uh, the champion joining us in moments' time. And this is massive. I will not be there. A lot of people have been asking me, am I going to be in Ireland this weekend? I will not be there. I was there in May, and it was one of the most uh, memorable events that I've ever covered, one of the most memorable scenes, and one of the best fights that I've ever seen in person It was a massive win for Chantel Cameron, and now they are running it back at 140 pounds. So in case you don't know, Katie Taylor is the undisputed champion at 135 in boxing. She moved up to 140 to fight the undisputed champion at 140, super lightweight. Uh, She was supposed to fight Amanda Serrano. Amanda Serrano uh, got banged up after her win over Erica Cruz here in New York earlier in the year. So that fight fell through, and who knows if that rematch will ever happen. So instead of fighting, you know, someone who she would be a minus 2,000 favorite against or some crazy number, she says, you know what? Homecoming, big deal. Everyone wants me to fight back home. I want to fight back home. She would sell out the three arena fighting me or that turkey or a broomstick. She says, man, I don't want a gimme fight. I don't want a cupcake. I don't want a tune-up fight. I want the best freaking fighter at 140 pounds. Pretty damn impressive. And a lot of people, including myself, said, "Mm, maybe that's not the best idea for the homecoming. And in the end, it it turned out to be a bit of a nightmare because she ended up losing her first pro fight in her homecoming. And so the question was, she's obviously going to fight again. Is she going to run it back or is she going to go back to 135 and maybe get an easier fight and get her mojo back and then maybe try to cross that bridge in the future? She said no. She wanted it. And now it's happening again this Saturday rematch in a bit of a do-or-die fight, I would imagine, for Katie Taylor. A lot at stake here, and obviously a massive, massive fight once again. For the champion at 140, Chantel Cameron, it goes down in Ireland at the 3 Arena once again. Same arena, back on zone, 
And it's a great honor and privilege to be joined by the champion at 140 pounds, the undisputed champion at 140 pounds, the pride of England, the one and only Chantel Cameron. Here she is. Hello, Chantel. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much for doing this. Uh, I know there's been a lot of uh, media and activity and whatnot leading up to this big fight, so thank you for the time. We really appreciate it. Uh, can I ask you off the bat, uh, I've noticed that you've done a lot of media, and, and uh, Katie hasn't. In fact, in full disclosure, she was supposed to be on the show today, uh, but unfortunately, yeah. she, uh, she canceled. And uh, that's a bit of a bummer, but uh, I appreciate you being here. What do you make of that? When you, when you hear of that, her being very reclusive this week and, and you being out there and, and, and doing what you have to do, do you take anything away from that? No, I don't, to be honest. I think we're two completely different people, whereas I kind of, this is just part of the job, isn't it? And you do this to sell the fight and kind of let, let people know what you're about as well. So for me, it's, uh, it's just water for ducks back. So it doesn't doesn't phase me. Don't really look too much into what Katie's doing, what Katie's saying, what she's thinking, how she's feeling. Doesn't bother me. I just focus on me, and this is no bother to me. Then right. I'm doing nothing. What else am I doing? I'm just sitting around the hotel, killing time. So uh, it's 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 my honour to come in here and talk and have a chat. Okay, well I appreciate that. Um, has your life dramatically changed since the win in May? Uh, yeah, it, it's definitely changed, but. Do you know what? I'm quite a grounded person, so I don't really look too much into it. I'm, I'm a bit of a boring person as well. I just keep my head down and don't really do much or say much. So um, it, it has changed, but I've also made sure it hasn't changed too much. I, I like I like my little quiet life and just keep keeping my small little circle. Uh, I mentioned, uh, you know, same arena, obviously same fight, same belts on the line. And so there's a lot of similarities, but I'm wondering, considering you already beat her, and it wasn't that long ago. Are you feeling like this is a bit of deja vu all over again for you? Or do you feel like a completely different fighter with different thoughts and different feelings because you've already been there, done that, and climbed that mountain successfully? So two there, because it, it is like deja vu. I'm singing to Katie's tune again. I'm over in Dublin. I'm putting my belts on the line. Whereas the rematch, I beat her the first time. So she could have put her belts on the line and drained me and got me down to 135. Or we could have gone anywhere else in the world and had this rematch. But um, I'm singing to Katie Shune again and I'm putting my belts on the line. I'm back in Dublin. But for me, my mindset is completely different. The May 20th, that fire, that version of me, um, I was quite like, I was in awe of Katie Taylor. So it was kind of like finally getting this opportunity. I'm finally getting this fight. And I actually had an injury in that whole camp. But I knew that I had to take the fight there and then because if I hadn't, I'd never see that fight again. It was the first time Katie Taylor had ever mentioned my name, let alone called me out. So I jumped on it. Uh, I, I grabbed grabbed the opportunity with two hands, and I knew that I had to take that. And I was grateful for the opportunity as well. I was grateful that I was finally getting to face Katie Taylor because I believed I'd always be her. My team believed I was always, I'd always be her. And people close around me, you see how I train, my work ethic. They always knew that I was all wrong for Katie Taylor, and I proved it May the 20th. So this fight, I'm coming in there knowing that I've shown everyone that I can beat her, but this time, a better version of myself. How serious was that injury? It was quite bad. I was meant to be on the anti-Joshua undercard, but it's just crazy how things worked out because I think I was about three or four weeks into ca in close to the fight and I was sparring a lad called Lerone for my, for my gym and I threw a jab 
and I just heard it pop, and I've never had pain like it. Oh no! And the next, yeah, and the next day, Katie Taylor called me out, and uh-huh. I was thinking, oh, like I, I rang my manager and said, "Council, I can't find the unicard anywhere. I'm injured. So let's go for Katie Taylor. Let's do it." And I went to the sports massage, and he was like, "You can't punch for two weeks. There's no way you can hit a pad, hit a bag, can't shadow box." I just had to rest my arm for two weeks. So it was kind of like, oh, no, I just literally said that I boxed the best female boxer there is in a homecoming. But for two weeks, I'm not able to punch. So I was a bit like, oh, it wasn't the best preparation, but I did have a good camp. Wow. And and where was the injury? Was You said it was in your arm? Yeah, my tricep head. Wow. Um, all right. Well, we couldn't tell on the night because you, you boxed beautifully, I thought, and, and won that fight fair and square. Uh, you did mention in your previous answer you're singing to her tune again. Are you annoyed yeah. that you won the first fight and you're back in Dublin defending your belts? Yes, you're the A side this time, but it's very much back on her home turf. Yeah, like obviously I'm a little bit frustrated because, um, like, she's getting the she's getting to roll the dice twice, which is fair enough. She's Katie Taylor. What she's done for women's boxing is amazing, and I'm appreciative of that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, what are you doing with your lightweight belts? You're not defending them for a year now. And why Dublin? Why have, I, why have I had to come back to Dublin? And to be honest, I'm actually having a great week. The the Irish have been amazing. The, at the media workout today, they were lovely and supportive of both of us. But at the same time, it's, it's, this isn't my country either. So I don't know why we couldn't have been in the UK or Middle East or America. It could have gone anywhere. But I had to come back to Dublin and... Obviously, it's Katie Taylor's country, so it's, it's all for Katie Taylor. Did you consider putting your foot down? Did you consider saying no to this, or did you have no choice because she had the rematch clause? Yeah, I had no choice. So I did say, like, well, do I get a rematch clause in this fight? Because it's okay coming back for the rematch, but what if I do get robbed? Like, what's going to happen for me then? Is everything just in Katie Taylor's favour so that she takes my belts? And it's all gonna. She's gonna get the fairy tale homecoming finally because I scored it the first time. But um, I'm not getting a rematch clause. There's no rematch clause in it, and the kind of just have to come over, come over here and get get the rematch on because it's it's it is a great fight anyway. And obviously, um, it's a big opportunity again for me. And for me, it's just going to showcase everyone how good I really am. May the twentieth. I didn't think. I, I don't think I boxed brilliant at all. I don't think that was my best performance by far. So now everyone's going to see, if there's no excuses, I want to go in there making sure I put on the best statement I possibly can. Why aren't you getting a rematch clause in there? Great question. I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming you've asked that question or your, your management I did, has asked when that? The fight, when I was going back and forward about um, coming back to Dublin, I said like, well, can I put a rematch clause in there now? But um, yeah, it's not happening. Okay. Um, and then I thought perhaps she would say, okay, this time we'll do it for my belt at 135 and see, you know, how you fare at 135. Was that ever discussed or was it always same way, so same belt? So my team was pushing for 135. Um, even after the first fight, I said, right, I'll come down to 135 and I'll challenge you for your belts. So I, I made it loud and clear as soon as I beat her in May 20th that, right, I'll come, if we have a rematch, let's put your belts on the line. And then when we were going back and forward about Dublin, I said, well, I'll come back to Dublin if the challenge is that we go at one three five. But again, there was uh, no movement in it. There's no budge. 
Mm. Uh, are you uh, obviously you're very confident going into the fight, but like if you're able to take the Chantal Cameron hat off and just be a sort of boxing pundit, if you will, are you surprised that she is going back to this well, considering there's so much at stake? She's sort of on the tail end of her career and and she wants that homecoming fight. Like, do you think that this is a massive mistake for her as opposed to taking, you know, a bit of a tune up fight? A massive, yeah. you know, like, you know, one of these fights, she's like a minus 2,000 favorite in, in the fight going. Like, are you surprised that she's going back this route, considering how the first fight went? To be honest, I am, because, like, for her first time coming, she could have picked an easy opponent. But I didn't, I don't, maybe they didn't think I was that good. I, I don't know. Maybe they thought I was going to be an easy touch. But I think, um, obviously... Taking the V match with me straight away, I, I think I think she made a mistake again. I think it's another mistake. Uh, do you feel like she is feeling that pressure? Uh, some have said if she loses, she might retire. I know she's kind of uh, dismissed all of that, but that would be two losses in a row, and there's a lot of wear and tear. I mean, Olympics, amateur career, all that stuff. Do you feel like she is feeling that pressure? Um, I, don't, I wouldn't really want to say, to be honest, because... Um, with all due respect, I don't really care. Okay, fair I enough. Think. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't answer that because um, I'm just focused on me. Like, I've got a job to do, and Katie Taylor is standing in the way of my career moving on. And if I if I lose, then where do I go? So for me, it's kind of like pushing that aside. I don't. I, I really don't. I'm not bothered because I'm just so focused on what I've got to do and that what I've got to get through to make sure that my career, I get the nights that I want. Uh, could I ask, I know yesterday you guys had that face-off at uh, City Hall. Yeah. Uh, did you did you take anything away from interactions with her, her demeanor, etc.? Just awkwardness, ain't it? Yeah. Staring at each other. Yes. Awkward. <laughs> Not a lot of trash talk, just a lot of staring and awkwardness, right? We see the finished product. Yeah, just... I'm sure the whole thing was awkward. Yeah, yeah, it was quite awkward. Just keep walking up and staring at each other like, a lot of my personal space as well, so I was thinking, oh, <laughs> a bit close. <laughs> Do you hate doing that stuff? Yeah, I'm not really into the whole uh, face-offs, the builder, and I really don't like the press conferences. Really? Why? I'm just not really a big talker. I just, I like fighting, and the, everything else that comes with it, I just think, oh, I'd rather not do it, but I do it because it's part of the job. Yeah, uh, you know, the more you do it, the more rich and famous you get, right? So it's kind of... <laughs> something that you have to deal with, unless you don't care about those things. I don't really. I care about being rich. I want the money. <laughs> sure, sure. I don't blame you. I want to. I want to be. Uh, want to be comfortable when I retire. But being famous now, that doesn't bother me. Uh, I like being in the background. Could I ask? Um, you know, obviously Eddie Hearn has been promoting Katie for quite some time. He also promotes yeah. you. Is that ever awkward that he's kind of, I was watching the open workouts or actually, no, I saw an interview with him and uh, Maisie Rose. She was asking him a question and she asked him for his yeah. prediction. And he's like, oh, it's a bit awkward. I can't really make a prediction. I promote both. Um, is that ever yeah. awkward in your dealings that he's kind of in the middle? But, you know, he has this longstanding relationship with Katie as well. Yeah, Katie's his golden girl. So uh, I know that and it doesn't bother me. Then today it's business, isn't it? That's his golden goal, and he's rooting for Katie to win. But at the end of the day, what I do is I come, I come along and I upset people and I break hearts. So <laughs> that's just what I'm doing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you will be walking out second this time. Um, yeah. 
some might have said that you should have walked out second the first time around because you were the champion. But of course, now that you've yeah. you've won the first fight, you get to walk out second. I saw a video where you you said that you thought that she was maybe as as you would say in England, taking the piss by taking so long <laughs> to come out. Uh, will you return the favor on Saturday? Will you take an extra long time to come out? Absolutely not. No, I'd rather just get myself in the ring than standing on that platform with everyone staring at you and probably booing me and stuff. I think I was going to get straight to the straight to the ring and get down to business. I'm not going to be messing about. Okay, fair enough. Uh, have you watched the first fight a lot? I've had to to go over tactics and sitting down with my coach and seeing what went right, what went wrong, and how we're going to change it a little bit and adapt. What what went right, in your opinion? Um, obviously, I got the win, so yeah. something must have gone right. But uh, it was a lot of scrappy rounds. I, I, she, she comes in with her head a lot, and I was there. So I was letting I was letting her catch me with her head a lot. I just got to make sure I don't let it happen this time, because obviously I don't want to be coming out marked up again with lumps all over my head from headbutts. So making sure that my head's not there to be meeting hers. And I just need to like calm down a little bit. Before it was a bit erratic. I was just, because she burgles rounds, I was just going, I was just throwing punches where I want to be spiteful. I want to sit down and I want to make my my punches count. But I know that she burgles rounds and I knew that I couldn't leave it to the judges to be swaying towards her. So because I was going to sway towards Katie anyway because of Katie Taylor, the name, being the homecoming, um, she's such a star so it was kind of like everything just felt erratic and rushed where I need to slow my mind down and let my let my hands let my hands do the, do the business and make sure that every punch counts uh, that was by far the biggest fight of your career certainly the biggest stage that you have fought on did you feel the nerves beforehand yeah I was absolutely bricking it okay. I, uh, <laughs> I remember I was thinking oh I could easily just go home now <laughs> really in the locker room yeah, I was just thinking, oh, why am I doing this? Get me the next flight home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you think you'll feel the same on Saturday? I feel it every single fight. It doesn't matter. If, when I was an amateur, when I was a kickboxer, I, I always get nervous before a fight. So why do you do this? If it, if it brings you such anxiety, why do you do it? I'm a bit of a weirdo, and I must okay. get off on it. <laughs> okay. Do you actually enjoy the fights themselves? I love fighting. That's a, that is why I do it, because I love fighting, but... The nerves and that, I, just, I wish I didn't have them, but I do. But then again, when I flip it, it plays into my favor because I know that nerves are good for me. It fuels me. And when I'm nervous, it means I'm ready. So I, I flip it and I know that I've got to embrace the moment, take them nerves and turn it into good energy where it's going to fire me up. Have the nerves subsided over the years or do they only get more pronounced because the stakes are getting bigger? No, they're always the same. Okay, wow. And any ch- perhaps this time around, because, you, like I said, you've climbed the mountain, maybe there'll be less nerves this time? What do you think? No, always same. the same. But okay, all right. It's, it's, again, it's cool, calm, and collected. I know, what, I, I know how I'm going to feel. I know how to deal with it. And I know how to execute my game plan. So I'm, I, it doesn't mm-hmm. phase me. Uh, there was a lot of talk that she, quote-unquote, started slow in the first fight. Do you agree with that assessment, or is that taking something away from you? Are you the reason why she started slow? I think I'm the reason. I think I started. I was straight there, and I think she like felt my presence. Okay, and uh, are you expecting something dramatically different from her this time around? I think she'll try to start fast, but I'm going to meet her in the middle. Okay, um, this is getting me very excited. By the way, I wish I was there. Uh, just your intensity kind of comes through the the screen. What what is your goal 
if all goes according to plan for you, you win the rematch, what is the dream scenario for you next? So I'm just going to focus on getting okay. that win on Saturday. Fair enough, fair enough. Making sure that I beat Katie Taylor again and then see what doors open for me. But for me, it's pretty focused on Saturday. If I start thinking about what's next, it, it's distracting and it's kind of disrespectful to Katie Taylor as well because she's a fantastic boxer and I, I want to make sure that I'm fully focused, fully zoned in, and I've got to get that win. Fair enough. Uh, by the way, uh, 135 at this stage in your career in life, is, is that doable? It's doable if the belts are on the line. Okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, would it be Wolverhampton Stadium? Is that the one? Is that the spot? No, Northampton. 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 Oh, geez, I screwed it up. What's the big? What's the big stadium or arena over there? Franklin Franklin Gardens. Okay, is that is that a is that a football stadium? Uh, rugby stadium. Rugby stadium. Okay, that that perhaps would be the dream at some point. Yeah. Okay. At some point. At some point. Uh, and would it be a feather in your cap? Is this something that you care about to be the one to retire, Katie Taylor? Do you think about that sort of thing? No, I just think about winning, winning at all costs. Okay. And one thing I'm good at is adapting. So whatever Katie Taylor brings, I'm, I'm so good at adapting. I'm just going to meet her and make sure that I'm just all around better in every department. Uh, well, I cannot wait for it. Uh, I wish you the best. Thank you so much for doing Thank this. You. Uh, the first fight was brilliant. It was it was absolutely incredible to watch, and your performance was uh, was fantastic, magnificent. So I wish you nothing but the best on Saturday. Looking forward to it. And thanks for giving us some time today. Thanks for talking to me as well. All right, take care. There she is, the undisputed champion at 140 pounds, the great Chantel Cameron joining us. Oh, my gosh, what a fight. I hope you guys will, will watch these fights on uh, Saturday. Uh, solid, solid card. Uh, the DAZN card is very fun uh, from Ireland. Uh, Gary Cully is on there, who uh, lost a heartbreaker back in May. Uh, my guy, no party, no Cardi. Thomas Cardi, he's on there. He trains with the likes of Johnny Walker. That was the fighter, by the way, who Johnny Walker walked out with back in May. Uh, friend of the show, Sky Nicholson, uh, fighting in her uh, first defense of her interim WBC title. Patty Donovan, who had a great performance back in May. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.
Com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. His head trainer, the legend Andy Lee by his side, and then, of course, the big one in the main event. And then later on that evening, which you can catch on PPV.com, uh, the great David Benavidez going up against Demetrius Andrade. And uh, Andrade, uh, it always screws me up because we're in, in, in MMA, it's Jessica Andrade. It's usually the uh, the Brazilian fighters with the last name Andrade, but it's Andrade. Uh, that is a massive, massive, massive fight and uh, a potential opportunity for uh, one David Benavidez, who is 27 and 0, uh, just 26 years young, to maybe stamp his ticket to a big Canelo Alvarez fight. So Friday, you got PFL. Saturday, you got those back-to-back events. The stretch that boxing is on right now, again, boxing is dead, boxing is dead, and in particular, DAZN, because there's only two left in America now. There's DAZN and ESPN. They've got this event on November 25th, the return of Ryan Garcia on December 2nd. uh, That's next weekend. Also next weekend, UFC Austin and the BKFC uh, event headlined by Mike Perry versus Eddie Alvarez for the King of Violence belt, which was... Uh, essentially born on this program, a little tip in the uh, little tip of the cap to us. Uh, so that's December second, December 9th, Devin Haney against Regis Progre at 140 for Progre's title, which is a gigantic fight. Then you've got the Jake Paul fight on December fifteenth against Andre August, and then you've got that gigantic Day of Reckoning card uh, with the likes of Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder and Dimitri Bivol, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, on December twenty third. <laughs> That is a stretch. And then in January, Arter Better BF comes back and a whole host of others. So this is fun. This is a fun time in combat sports. I'm looking forward to it. Let's get to the questions. Time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time. It's time for a good old-fashioned Q&A, MMA fans. Uh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment has That was fun. I enjoyed I, my first time himself, talking to uh, Chantal Cameron. Enjoyed that very much. Can't wait for the fight. She is the favorite, by the way. Katie, the underdog. Rare, rare time where she's the underdog. We recall that she was the underdog going up against Amanda Serrano. She was was an H-Dow pick. I wonder if GC has a little money on uh, this fight. You got a little action on it or what? You don't have to tell me now, but I just was curious if you had something. Uh, A little something. A A sprinkle. Okay. All right. Uh, that's a big one. That is a big one. I do want to remind you that this edition of On the Nose is brought to you by our good friends over at Kraken. Kraken, see what crypto can be. We appreciate them very much. Great people over there. Thank you very much to them for their support. Always smart when you can be a part of the favorite segment of the week. And thank you very much to Mysterious Frank for his efforts cobbling up all the questions. Moderator Frank, shout out to our two new moderators on the YouTube channel as well, Brandon and Osi. There's a lot to be thankful for on this Thanksgiving Eve. Let's get into it, friends. And still to come, of course, Kayla Harrison, Dustin Poirier, and Eileen Perez in studio. Stay tuned for all of that. It's going to be a great day. Taco Enthusiast is up first. Hi, Ariel. Thank you for conducting such an insightful interview with Don Davis. Yes, the PFL founder chairman and co-owner. The business of MMA is fascinating to me. I agree. And there's nobody I'd rather see interviewing the bigwigs than you, my guy. Thank you. I appreciate that. While I find many facets of the PFL belt ordeal interesting, I think their competitive advantage over the UFC lies in one, how quickly, and two, how effectively they're able to capture additional international markets. 
not a bad point. While I can't foresee a future where PFL is more revered than the UFC's stateside, I absolutely see the potential for international growth and a not-so-distant future where PFL is the bigger brand abroad. You agree with this take? Why or I not? I mean, listen, you may not think that they're going to overtake uh, the UFC stateside. It's going to take a long time before they are the dominant brand anywhere else in the world, but there's probably a little less work to be done, a little. Uh, the UFC has such an edge, and there's such a gap, not just here, but in Canada and in Europe and everywhere, Middle East, etc. Um, I saw some people saying, I can't believe Ariel is comparing the acquisition of Bellator by the PFL to the UFC Pride deal, to the UFC Strikeforce deal. Make no mistake about it. I said very clearly that this is the fifth most notable one. Um, it is nowhere near as big as those others. And it's not even as big as the Strikeforce Elite XC deal back in the day. I was around for all of them. And you look at the rosters, PFL is acquiring a better roster than the one they currently have. Uh, a, a deeper roster, a more talented roster. This is why they did it. And one of the questions that I had that I didn't ask Don Davis on Monday was, hey, a few weeks ago, Showtime Sports announced that they were getting out of the sports business. Excuse me, Showtime announced that they were getting out of the sports business. Showtime said that they were getting out of the combat sports business. Come end of December, they were done. Why didn't you just wait until they were fully out in January? All the pieces are dispersed all over the diaspora, and then you you gobble them up, you pick up the scraps, and you don't have to give them any equity. I know he said that they didn't pay anything for it. There, there was no money exchanged. But they did give Paramount some equity. You could have gotten away with no equity. And so I asked him this question. Did you consider that? And he said, yes. He told me this this morning when I asked him. Yes, it was discussed. That would have been more cost-effective for PFL. We could have done that. We did it this way because better for the Bellator fighters or else all their contracts null and void, meaning patchy mix. I saw him. I think he spoke to Damian Martin yesterday. He was glowing about the fact that he just signed a, a big new deal. And by the way, a lot of people recently in Bellator signed big new deals, and I wonder if that was a bit of a parting gift. Sign the big new deal before the deal gets done. Now you have to honor said deal. I wonder. I'm just bringing that up. But anyway, if Bellator closes shop and Paramount closes shop on Bellator, that contract means nothing. And so to Don's point here, uh, all the contracts would have been null and void had they waited. He's honoring the contracts. He continues. So 200 fighters hitting the market at once, the fighters would have been in a bad position. Sure, some would have been, or excuse me, some would have had multiple bidders and ended up in the same position. 90% of them would have been worse off, he continues. I took the long-term view that PFL, as a fighter-first league, would benefit doing this, would build goodwill and relationships. So there you have it. Now, is that a bit of spin PR? You be the judge. But you can make a very, very strong case that, you know, they could have just waited to January and then gotten into a bidding war with the likes of UFC 1, Ryzen, whomever. There's a ch if I'm the UFC, I want Johnny Eblen. If I'm the UFC, I want Patchy Mix. If I'm the UFC, I want Usman Nurmagomedov. I want Vadim Nemkov. They would have gone, and very good chance they would have lost out. So they needed to beat them to the punch. They needed to get those deals before they officially closed up shop. 
And, you know, equity is equity, but they didn't have to lose out on any money, exchange any cash, so to speak. And that's why they did it. The other question that I asked Don Davis about, this was on Tuesday. When the UFC bought Pride, as we've discussed, some fighters didn't cross over. Some of the contracts didn't cross over, Fyodor Emelianenko most notably. Uh, I asked him, can that happen here or as a result of the acquisition are all the contracts coming over? He said, yes, that is accurate. All the contracts are coming over, no issues. So some people were wondering, can someone opt out? Can someone said, say, I'm not going? According to Don Davis, that is not the case. Everyone has to go. So I think those are two very uh, interesting nuggets and updates, if you will. Um, let's see. As I think GC said on Monday, PFL has made a lot of announcements over the past year. Uh, they've announced you know, the Jake Paul deal. They've announced the uh, Francis Ngannou deal, the pay-per-view super fight deal, Amanda Serrano signing with them. Uh, was it Jessica McCaskill that they announced signing with them as well? Who was it? I'm blanking on, uh, was it McCaskill when I was on vacation? Uh, PFL. Am I crazy? Who was it that they announced? Yeah, I don't recall McCaskill signing. Was it not McCaskill? I'm, 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 Maybe I'm wrong. I, well, Clarissa Shields has fought for them. Who? Oh, Savannah Marshall. Savannah Marshall is the one. Um, I, I confused Savannah Marshall with they, they announced Savannah Marshall. Uh, signed, McCaskill fought Chantal Cameron. Uh, they they announced her sign. So are are these deals going to come to fruition? Uh, 2024 is a really big year for them to put this all into practice. Where is Bellator going to air? Um, are they going to be able to put on all these fights, the TV deals, all that stuff? It's a fascinating story to follow, and I'm very curious to see how it all pans out. Abey, hello, Ariel. But please, 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 make no mistake about it. Regardless of what the idiots on, on Twitter may say or X, the trolls, it is going to take years, if not decades, before anyone can gain ground, significant ground on the UFC. The UFC is by far, I don't know what rankings, this and that. Most rankings that I look at, 90% of them, the top 10, if not more, 95%, whatever it is, are UFC fighters. They have the best. They put on the best events. They have the best fighters. They have the best production. They have the best everything. They are the best. They are the leaders. Anyone who tells you otherwise is an absolute liar. Um, I, I say this time and again. People just want to pick and choose what they listen and digest. They are the best by far. And so it's going to take a lot of work. And oh, by the way, I don't believe for a second that they have lost any sleep on this deal. They are the best. There's a massive gap between everyone else. And so we will now see if uh, slowly but surely they'll be able to gain some ground. They need to build stars. They need to, they need to get in on the you know, the, the, the Bo Nichols before the UFC can get them. And now with the contender series, the UFC is getting to prospects a lot sooner than they did in the past. They need to be aggressive. If, if I were in charge of PFL, the number one thing that I would be focused on right now is talent scouting. I would have people stationed all over the globe waiting to sign collegiate athletes, waiting to sign Blue chip prospects waiting to sign one and oh stars from Mexico. You got to get them before the UFC gets them. That's how you're going to try to gain any ground whatsoever. Ultimately, everyone dreams of being a UFC fighter. 
That's the dream. That's the end goal. No one dreams of being a CFL or XFL fighter. No one dreams of playing for Real Madrid in basketball. They want to go to the NBA. No one dreams of playing for Inter Miami in MLS. They want to go to Arsenal or Man United or Chelsea or Man City. You got to get them before they get to the dream. You gotta, you're probably going to have to overpay. You're probably going to have to do this, that, and the other. But that should be priority number one. Hello, Obey. Uh, hello, Ariel. As two... 24, 2024 approaches, how would you assess the significance of the backup fighter? It's been a big talking point this year, and at one point I felt too many fighters were clamoring for that spot. Yeah, that was a thing, but I think it's died down, thankfully. However, in recent months, we've gone from Colby being guaranteed a title shot because he weighed in to Cannonier. Well, Colby weighed in. Yeah, that was in March. Um, to Cannonier being a backup fighter only for DDP to get the title shot while Cannonier fights Dolice. Remember, Cannonier was asked to fight. I know it was short notice. Uh, Shamayev got hurt. That was a probable number one contender fight. Gamma was the backup fighter. They called Poirier Volk instead. Pavlovich was the backup fighter. Okay, on and on it goes. Where do you see this going? I mean, it just, it just depends. I, I, I have never thought that the backup fighter is your ticket. It only became the ticket when Dana White used that as the reason for giving Colby the title shot. Could have just said, you know, we wanted to give him the title shot, and that was that. Um, there are some people who have used the backup fighter slot to really wedge their way in there, and probably no one more so than Alex Volkanovsky. Remember, he flew to Edmonton to be the backup fighter for Holloway Edgar, and that put him at the front of the line, uh, was the backup fighter last year in Abu Dhabi, and that put him in the front of the line. Very, very smart. But I think if you're accepting the backup fighter role, remember Anthony Smith was the backup fighter for the um, the light heavyweight title fight in January. I know he missed weight, but like I think you accept it. You hope that it gets you in their good graces. You hope that it puts you at the top of the list. But it's rare that it's used as a guarantee. And to your point of bay, it's sort of fizzled out. Um, I'm, I'm glad we are past the stage where people are getting on the microphone and asking to be the backup fighter because that's just very awkward. Leave that conversation for the the back room if you ask me ant evans our good pal youtube guru himself oh man ant evans just rolling in the jobs now i mean he can't he can't he can't accept all these jobs it's an amazing thing he has really built an empire lovely to see anyway without help from ariel and his slightly sinister ability to recall every conversation he's ever had can New York Rick and GC name all five PFL Inc. brands off the top of their head? The ones, the new ones. No, name all five. There's five right now. That's what I'm saying. There's obviously Bellator. Yeah. I think, it's, I think the, the official name is the Bellator International Series. Anyway, Bellator. Uh, Bellator there's no way I'm going to get yeah, no, official titles on five, these because they're just... PF, PFL, PFL International, so like PFL Europe. Uh, the PFL... Pay-per-view super fights. Uh, is that three? Um, PFL Challenger Series, that's four. And uh, the PFL Playoffs, yeah? Regular season? And Bellator versus PFL Champions no, Series? No, that's not it. That's not it. Uh, <laughs> over to you, New York, Craig. <laughs> Wait, he, he named all five, I no? just named six. Bellator? I named all six yeah, of their properties. Ahead. Bellator, yeah. PFL's season and playoff format. Well, you did say uh, that you, PF, you broke those PFL up into two. PFL Challengers. Yeah. No, one. Okay, yeah. No, he Bellator, did. He did. He PFL did. Season. Yeah. Uh, PFL Challenger Series. PFL Europe. And what was the last one? 
GC, what did I miss that you said? Uh, Bell- Bellator versus PFL Champion Series. Oh, no. Oh, um, no, the pay-per-view super fight division. Yes, yes. The pay-per-view super yeah. fights. There it is. That's, right. He named all five. Uh, he had it. Well, actually, nice and clean. Easy, <laughs> not complicated. No PFL Europe is actually fight. not. It's the international series. Yes, yes, there's right. be, I did say that. I yeah. did say that. We got we got Africa and right, uh, Middle, East. Middle East. But again, it's those not, are things that need to come to fruition as well. <clears throat> it's not difficult, but I think it's silly. Like, Which part? Call it PFL, all just, of it. Yeah, I mean, you could yeah, call it be, Fight Night. You could call it the one. The one. Yeah, that, the one that makes brand, the, like, the one that makes the least sense you, is Bellator to me. Yes, I mean we've. Don't get me started on that. I've gone for two weeks now on how stupid I think that is. is. It, isn't there also um, PFL International Challenger Series? No, 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 no. That's just crazy. That's crazy. I mean, are we going to get a Bellator? The derivative of the derivative of the derivative. We need more brands. We need more inks. Yeah, I mean. UFC does this, right? Like, obviously, they have Dana White's Contender Series. They have Fight Nights. They have pay-per-views. So they have television series, like, looking for a fight. Like, there's brands, of course. There's going to be brands. But, like, don't complicate the mix, right? Like, when you go international, now is it an international Bellator or is it an international PFL? Like, it's just just silly. It's just PFL. Call it PFL. Don't don't overcomplicate it. When are we going to get, uh, when are we going to get TPF? The professional fighter, and it's Don Davis <laughs> bringing in yeah. guys. He get Kayla Harrison versus Larissa Pacheco coaching, and that's how we bring in new contenders of the PFL. So I was just having this conversation yesterday because everyone's getting like all up in arms over the the, the different brands, but in reality, you nailed it, Rick. The UFC has pretty much the same thing, except they just call it UFC. Um, yeah. So you you a thousand percent name. So I I would put it as PFL. Excuse me. You the UFC pay per views, the numbered events, right? Those are the creme de la creme. Then you have the fight nights, like this Austin card, which is a little bit better um, than the than your typical fight night. Then you have the Apex fight nights, which is you know a little bit worse than the 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 city right. But fight still nights. a fight night though. Sure, sure, sure. But like you. In the PFL, they're world, letting you do. They're letting you do the work. Exactly. That's the, thing. the UFC just says, "Here's the number." Or here's the name on the cards. You decide what level of interest you have in this and go. And PFL is like, well, no, this is our international this, that, the other. And I, like, and I think I could it. explain why. But, but let me just get to the last two. Then you have contender series. And then I would say tough, right? Tough would be the last one. Um, and so those are five different levels. I think this is me just hypothesizing. Part of the reason why they break it down this way is so that they can sell these pieces off. Sure. So you can sell challengers to Fubo and and look what happened with the PFL Europe stuff. It wasn't available here in America because right, we couldn't watch it, it was a DAZN deal, right? And DAZN had the rights to it and ESPN has the rights to it here in America and all that. Bellator, I suspect they're going to try to sell it. Uh, you know, I've, I've poked around. I'm, I'm really curious to see where this goes. Does it go on the WBD? Does it go on a CW who uh, just did a deal for NXT? That could be an interesting one. Wow, that'd here, be wild. Here in America. fights on the CW? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where it's going to go. I don't think it's going on ESPN. I don't think it's going on DAZN. Maybe Amazon. Amazon has one. They're getting more and more into sports. Uh, do they put it on YouTube? Do they put it on like a PPV.com type of platform? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. My, my curiosity isn't where it lands. My curiosity is how much is it worth like that's going to be the determining factor like bellator didn't have a cash value right there, there was a stock sure. exchange so who's going to pay for the rights to broadcast that is very curious for me L- let's let's take a cw who just did that deal with nxt right Shut up. 
that's con- that's live content eight times a year for six hours. There's some value there. You know what I mean? Like part sure, of- but it, everyone's got the if CW I was, too. If I was CW or somebody like that, and I wanted to broadcast MMA fights, I would have just bought Bellator. I would have just nah. paid cash. I would have paid cash and bought Bellator, and then I can have all that, and I don't have to license it. Nah, because if I listen, if I'm gonna give PFL twenty million dollars to license Bellator fights, I would have just bought Bellator I disagree, for twenty million dollars because it costs more than twenty million to put on eight events around the world. The operations, yes, yeah, you're gonna have to you put just on keep those the events. same team. Pay, pay, uh, yeah, but you're, gonna, pay you're now paying more. People. You're paying a lot of money to put on those events. And you have to be in charge of the staff and the broad. Here you just say, here, PFL, here's a check for X amount. You run it. Let us know when you're ready to you air could do it that. You could still do that. Eh. Hey, Bellator, here's a check for X amount. Keep running your shows. No one wants just to run it. Just broadcast. ask Viacom. Following... It's a pain in the ass to run it. <laughs> Following that, tonight's Smallville, Bellator. Yeah. I anyway. think that was just a bad price uh, situation. No, they, but they there's a reason why. When like, they first got remember it. there was those rumors of Disney's going to buy the UFC and Fox is going to buy the UFC. They should have. They don't. If Disney had bought the UFC, they'd be not in the hole that they're going to be in come oh. renegotiation time with the UFC. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a rough. It's going to be a rough negotiation uh, because of how big the UFC has gotten in the time since that deal was first signed. They they should have bought the UFC. TV, the TV business, especially here in America, is going to get fascinating over the next year or two in combat sports. There's the NBA deal that's going to be huge. That's coming up soon, and there's talks of them going to Amazon or Apple, maybe back to NBC, Turner, of course, and uh, ESPN. But PBC needs a new home. Are they going to go to Amazon? Are they just going to be a pay-per-view property? Are they going to go to WBD or someone like that? Um, You know, PFL needs a new home. We suspect it's going to go back to ESPN, but what about these other properties that they have? Uh, that's going to be really interesting. The top rank deal is done soon with ESPN. There's a, just a lot of components that I'm really curious to see how it all uh, plays out. So stay tuned. Nate fought a bear. Hello, Ariel. PFL has acquired Bellator. How do the contracts with Bellator fighters work? Are they just considered ass? He wrote assists, I'm assuming assets, of Bellator. Is this acquisition inclusive of all the fighters under the Bellator banner? Yes, I answered that. So... Um, Every Bellator fighter with a contract is coming over. Now, PFL could ultimately say, like, we don't want these people, and then it gets into the nitty-gritty of who they can release and how. But uh, as Don said, they need fighters in fights, so I'm presuming they want a lot of them. It is true that Bellator had a lot of local guys to populate the undercards to sell tickets. That was part of the brilliance of Scott Coker. Scott Coker, excuse me, um, in the Strike Force days, they would sell a bunch of tickets based off the prelim names, and then the main card was more of a TV product. I've told this story before, but this this first like was a eureka moment for me. 2008, it was the last event that I covered for MMARated.com. I was in uh, San Jose for an HGNet Fights Friday night event headlined by Bobby Southworth versus Babalu Sobral. And, uh, you know, it was a a solid enough card, nothing to really write home about. But at the time, the UFC wasn't credentialing MMA rated. So, you know, I I, I took what I could get. It was actually the weekend after Lesnar Couture UFC 91. I couldn't go to that one. I went to this one. Uh, So those of you who are new uh, to, uh, to this game, you know, we've been at it for a while. And the place was packed, jam packed. Babalu Sobral, Bobby Southworth with like a ho-hum fight. It ends. And I'm like packing up my stuff. And then all of a sudden, two dudes walk out and the place explodes. And then I look up 
who these guys are. And there were two Bay Area kickboxing legends who were 1-0 and 0-1 in MMA, and their lone fight was against each other, and this was a rematch. And the place exploded. The place exploded like it was, you know, GSP walking out of Montreal. And I was like, this is the brilliance of Scott Coker and Strikeforce back in the day. He knows how to market to the local crowd. And so they had a lot of fighters like that. Some of them, you know, the, the OSPs of the world, the Michael Chandlers of the world, he put those guys on as undercard guys to sell tickets, and eventually they graduated to being actual players. Um, but some of them haven't. And he had the same thing with the Bellator uh, fights, and that's why there were sometimes like 16 fights on these cards. So maybe there's a scenario where PFL doesn't want all of these guys, but, you know, they can't opt out. It's it's on the PFL. And he continues, we heard from champions um, like Eblen, there isn't a division for him and he wants to go to the UFC. Now, that's not exactly accurate. There isn't a division for him to fight against. They could make a super fight, if you will. They could do like a Johnny Eblen versus some guy that they bring in and do that. But there's still a Bellator middleweight division. Um, they just acquired it. Now, does that interest a Johnny Eblen? Does he feel slighted? Does he feel like it's not motivating enough? I don't know. But if they pay him well, he seems like the kind of guy who doesn't really care where he fights. He just wants to get paid. Uh, also, I would best describe Tool as math rock, music that is rhythmically complex with odd time signatures and interplay between bass and guitar to give them their unique sound. Do you like that description, Frank? I mean, it's certainly bass. a take. What did I say? Bass. Is it not bass? Yeah. Bass? Yeah. No, but bass is B-A-S-E. No, no, no. Not, not, not in this case. It's, mm. it's B-A-S-S. Well, I'm reading it, you know. No, I get it. Well, I, get I it. took no issue with it. I took issue with it's it. It's a bit of a dick, you know, move there. I mean, jeez, I'm trying my I best. I have to agree. Yeah. Uh, I don't agree with the question, though. Why? Say, what the hell is uh, math rock? It's a it's a genre of rock. I would say bands like Neurosis or Dillager Escape Plan or maybe like Battles would be math rock. I wouldn't put tool with that. Okay, fine. Um, what would you call them? Uh, progressive rock. Progressive rock. Wow, I didn't even know there were... Like uh, distinctions here. Yeah, think of like your Pink Floyd. Your what is Led Pink Zeppelin. Floyd? Progressive rock. Oh, okay. And what is uh, bass rock? That doesn't exist. Okay. Maybe <laughs> for fishermen or something. What about bass rock? Uh, Same thing. I have to go now. Okay, perfect. Um, all right. Uh, thank you very much, Nate Fada Bear. We will continue with the questions following the Eileen Perez interview. Thank you very much to Kraken for their support as well. For now, though, let us go to our next guest of the day. Uh, it is always such a pleasure, it's always such an honor and a, a privilege to speak to one of the best female fighters on the planet. And, you know, there are a ton of million-dollar fights on this card this Friday on ESPN Plus pay-per-view, the PFL championship card. But if you ask me, the most intriguing storyline of them all isn't a championship fight with a million dollars attached to it. Although she is a million-dollar fighter, it isn't one of those fights that they are promoting as, you know, the the big dog fights, if you will, the championship fights, the million-dollar fights, because it is the return, the highly anticipated return of the two-time Olympic gold medalist, the one and only Judo Kayla. Uh, the Instagram name has changed, by the way. It's now just Kayla Harrison official. She returns to fight Aspen Ladd, and she returns to this program a year after she was in studio on Thanksgiving, and we spoke about Aspen Ladd. Could you believe that? A lot has changed since then. 
And look at this setup. Wow. No one has a better setup than Kayla. This is an incredible, with the, with the fuzzy background, this looks like a, a feature film, Kayla. How did you put this together? Honestly, you know, it takes a lot of work. I've been up since 5 a.m. I've been grinding. It's difficult. No. <laughs> you know, we got Fidali here. We got we got everybody. This, this, is this crew is top notch. This is amazing. Why would you ever want to leave this crew, Kayla? Look how they treat you. I never said I did. <laughs> I just get it. Again, I get it. right off the rip. You are just like, God, just stir it. Just We're get just, in there, here baby. It is, here it is. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We got the set. Yes. <laughs> it is great to have you on. It's great you to know, see you. You know, I was thinking the other day. Oh, yes, yes. I was thinking the other day. You know how DC, your old buddy DC, they have that DC and RC? Sure, sure. I've heard of it. Never seen we it. The, we could do that. The A-H and K-H. Oh, wow. You want in on this empire? Think about it. I mean, who wouldn't want a piece of that pie? Are you allowed to be a part of this empire? I mean, I'm pretty sure I can do whatever I That's want. That's true. You can. Last time I checked. You can. That's why we love you. You certainly can. Um, welcome back. It's great to have you back. It's Thank great you. to see you back. Golly, it's been a long-ass time. What is the difference between this Kayla Harrison and the one that was in the studio two days before that New York fight against Larissa Pacheco? Mm, I think as cliche as it sounds and as like, you know, cookie-cutter, Hallmark movie-esque, I'm just like, I'm in such a good place. I'm, I'm full of joy and peace and happiness and like my focus is is dialed in. My My life is so... My life is so good, Ariel, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to compete. I'm grateful to fight tomorrow. It's been a long layoff. It's been full of ups and downs, but at the end of the day, we're here. It's fight week. I'm talking to my boy. Life is good. By the way, fight is on Friday, not tomorrow, just for the record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No. Sorry. Weigh-ins tomorrow. <laughs> right, right, right. That's the fight before the fight. Man, I remember the when we, we spoke to you like a week after that fight. And you don't need mm -hmm. me to tell you this. You you didn't seem like you were in a good place. I mean, you like you even had like <laughs> the makeup was like coming down your face. It, it was it was hard to see you like that because we were no, so used. Were, that wasn't makeup. Those were bruises. Okay, yeah. like it just looked like you were crying a lot. Like, you looked very sad. And like, I was puffy. Yes, I was sad. I was depressed. Yeah, of course. I mean, look, I'm a I'm a type A driven, obsessive you know, psycho and I talk a big game and I, and I want everything I say that I want. So yeah, dealing with a loss is not, is not a walk in the park for me. I know that it probably sounds trivial to a, maybe a lot of people, but, um, this is, this is what I do. It's really important to me. I, I put a lot of effort and energy and time and a lot of people around me put a lot of effort and energy and time into that. So it was humbling and, and, it was it was hard, you know. I don't want to call it rock bottom, but uh, nothing nothing stings quite like the pain of failure, you know. Like you just want to crawl out of your skin. How long did that that rut last? Like when did you feel like you got out of it and and the skies were blue and the birds were singing? Um, I mean, I would get in, get out of it, and then get back in it, and get out of it, and get back in it. You know, I would be. I would be wicked depressed and emotional. And then one of my kids would say something funny or do something funny or bring me back to the present moment. And I would realize like, 
oh yeah, that shit doesn't matter. Um, and then I would think I would have a fight and I wouldn't have a fight and I had to keep the taste of loss in my mouth. And then, you know, it, it was up and down, up and down, up and down. But um, really, it was all for my good. Do you feel like you can only get over that loss fully until Friday happens and you get that win? No, I don't feel like that anymore. Okay, anymore. You did at one point? Yeah, for sure. I did. I felt like you're only as good as your last fight and um, you can't you can't do anything or say anything or figure anything out until you fight again and win. But I don't feel like that anymore. I'm not tied. I'm not tied to it like that anymore. It's not, it doesn't define me, you know, like I am a fighter. This is what I do, but there's just so much more to, to me and my life. And, um, but yeah, hell yeah, I'm ready to get that W back. I'm ready to get back in the wind column Friday night. Uh, I see you posting on your social media, like a countdown of sorts. Um, so what, mm -hmm. what has like the last few weeks been like for you? Do you, do you feel like a different person? Does it feel familiar? Is it like, do you usually do that sort yeah. of thing or is this different? Um, no, I've brought in a lot of, of help and, um, things are different this time. You know, number one, I'm taking really good care of myself. Um, I have a weight cut specialist and a chef and, um, you know, PR people and like a whole team behind the team. And of course I still have all my coaches. Uh, so I'm treating this as a profession. I'm not just kind of like being, it's not the wild west anymore, you know, for me, it, MMA is still the wild west, but it's not for me. This is my job. I'm a professional. Um, but I feel great. I mean, I feel supported. I feel healthy. I feel focused. I have a ton of um, just positive energy around me, and I'm ready to go shine, baby. Will your kids come to this event? No, not this time. Why not? Um, because it's Thanksgiving, and it's a pain to travel, and it was a little bit stressful having them there last time. Like, my mom, it just, it was a lot. It was a lot of moving parts, and like... They can just have Thanksgiving at home. I'm going to be home early the next day. We're going to have a big Thanksgiving on Sunday. Um, they get to have play dates and stuff with their friends now instead of being stuck in a hotel room on Thanksgiving. Right. So it's just better for everybody. You were originally supposed to fight Julia Budd. Now it's Aspen Ladd. Which matchup did you like more? Which one got you more excited? Doesn't matter. No preference? No. Why isn't... Are these, this is your hard. These are your hard hitting questions. No, no, today. I'm building. I'm building it up. I don't know. I mean, okay. why isn't okay. Julia Bud? Why isn't Julia Bud fighting? Oh, what's that? Is it, would this one qualify as hard hitting? Yeah, that was a better question okay. for sure. Um, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in charge of that. I'm not a promoter. I'm a fighter. So. But it's. I not sign on the dotted line. Is it true that it's not an I injury? I believe it's not an injury, yeah. Wow. Okay, but you 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 did this. Would that would that mean a money issue? Je okay. ne sais pas. Okay, wow. Good French. Good French. Um okay. Aspen Ladd was someone that I asked you about when you were in studio here a year ago because she had just yeah. signed. Um Yeah. 
do do you do you feel like she presents any kind of problems? I do remember, by the way, you may not recall, but you had said at the time, this was before the fight against Pacheco, that Pacheco would smoke mm-hmm. her, that she that she is nowhere near a Pacheco. Do you feel do you still feel that way? Yes. Okay. Yes. I feel like everyone can finally firmly understand yeah. what a beast Pacheco is. Um and yeah, no, I think, listen, I think Aspen's great. I think she's um, got a lot of potential. I think she will do well in PFL um, as long as she continues to grow and evolve. Um, I expect big things from her, but not on Friday night. Have you seen Larissa this week? Mm-hmm, I saw her. And uh, did you interact with her? Okay, no, no. Yeah. No handshake. No. What am I gonna do? Like go kiss the ring? Nah, like, I don't know. Sometimes people are like, "Hey, so happy for you." A little like a uh, hug situation. I am happy for her. I am happy for her, but that doesn't like negate the fact that she's still my competition. Sure, sure, but I, I know the the competitor that you are. Like when you see her, is there animosity there? Is there like I need that one back? I don't like that you did this to me no. last year. No. She did her job. I did mine. She did hers a little bit better. You know, mm. it's um, part of the game. It's why we have fights. It was her night. And I'm at peace with that. It was her night. Why is this fight at 150, not 55 or 45? You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I was preparing for 145. Okay. Yeah, no, I have no idea. All right. Because I saw, um, I was ready for 145, you know, actually like disciplined, focused, ready to go. And then uh, your buddy Ali called me and said, will you fight Aspen Ladd at 150? And I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, but then I saw that Aspen said that she didn't ask for 150, so I'm not sure why it's at 150. Better for you, though. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Who cares? By the way, what do you have to say any to your buddy? Why do you have to say your buddy Ali? Why, why do you have to stir the pot like that? Here I am Thanksgiving trying no, to turn I the page. Mean, I don't why, you, you know. Why can't you just say my manager? I what? stir the pot. Yeah. I Why'd you have to pot. say your buddy? Well, you could have just said my manager or your your old friend, your you know your Because old... every time I say my manager, then you stir no. the pot. Oh. So by <laughs> me taking control and stirring the pot first. Okay, fair enough. I appreciate now that. Now this interview is in my hands. I appreciate that move. That's a great move. That's something I would do. So I appreciate that. Um, I, all I right. learned from the best. Thank you. Uh is this the last fight on your PFL contract? Um I'm not sure. No, it's not technically the last fight on my contract. Well, this I don't believe because I asked Don Davis that question on Monday and he said, yes, it was. Well, it's going to be my last fight. What? But. What does that mean? What's the difference? Um, there are two fights left on my contract, but they're not going to have another show this year. So technically it'll be my last fight, I think. Okay, will it be your last fight in the PFL? On this contract. Period. Do you think this is there's a chance this is your final fight with the promotion? I think, um, you know, that's why I pay your buddy a lot of money. <laughs> it's his job to, to do that and figure it out. I'm really just looking forward to fighting again, you know? Okay. And, and the rest of that stuff we'll handle on November 25th. Uh, by the way, that's almost the exact same answer that you gave me a year ago when I when I asked you about like future stuff. You said, "We'll handle it on the uh, Saturday or the Sunday after." So, yeah. some things well, have changed, some haven't. Um, can I ask what was your reaction 
when you found out about the news, it was official, kind of the worst kept secret in the sport, but like that it was official on Monday, yeah. PFL acquired Bellator. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm excited. I think this is a new era of MMA. I'm excited for the PFL. They just got, you know, a ridiculous amount of talent overnight added to their roster. So I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm excited to see how they navigate it and what they do with it. And um, yeah, should be good. So you know what's fascinating about this? I was trying to think like who from the PFL side of things potentially benefits the most from this acquisition. And the answer right away was you, because you had been there, mm-hmm. done that with the tournament. You're kind of in this awkward mm-hmm. spot this past year. Can they, how do they use you? There's no place. Now they've got this separate series of events where they're one-offs, mm-hmm. so to speak. And if I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of like super fights, Bellator, PFL, there's none that we've been talking about longer than you versus Chris, right? And now mm-hmm. there's nowhere to go, nowhere to hide. Uh, th- like this, mm. there's 145. There, there isn't 145 on the other side of the street. Like I feel like this is actually a massive deal for you. This is a, a bit of good news, no? Yeah, of course. I think, um, you know, I just get so tired of talking about it, Ariel. Like I get it. I just get tired of talking about her because. But now it, it feels more realistic it, than ever. No. It does. It feels closer than ever. It feels closer than ever. And that's why I'm not gonna, not gonna jinx it. I'm not gonna talk about it. I'm not gonna think about it. I'm just gonna focus on Friday, do everything I have to do to set up that awesome event. But until then, I'm not thinking about it. Fair enough. Could I ask though, um, the acquisition, does it Mm -hmm. potentially change your opinion on your future? In other words, had they not acquired Bellator, maybe you say, hey, it's been a good run, but there's really nothing left for me here. Let me see what else is out there. But now it's a whole new world. Uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, this is like a very. MMA is so wild, right? Like crazy, crazy shit happens in this sport every single day. And. We were talking about it. We were talking about it yesterday, me and some of the crew. And it's like, I've been signed with the PFL since before they were the PFL. You know, I was technically signed to the World Series of Fighting. I've had all of my fights here. I've grown up here. I've grown up with the, these guys. Um, and it's been really, really cool to to watch where it began and to see where it is now and to to see them have such a major, you know, this is like a power move, right? Like yeah. they just bought Bellator. Um and they have Francis and they have Jake and they're like, they're disrupting the sport in a big, big way. And I was a part of the beginning of that and it's awesome. So for me, this is all good stuff, you know, like it's not, I'm excited for the future, but I can't think about any of that really until I handle business on Friday night. Like you gotta, you gotta stay focused. Um, is, is there a chance that that was part of the problem last year? All these scenarios, all these questions, you had been there, done that with Larissa before. Were you maybe looking past her a little bit and, and this is why you don't want to even entertain this? No, I don't think I was looking past her, Ariel. I think that I was, I was fucking spent, hmm. you know? I was, um, I had a lot of health stuff going on last year. I had a lot of personal stuff. I had fought four times back to back to back, multiple years in a row. Um, and 
you know, I just got to the end of the year and I didn't have anything left in the tank. It's not that I didn't want to win. It's not that I didn't train my ass off. It's not that I was distracted. I just like, I just didn't have anything left in the tank. Um, I was on E and she had a little bit more than me. So um, I don't, I didn't take her lightly. I wasn't, I wasn't looking past her. I wasn't thinking about, you know, big money deals and this and that, like, I just didn't have anything left. Uh, if you were on E back then, where do you think you're like, what is that Ooh, thing called? Baby. Where are we now? Is, is it a full tank of gas? We're full. Oh, right. We're full. We're I, full and we got like two little canisters in the back too. Oh my gosh. So this year has been a blessing. The time off hasn't been, I know yes. there was some frustration, yes. right? That you weren't fighting, but maybe in retrospect, it's a blessing that you didn't yes. fight. Yeah. I mean, I think that obviously I would have wanted to fight more than once, but I think it's a blessing. I wasn't in the season even though that's what I wanted. Like you I wanted called it, and really? I was like, yeah, no, of course. I'll, I mean, I had just lost for the first time in MMA. Like, of course I wanted to go fucking get that back. Like right. that's my belt, right. you know, that's what I wanted. Um, but it all worked out for my good. You know, God is in control. Could you have done the season at 145, making 145 that many times? I mean, we'll never know now. Sure, but you think you could have? No. Oh. Um, yeah, I think I can do anything I set my mind to. Is there a chance that uh, this fight will be the last time you fight at 150 or higher? Like, in, in order for your career to have... Probably. One... Yeah, okay. It needs to be 145, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I was prepared for that this time. Um, I'm ready to make that sacrifice, you know? It's a chosen sacrifice. I'm I'm being super disciplined about it. I'm doing it in a healthy way. I'm not um, not being a knucklehead about it. So, yeah, no, I'm ready for that. The 135 stuff, there's no truth to that, right? What? 135? Can you can you possibly do 135? I don't... What no, do you think? I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't think I can make 135? I mean, you're just... You're too, you're too, you're too ripped. You're too big for, no? I mean, it's just, it doesn't seem healthy. We, I remember Chris trying to make 135 and she almost killed herself. Trying to make 140. Yeah, no, I remember that. I remember watching that video and like being appalled. Yes. Yeah. You don't want That's that. That's a nightmare. Who does? No, I mean, there's some people who kill themselves to make it because maybe they feel like they have no choice, but I, I don't, that's right. why, that's why I feel right. like Beltor had the best 145 pound division in the sport in my opinion. So that's why I feel like this is a great new wrinkle for you. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, these are all good problems. These are all good, good, good issues to have. And dude, like, like, look at my life. Like I'm, I'm sitting here, like I'm sitting here and I have a lot of money in the bank. I don't ever have to fight again if I don't want to. Um, I have two beautiful, healthy children that were entrusted to me. I really feel like by God, um, I have two Olympic gold medals. I have, you know, like Noah's Ark at my house. I have like two PFL world titles. And if you had seen me at 10 years old, at 12 years old, at 16 years old, um, like I wanted to die. I didn't want to live and look at my life now, Ariel, like what? 
What what is there not to be grateful for? Like, I think it's so poetic that I always fight on Thanksgiving because I really do have so much to be thankful for. Like my life every single day is such a blessing and such a gift. And I don't take it for granted anymore. You know, like, yeah, shit happens. Uh, you know, my kids have things that they have to overcome. There are going to be struggles. You know, I'm... I'm single, so I'm alone a lot, and I don't I don't have a partner to to support me in this. Um, and where am I going to fight next? And I lost a fight, and like there, are, of course, there are things. Everyone has things in their life, but like, in all reality, my life is a gift, and so is yours, so is everyone's. And once you realize that, I think is when your life really starts. You know, once you realize that, like, holy shit. I'm alive, I'm breathing air, I'm on this earth and I have a purpose. Like that's when your life begins. And I feel like that happened to me last year. I feel like I woke up and I realized like, oh, it's not about everything you do. It's not about how much you have. It's not about what you earn. It's not about how much money is in your bank account. It's not about what car you drive. It's not about who likes you on Instagram or doesn't. It's not about any of that. Like I wake up every day and I do exactly what I want to be doing. And I'm I'm pursuing something that fills my heart with joy. And I get to do it with people that love me and support me. Like I have this amazing tribe around me of teammates and coaches and my family and the people behind the scenes and the people making my food and like, and all of these people believe in me. And I believe in myself too. And fuck, dude, like I'm going to make the most of it. Man, that was incredible. How could you not be a Kayla Harrison Let's fan? Let's go, baby. Yeah, that was unbelievable. And I'm very happy that you have that perspective. Could I ask, um, you, you say something that, you know, is obviously very um, hard to hear when you say, like, when you were younger, you, you just wanted to die. Could you mm -hmm. even dream of a life like this? Or was that so no, far No, that's what I mean. Yeah. No, dude. I moved to Boston. Um, I told my mom that my coach had been sexually abusing me for eight years. I was 16. A month later, I moved to Boston. Um, and I had $250 in my hands, which was half the month's rent. Um, and I lived in a judo house with a bunch of other athletes. And I, I didn't want to be there. You know, like I didn't want to do judo. I hated my mom. I hated the Pedros. I hated judo. I I didn't get out of bed. I didn't brush my teeth. I didn't like, I didn't want to exist anymore. And like, by the grace of God, I landed on the Pedro's doorstep. I landed um, where I was and I had people around me who believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And because of them and because of like that little voice inside that said, not yet, like, don't give up just yet. Don't quit just yet. Because of that, like, you know, I call that God, you know, that's because of that, like, look at where I am. And none of the, like, where I am, like the life I have now, none of that matters. I would be okay if all of it went away tomorrow. And that is the piece that can't be fucked with. And that what's that's what makes me even better and even more dangerous on Friday night because I'm okay no matter what. And I wasn't there before. 
if there is someone watching this who may feel like you felt all those years ago, who can't even imagine a better life, what would you say to that person? Mm. Don't give up. You know, I know that it's brutal. I know that it's hard. I know that it's, um, I know that you're like tired in your bones and you feel like you're never going to be happy again and you feel no hope. Um, I've been there, but don't give up. You know, I think that um, with faith and with the right people around you, anything is possible. You know, that's, that I'm living proof of that. Like you cannot deny what has happened in my life as a result of faith and hope and being fearless. You know, those are the things I think that um, if you were going to say three words that describe you, like faith, hope, and fearless, like, and I'm not afraid to work hard. You have to be, you have to find that little thing inside of you that says like, don't give up. And you have to know that you're seen, you're heard, you're loved. And you do that by reaching out and asking for help. So don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Like ask for help. And I promise you, you'll find it. Shit. Instagram message me. I'll help you. Wow. There's help. Uh, There's help. Um, could I ask uh, before I let you go, this uh, Noah's Ark that you have at your house. So uh, what are we, what are we talking about <laughs> here? Like, what is the, <laughs> like, uh, is this a lot of animals? What's going on? Yeah. So I bought two acres. Wow. Um, a year ago before, yeah, that was another thing I was doing before my finals. I had, a, I had bought a house. Um, and so we have just been like slowly, but surely collecting all of these unwanted creatures. We have three dogs, wow, like multiple rabbits, quail. We have like 20 chickens and two parakeets and we have two kittens coming and we have two emus. That's the big <laughs> one. We have two emus. Wow. Why? Emma May and Marshall Mathers. Yeah. Why? You know, Ariel, because I have a lot of love to give and I just need places to put it. Wow. That is amazing. And are you like, are you like, are, are you collecting eggs and like, are, is there any sort of financial? Yeah. Okay. This is like a, this no. is financial. It's good for the kids, yeah. right? Like, you know, you have kids. Yeah. I don't, we don't have any technology during the week. That includes me. Like we, we have a family movie night on Friday night, but during the week, like Kyla gets up, she goes and lets the chickens out. She feeds them. She does the bunny cages. Wow. She lets the emus out. They get the zoomies. My son helps with the compost and feeding the dogs. Um, you know, we have a little vegetable garden we're working on and an herb garden we're working on and, and we're outside. We're like, we live in perpetual summer. So we're outside, we're in the sun, we're even we're even in the rain, like we spend time together as a family and um, the animals is a really good way for them to learn responsibility, but also like how to love something. Gosh, I feel like such a horrible parent now. No iPad ever, no TV, nothing during the week. I mean, during the week, no. Wow. Mm -hmm. I need to, I'm going to say Kayla Harrison told me no iPad. Dude, it changes the, no, I'm telling you, Ariel, try no, it know. out. I know. Especially if they're getting older. Yeah. It changes everything. It changes everything. But you have to put your phone down too. I know. It's a problem. So you put yours, you put yours away? You don't have it at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even like, even in my room, 
even when the kids go to sleep, like I'm not on my phone. I have, I bought an old school alarm clock and I keep my phone outside my room. Wow. You don't check anything before bed or anything like that. Dude, it's so unhealthy. I know. It's so unhealthy. Like, yeah, I don't need to know that like Bilbo Bob from, you know, Deluxe wherever thinks that I look like a man. Like, I don't need to know that. Yeah, no, you so, don't. You don't. I'm done with it. And I have so much peace because of it. I'm t- Dude, you should do like a challenge in December. Just like be off your phone for one month and see how it oh, goes. Oh, gosh, and one month? Your- I thought you were going to say one day. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you that? You're, come on. <laughs> you didn't get to where, you didn't build this empire by being mentally weak, no, Ariel. No, 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 you I could can- do it. I could do it. Okay, fine. I'm going to do it. Uh, you're an inspiration. Uh, there's a lot more supporters than haters. And uh, wow, it's I always feel so much better about the world and life anytime we talk to you. So thank you for always coming on. Um, and mm. uh, welcome back. And I can't wait to see. Thank you. Is this, is this 3.0? Who is it? 4.0? What would you say? There's so many versions of me. Yeah. Who knows? They're all going to be in the cage on Friday night. I can't wait. Get it done, Kayla. You got this. Let's go, baby. Good luck hey, to you. Thank you for being a friend. I Always. appreciate you. And uh, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. To you and your family. Yes, same to you. Much love. Good luck. Can't wait for it. Thank you, Kayla. There she is, the great Kayla Harrison. What an absolute legend. I mean, do you not want to run through a freaking brick wall after talking to her? She is unbelievable. What an absolute legend. That was incredible stuff. Wasn't that great stuff, Frank? Actually, the best stuff that I've heard all day. Oh, my God. She is incredible. Uh, Thank you very much to Kayla. Coming up in a matter of moments, the great Dustin Poirier. Yes, Dustin Poirier going to join us. Another ATT product. Some great characters over there. Very, very much. DraftKings as well. Kraken as well. Man. Kayla Harrison. What an absolute legend. Incredible. How could you not want to root for that person. She is amazing. And like I said, it's a fun little card this uh, this Friday. It is the finale of the PFL season, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time, 12 fights total. It's over at the Anthem in Washington, D.C. There was some talk of the boys uh, attending, uh, but in the end, it wasn't meant to be. Looks sad That's about right. it. Yeah, it was close. It got close. You guys went last year. Did you go the last two, or was it just last year? Just last year. It's just last year. Yeah, yeah the beautiful Hulu Theater here in, uh, in New York City. I believe you Formally said. Known as. I believe you said it was one of your favorite events of all time, right? Yeah, loved it. Had a fantastic time. Always had a good time at PFL. I mean, Black Friday at PFL, one of my favorite days of the year. Yeah, this time they're going up against football. Yeah, a little bit first over ever. here in Jersey. Yeah, first ever Black Friday uh, football football game, right? Yeah, over in just often. Well, I think there used to be like uh, there's usually a college football on Friday, right? On Black Friday. Yeah, there still will be. Are you a big Black hockey? Friday guy? Like, do you, do you do the same? shopping? None, zero. Yeah, so no shopping on Black Friday for me. Cyber Monday. Oh, okay, that's your thing. My kids, uh, Hanukkah is coming up, and they they they've given me a Hanukkah list. Nice. Um, what are we getting? Anything good? There's like motorized bike, this, that, and the other. But wow. there's been some. There's been some talk of uh, finally getting like a PS or an Xbox. Which oh, they don't have one. We don't have no. Wow. PS. You know, I got a switch for my birthday. Really been enjoying that. Just beat mm-hmm. Mario RPG last night. Shout out. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I've always been an Xbox guy, but I mean, PlayStations are great too. Can't really go wrong. I feel like in this new iteration, PS5s are much more popular. Yeah. What do their friends have? I think, I PCs? think. No, I think oh, PS. PCs, now we're getting, now we're getting to it. I think PS. Yeah, I say go, I go, I say go PS. They got some nice exclusives, Spider-Man. Man. Stuff like that. Obviously, you can get them FC24. I'm debating. You think it's a mistake? No. No? no? It's I mean, they're going to be on it. They're going to be on it. But, like, yeah, it really is inevitable. Well, part of the reason why I've been uh, thinking about getting it as opposed to not getting it, which I've always been against it, is I'm trying to get them off the iPad and stuff like that. And... uh it's not a problem, but I do notice that their mood changes a little bit when they're on it for a while. And so as opposed to sitting there on your singular thing, like going through stupid YouTube videos, at least yeah. here they could play together. And yeah. it feels a lot more like the way I grew up, which, you know, we had a Super Nintendo and an Atari, believe it or not, Nintendo Shout as out. well. Dreamcast? No Dreamcast, Sega Genesis. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. Let's get so, them in a Call of Duty lobby. No, we're that'll, not doing that. That'll cheer up the, that'll oh, cheer yeah. up the mood. Uh, you know, uh, nice crack right yeah, Thank you. Uh, my kids have never played Fortnite. Wow. And they're better yeah. for it. Shout out. Are they? I think so. I think so. Eminem so. just got a skin in, in Fortnite? I he feel like having a map. PS5 slash Xbox type of thing is a lot more inclusive and, uh, you know, community-like as opposed to sitting on your device and just God knows where you're going, you know? Plus, it's, it's typically more fun. Like you're at least you are doing something. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they would. Fun. I feel like they would love playing. Formerly FIFA, now FC. Oh, they like have they that. Would, they have they have a switch. Oh, they have a switch already. Uh, they, oh, okay. they got they got a hand me down switch oh, for my brother. Thanks. No Super Smash. No. They have yeah. that, but they don't really like. Uh, you know, they, they 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 don't play with it that much. Although lately they've been playing a lot with the FC. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're they're dying for a PlayStation. They've been talking about, oh, I went on PlayStation at my friend's house and uh, it looks so much better than the uh, Switch on the yeah, TV. Yeah, I mean, the graphics. Uh, is it much better? Yeah, the, the graphics are better for sure. No doubt. What's the game that I should get if I get it? I mean, they just had the Spider-Man come out. I feel like they would love that. Oh, I saw that on Amazon. In, There's like a Spider-Man bundle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not big Spider-Man. Elden Ring. They're not big Spider-Man guys. They uh, they really just like sports. Like, they, I mean, really, they like... Come out. They like... Uh, they li- actually, I think they actually really just like soccer games. Yeah, and just get them FC. Football manager. You're 60 bucks a pop. Nah, football manager. Have you heard of that one? No, I haven't. What is that? Where you're like a manager of a soccer oh, team. That's kind of cool, no? Do you get to play? No. Oh. You just run the team, I think. Maybe and I'm wrong. What's the payoff? I don't know. What's the payoff with any video game? I don't know, but like, how do you play? I mean, like, what are you just managing the team? I mean, that's I an important so, yeah. role. I feel like I feel like the name is uh, the name of the game is in the title, football manager. Yeah, I know, but like, you get to play with the team that you're. No, you like so. you hear the outcome of the team. Well, how do you how do you know how the team played? You but you put together the team. It's simulated. You simulated. Ah, that sucks. What what is this? There's, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. That seems bizarre. You, know, you put together the team and there's a simulation. Yeah, that is weak. So you put together the team, and then all of a sudden you're like, let me press this button and see how the team did? That has to be the worst payoff of all time. Wow. I can understand putting together the team and then saying like, okay, now I'm going to go play as said team. Maybe we just slandered football manager's name. Let's let's find out. Football yeah. Oh, you're saying maybe we're form? inaccurate? Uh, yeah. Step off the pitch and into the dugout in football manager 24. Out now across all platforms. Yeah, no, it does not look like you play. Um, maybe maybe you watch. Who knows? 
Someone is saying here on the chat, shout out to the chat. Olajuwon Dream, our good friend, you can play if you want to in manager mode, nice. I'm pretty sure. Nice, okay. 9 out of 10 on Steam. Not a bad rating. Uh, Trindaddy says they'll love the Spider-Man game. It's yeah, a pretty I mean, realistic, like squeezed-in version of NYC. Uh, they can probably go visit Dad's office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's head on down. Big old brown building. F1 has a manager game, too. Um... Um, we can, uh, new, new Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto 6 will be out mm. uh, in the coming years. We can get them five to hold over for now. If they don't like that, we could do uh, Red Dead Redemption, give them a little Western feel. This is, uh, they, they don't watch any of this stuff or play any of this stuff. Is there a Mr. Hogwarts, Beast game? Hogwarts Legacy? Do they, do they like, uh, they no. like Harry Potter? No, absolutely not. Thank God. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um. Why's that? Why's it? What, what's the Potter slander? Nah, it's just... Just what? Come on. We don't believe in fantasy over here. Like we like we like real things. Fantasy. You know, <laughs> pro wrestling. You know, we like. The- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure. I just like I can't get into the wizard stuff. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to disparage anyone who likes it. Okay, don't come all after me. Like I mean, you're over here. Th- thank God. A- anime fans in like the they, heavens they, above. Thank I don't. You. I don't. They, I, they don't like Harry Potter. It's not my thing. So I like. There's as I've said, there is nothing that excites me more and gives me greater pleasure than watching soccer with my kids or sports with my kids. I I, I can't see myself sitting and talking about the Wizards and the Hogwarts. I just I can't see myself getting into that. So I'm thankful that they're not into it. Is that so bad? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. What are you talking about? Also, isn't the uh isn't the author of Harry Potter like a bit of a out there person? She writes some crazy shit, no? I mean, now we're getting into, into okay, controversial sorry. territory here. <laughs> uh, yeah, Look, I it's mean, Elden Ring. Sure. That's it. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, on that note, let us get to our next guest. Oh, my God. It is always such a pleasure to have this man on the program. Two of our favorites, back-to-back. First, we go from Kayla Harrison, now to Dustin Poirier. Two great products of American Top Team. And, you know... Uh, as I said at the top of the show, when I think of a holiday-themed show, when I think of Thanksgiving Eve, when I think of the people and personalities that I'm truly thankful for in this crazy sport known as mixed martial arts, at the very top of the list is El Diamante, a.k.a. Dustin Poirier. And so let us go to Louisiana now, where he is standing by. There he is. Yeah. That's a sweet route to fight cool. jacket, Dustin. How are you? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for doing this. Uh, you're rocking the Good Fight Foundation t-shirt. It's a big night for the Good Fight Foundation, right? Yeah, big day. We, uh, I just got back probably 30 minutes ago. What are you doing? What are you doing? Tell us. We gave out 500 hams. Whoa. Um, 500 bread baskets, 500 packs of green beans, 500 sweet potato uh, cases, meals... Family meals, Thanksgiving family meals. Wow. And by the way, why hams, not turkey? Because they're more uh, stable, you know, like hams are pre-cooked. You just need to warm them up. Oh, okay. If we have raw turkeys, things can get a little tricky, you know? Wow. And and who helps you do this? Man, I mean, the list would, would take me forever to, to name off every name that makes this possible because it takes, first of all, Prejean's Cajun restaurant in Caraco, Louisiana, opened their doors and let us use their freezers to store all the hams. And they also have a dock. So 18 wheelers can pull in and unload everything. Uh, Tony Sashery's donated as well. I mean, dude, that's besides the companies that help the, the people hands on Tim Metcalf, Karen Metcalf, my wife, Jolie, 
uh, Kyle Kellner, Stephanie Kellner, my brothers, families, friends. My mom was there. Theo Vaughn was here. You know, so, so many. And the list, and I'm missing so many people. I mean, it takes it takes all of us as a community and, and friends to make these things happen. I, I could never do this alone. How, how many weeks, months go into this? So for this one, I would say it's been planning a month, getting everything delivered, making sure we have all the all the um, the food and pans and also hop water sent out hop water for everyone. Um, I would say a good month for this specific goal. Why do you do this? Why not? You know, the goal is to leave the place better than you found it. You know, that's the goal of life and uh, to give people a reason to smile. And because I can, I know I have a platform, you know, like the news is going to come out and, and let the public know about this. So, Fighting has been a vehicle to help me get to this point to to be able to speak to the masses and to be able to raise money for causes like this. Well, you know, a- but five hundred families are going to have a Thanksgiving meal that might have not had one, uh, not because of me, but because of everyone from from auctioning fight kits to donating fight kits, donating to the foundation to donating their time. These companies donating products. You know, it's 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 all of us, and uh, why not? Yeah. Uh, it's incredible what you guys do, and uh, massive kudos to you for doing what you do, and your whole team, your whole family, uh, who puts this all together. I know you were just in Las Vegas. Um, I saw you there at the Apex. I think you went to the F1 as well. Did you go check out the race? Yeah. I was out there with Celsius. Um, they brought me out, had great seats. It was intense. You know, I've been to IndyCar. I've been to NASCAR. That was my first F1 event, and it was pretty cool. Uh, I've been to one F1 event and I found it hard to follow because they just like whiz by you. And then I just find myself watching the TV the whole time. No, that's exactly what I just told someone today when they asked me about (laughs) it. It's like they're going 200 something miles an hour and you're shoulder to shoulder trying to watch. So you, you watch, you watch the screen until they make it right in front of you. Then you look down for a second and then you back to the screen, you know? Right. It's weird. It's weird in that regard, but people love it. Uh, You were at the apex for the fights and what a photo it brought me back. You and the Korean zombie together, uh, that brought me back to uh, Fairfax, Virginia back in the day. What was it like seeing him again? It was cool, man. He's solid, bro. I went to give him a hug. I'm like, damn, this this dude's solid. This is a middleweight right here, it felt like. Um, seemed happy. His wife was there. You know, he was all smiles. And his English is getting good, I got to say. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, his YouTube channel is fantastic. He he puts out great content. But, man, I will. they brought me back to that fight. You remember that fight, right? In uh, I think it was George Mason University, that potential. Of course, number- it was my first main event. Yeah, on Fuel TV, and I'll never forget you coming back to speak to us afterwards to do the post-fight interview. Do you remember this? Yeah, I was heartbroken. Yeah, man. Oh, that was like I think one of the very first times doing the TV stuff where the the fighter who didn't win came to the back to speak. And it was so hard to speak to you because you were so upset. You were so heartbroken. But you still came. You still came. And it will always stick with me, the uh, the emotion on your face, because it felt like you were so close to getting the title shot. And it, it just, you know, it just didn't come to fruition. It ended up coming to fruition down the line. But you two together will always bring back those, I don't want to say good memories, because I'm sure they're not great memories for you. But maybe now in retrospect, you can see some positivity. No, I appreciate it all, man. I've been fighting long enough, Ariel, to where, like, the journey, I, I can step back a couple of steps and kind of appreciate things, you know, maybe in the moment, even years right after that, I was still in a different place mentally, but looking back now, you know, it made me the, it propelled me to be the fighter. I I was in those next fights and 
taught me a lot. You know, that's when I made the switch to American Top Team from training in Louisiana. So it's just part of this part of the story. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for it. You never want to lose. But if it can be a two L's, you take a loss and a lesson, you know, you can keep moving forward. Oh, I love that. Uh, the last time we spoke was in July after the Gaethje fight. Um, and again, you showed up on the Monday uh, to talk about it, literally two days, less than two days later. Uh, how long, if, if at all, did it take for you to kind of move past that fight? I'm still, you know, I'm still processing everything months later. It's uh, what a ride it's been in this fighting fight journey. Still learning every day, still trying to improve. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just along for the ride, man, trying to be better each time. Have you allowed yourself to watch it? Right after, like the couple days after I did, but I haven't seen it since. Okay. And so when you say like you're still kind of trying to process it, I, I would imagine you kind of took a break mentally, physically, like you don't train, you don't do anything. How long does that last? That lasted. I took my family on vacation right after the fight. So a, a couple weeks, you know, I, I was in the gym, maybe did jujitsu, maybe did some bag work, skill work here and there, but I wasn't every day in the gym. Okay. Um, did anything come your way? I, I, I'd seen something that maybe the idea of fighting in Abu Dhabi was floated your way. Was that a serious proposition? Yeah, they, they offered me to fight on like a 10 or 11 days notice. How seriously did you consider it? I accepted it. I mean, my weight's been crazy low these last few months. I've, I've stayed on a diet. I wouldn't say a diet, but I've been eating really healthy these last few months. So uh, making the weight wasn't a problem. The thing was, uh, they, the UFC called me the day I landed in South Florida. I was just checking on my condo there, doing some training with my team there because I hadn't been there since the fight. And then uh, they called me the day I flew in. And I was like, hey, perfect, man. Let's go. Okay. And what happened? Why didn't it come to fruition? So, so when they called me, they told me to give them 24 hours. They asked me, what's my weight? Would I accept the fight? Kind of wouldn't give me a whole lot of info. I accepted waited 24 hours then i started hitting up hunter hitting up my management like hey i haven't heard anything dude it's been 24 hours what's going on so i guess they told me they would have an answer for me in 24 hours because pending Volkan, i guess they offered it to volkanowski and they were waiting on his confirmation that's what i'm guessing but i don't know did you get a call no that's is, is that cool i mean at least just to say like hey thanks but no thanks that's business, Ariel. That's what that is. That, <laughs> but you were down. You would have done it. Oh, dude, down. Like four flats. I was I was in there. I thought it was perfect timing, you know, because I just planned the trip to Florida. The day, I, I mean, a few hours after I landed and got back to my condo from the airport, I got a call. And uh, I knew my team was there. My boxing coach is there. Mike Brown was there. And they were going to be there for the next couple weeks. So it was less than two weeks away. And my team was all intact, ready to go. So I, I, I just... I thought it was a good time. Did you find out that you weren't getting it when we found out that the fight was happening between Volk and Islam, or did you find out before that? I find out whenever everyone found out. Oh, wow. Were you were you upset, or was it just kind of like, all right, maybe it wasn't meant to be? Yeah, it just it is what it is in this game. You never know what's going to happen. You know, they could be calling me tomorrow with the fight. I don't know. That's just the fight game. Anything can happen at any time, and it does. So you just keep rolling with it. Stay Kind of stay ready keep your weight good, then that's what I do. Were you surprised that he knocked him out in the first? 
I was surprised by the result. You know, I mean, when a guy takes a chance like that to do something great on short notice, unprepared, no telling what Volk was doing. Was he training? You know, was he? I, I thought it was the, going off the, their first fight. I thought it was going to be a lot more competitive. But then again, this is fighting, man. Hmm. Anything can happen. And so I've seen uh, recently you have popped up a little bit on social media. It seems like uh, you would like to fight at UFC 300. Is is that a, an accurate thing to say this this would be your ideal scenario you fighting on 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 that great card i think it would be cool you know i like i've said in all these interviews i'm not going to be probably fighting at 400 i missed uh 200 300 would be would be awesome to have on the resume so while you were in the ufc at the apex this then the other uh did you happen to have any conversations about this uh this idea this this desire to fight on the card yeah, I sat down with the UFC. We talked about it, and they're kind of on the same page as me. Um, if we can get the right opponent that makes sense for a big fight, then then we can do it. Okay, is there is there anyone in the works? Is there anyone they're proposing? No, nothing yet. But uh, I still have faith. What the hell? Nothing yet. I mean, it's it's approaching. No. I mean, it's in April. April, yeah. I mean, yeah, but you kind of have you kind of have a sense of who would be in your orbit at this point. It's I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's a weird one. Do you do, do you have a preference? Yeah. Like, do you have a, a a dream scenario, for lack of a better word? Um, a fight that guarantees me a, a title fight or a really big fight, something that I'm super excited about doing. That was that. That's all I want. Right, but there's no specific name. No. Uh, and I know we've talked about 170 in the past because I know the issue is 155. There just aren't that many names that excite you. There's a boatload of guys that are fresh to you at 170. Was that discussed with the UFC at all? No, we kind of discussed my weight. I think I was 172 pounds oh, when wow. I was sitting in the office. Dude, Jeez. I'm just too small for 170. People don't understand the fight game and, and the weight cutting and how big these guys are, you know, like that you, you can't weigh 172, 173 pounds walking around and skip breakfast way in and then fight the next day at 173 pounds when these guys are going to be 195 or, you know, it's it just, people don't understand. No, I get that. What do, I, I, at the top level, you, at the top level, you give 20 pounds to somebody. I mean, it, it's just not good. Uh, you you once fought at forty five, right? That fight that I uh, was talking about in Virginia was at forty five. Do you think you ever go back to that? Maybe that's more realistic. At the weight I've been walking around these past couple months, I probably could make the cut, but I'm not going to do it. Like I'm not going to drain my body down that much to 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 be at one forty five. It's just not healthy. It's not going to be fun. It's going to make me hate the process, and that's not what I want to do. I want to enjoy the process and and fight and feel good. Mm. Um, so did UFC say to you, like, okay, you're on the card, we just have to find something that makes sense, or is there a chance you They were kind of like, in, it, they were kind of in my corner about the situation. Like, if 300's my goal, if I want to make that happen, we can probably make it happen. But we didn't have, like, extensive talks into that. They were just like, yeah, we can, we can probably do that. Okay, where is, have they said where 300 is yet? Probably Las Vegas, right? I would, I would think the T-Mobile Arena, but I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and is that like is that fine for you going from July to April or in a perfect world? If there wasn't a three hundred, right? If it was just in the middle of these numbers, would you have preferred to come back sooner? 
in a perfect world, I would have been flying to Abu Dhabi a few months ago. Sure, sure. Yeah, I know. But like now, if that didn't come to fruition, would you have been pushing for like a January return or a February return? Yeah, I turned 35 in January. I wanted to fight before I turned 35, but I don't think that, you know, that's not going to happen. Oh, wow. That's a big number. Yeah, dude. And you know, in this game, we age in dog years, so I'm going to get up there. Nah, you know, I mean, I, I would imagine you still got a solid 10 years left. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, you're right. 10 years. You're right, man. Come on. 35 is nothing, especially, you know, some of these heavyweights go to like 43, 44, 45. Yeah, it's a different thing, man. Heavyweight's a different thing. Uh, did you enjoy the Apex? F like watching fights there? I've only been there to fight and also to corner. I've never been there as a, as a spectator. So it was cool, man. It's, uh, you know, everyone's really close. There's not a lot of people in there. There's not a bad seat. It's really intimate. You can hear every shot. You can hear every coaching instruction. It, it, it's cool. It's a different point of view watching MMA, especially when you know what you're watching and listening to and, and how these guys are reacting to their corner and reacting to hearing their, their opponent's corner. It, it's it's just a different thing when it's quiet like that. What about your guy, uh, Brendan Allen? Yeah, man. Louisiana strong. Yes. He's uh incredible performance, you know, and he's still getting better. But that dude, I've been telling people – People were asking me about what I thought about Paul Craig's jiu-jitsu. And I'm like, dude, Brennan, I've been knowing Brennan since I was young on the mats in Louisiana. This kid's been competing in IBJJF tournaments and stuff since he was like maybe early as 12, 13 years old. I've seen this guy. I competed in tournaments. You know, wow. this he's been around a very long time. So you, you, you did you, like when you were training in Louisiana, was he there too with Tim Crater and all those guys? He was up, uh, Closer to New Orleans, like midway between between La Lafayette and New Orleans. But uh yeah, we were on the mats together all the time. Wow. When he was fourteen when he was fourteen years old, we were we were punching each other. Really? Where? Yeah. At Tim Crater's gym. When did you when did you walk through those doors for the first time? At Tim's gym? Yeah. Probably when I was maybe eighteen or nineteen years old. Wait, so you just said you were at 14 punching each other. No, Brendan was 14. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay. When, when, when did you first walk into any gym? A boxing gym when I was 17. Why? I didn't have anything else to do. You just saw, like, you were just walking down the street one day, or did someone say, hey, you should come here? Like, how did it happen? Well, I loved combat sports. I loved boxing first, and then... uh I just knew whatever the like I would watch fights and I would be inspired by it. And I knew whatever those guys were showing in there, fighting through the blood and the grid and just kept pushing forward. I knew I had whatever that was, I knew I had it. Wow. I knew I had that. So the original dream was boxing. Yeah. When did it transition over? When I met some MMA guys at the boxing gym. Oh wow, that's amazing. And 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 yeah. like did they have to convince you or were you like you know, initially like, nah, I want to do this boxing thing. What is this crazy cage fighting stuff? No, I, I mean I, I knew about cage fighting. Me and my dad used to watch, you know, VHS tapes. Yeah. From like mom mom and pop video stores way back in the day. And uh of course I knew about cage fighting and I had wrestled a little bit when I was younger. Didn't know anything about jiu-jitsu, but uh, when I met those guys in the boxing gym and they started telling me about where they trained at and did kickboxing and jiu-jitsu, that next weekend I was at their gym and I just never turned back. So no amateur boxing bouts, right? No. All my friends I came up with all had amateur boxing. They had their boxing cards and stuff like that, but uh, I, I didn't compete. 
Is that something that needs to happen before it's all said and done? A boxing match? Boxing? Yeah. I mean, I would like to just before it's all done, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I have, I think I have like five, six more fights left on my contract with the UFC. It could happen. I mean, uh, Jorge Masvidal was talking about now he was given the green light to box and things like that. Yeah, I would like to. This is like a th- like a like a bucket list type of thing. I mean, the first time I ever put on a pair of gloves, it was boxing gloves. I thought I was going to be a boxer. That's crazy. That is crazy. You you sometimes think about where your life would be if you were a boxer. Not to say that you're unhappy no, with this life, but it could have been a totally different thing. Yeah, I'm happy with where it went. I think I I would have done well in boxing. I still think I can do well in boxing. But, you know, I'm an MMA fighter. Yeah. Regis Progre, solid boxer out of uh, New Orleans. Yeah. He's not... He comes down to the New Orleans Boxing Club every now and then, I believe. But he's definitely a New Orleans guy. He has a big fight coming up with Haney, right? Yeah. Do you follow boxing more than MMA? Is that Or is that a crazy thing? No. Not more than MMA. No. Boxing's fun these days. Yeah, I'm really into it. I definitely, yeah, man. I definitely follow all combat sports, but I'm a huge boxing fan. Who's your favorite? Right now, I, dude, I still, I, I still want to see Lomachenko fight. Uh, I was such a big fan of Lomachenko for so long. What about our boy Francis? Did you watch that? So, dude, I'm, I'm reading play by play as I'm trick or treating with my daughter. The neighborhood. Oh, where her friends live, did it the weekend before Halloween because the kids are out of school, you know, and oh. it was going to be a late night trick-or-treating. Yes. So as I'm walking around the neighborhood, I'm on my phone trying to read play-by-play. I went back and watched the highlights and stuff, but I haven't sat down and watched round-by-round round and kind of scored it because I see all the media talking about this and that. You know, I need to make a decision for myself. Oh, man, you got to watch it. It was incredible. I mean, kind of watching it live is is enthralling because you're like, holy shit, he's actually going to do it, and then he doesn't do it, of course, not spoiling it. Were you bummed that you couldn't watch it live? Like, were you like, fuck, I wish I could be home right now? Of course, but then also I'm in dad mode. You know, yeah. I got a little girl who's excited to be dressed up for Halloween, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. You know, I enjoyed that with my daughter, but uh, I need to go back and watch it. Just, just from what I've seen highlights and from what I've read, in my head, leading it up to this fight, I just thought Francis was going to get schooled, you know? I, I really did. Yes. So it's exciting to, to see him compete well and, and against arguably one of the best, the best heavyweight of all time. By the way, I saw your Halloween uh, costume, the family costume. It was uh, Adam's family, right? Yeah. Pretty amazing. You guys looked fantastic. Who's in charge of this? Yeah, man. I, this I, this I grew is... my beard out. Oh, was that a real? Was that a real mustache? Yeah, hell yeah. Come wow, on, dude. we're showing it right now. It's incredible. I thought that was like penciled in. No, man, I grew my beard out for a, for a, over a week. Then I shaved everything off. Then I edged the mustache up. Then I used my wife's um, eyeliner to make it black because my hair is brown. You know, right, I wanted right. it to be black like Gomez. It's amazing. Your daughter looks incredible as Wednesday. Everyone looks great. Oh, she, she was so pumped, dude. Wait, so this is what you, you were dressed like that on that night? This is that night, October 28th? Uh-huh, yeah. I've never heard about this uh, three days before, like the weekend before Halloween thing. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, different neighborhoods. Like, I, I'm in Youngsville, Louisiana, right outside of Lafayette. Different neighborhoods and, and surrounding areas have different times. As they, they, they set trick-or-treating for different neighborhoods. And they just thought it would be better to do it on the on the weekend. It makes total sense. So, so on the actual day, there's nothing happening on the 31st? 
think we bought what we do. I think we had a barbecue and just hung out at the house. Okay. All right. I like that. Halloween, like it's like Thanksgiving. It 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 should always be on the Saturday, like the last Saturday of October, like Thanksgiving, the last. You know what I mean? This makes more sense. Well, as a father, as a father, you know, if you have school the next morning, yeah, for us, we have to get up at six six a.m. You can't have your kid eating candy, walking around till nine p.m. It's just going to be rough. It's a that's a great idea. I'm going to try to start this in my neighborhood. Uh, I saw you with my boy Action Bronson in New York. Yeah, man, Baklava. What I've been a, a fan of his for a long time. And we, we messaged back and forth here and there, but uh, to finally get to hang out with him was cool. I feel like we need a, a, a DP, F That's Delicious, hot sauce combo, like cooking session. I feel like Louisiana, was there any talks of this? I feel like this needs to happen. Years ago, or maybe a year and a half ago, I sent him out some hot sauce. He tried it out. He liked it. Uh, we never talked about doing something for the media or making a video, but I'm I'm down for sure. Yes, this needs to happen. What else do we have going on business-wise? You have the hot sauce. You have the, the charity. Obviously, we just talked about uh, the the alcohol, yes? What do we got in the works? The bourbon, yeah. I got the, the wine market here. Marcelo's Wine Market in Lafayette, Louisiana is doing good. Um, just got the new signage up. You know, I, I got my hands in everything. What do you mean new signage? When we when we took it over, it's been there for thirty years. It had these old signs and and at the road and old signs on the building. So we made a new logo for the for the Marcelo's Wine Market and put up this new LED display that can show pictures and everything. You know, like the full color screen. More more fighters need to be like you. I feel like if if the career, God forbid, ended tomorrow, you have so many other things going on. Some other guys are just focused on the fighting, but you do a great job. Like all these businesses, this is very rare. Right? Are you surprised when you talk to other fighters that they don't have this many stuff going on? You talked about a condo you just mentioned. That's another, you know, bit of revenue. This has to happen. Yeah, no? I've got some. I've got some residential and some commercial real estate as well. Now, you know, I'm. I've always been a hustler, man. I, I from the first fight, I knew I can't fight forever. You know, you got to set yourself up and put yourself in a good spot. So I don't. I mean, I don't have to fight. I'm. I fight because I love it. Right. And maybe that's the difference. Who guides you throughout all this? Like, do you have a, like a business or like some sort of financial planner? Like, how do you do this? Yeah, I have a bunch. I have a bunch of friends who are successful business owner, restauranteurs, um, property owners that I bounce questions, bounce info off of, ask questions, listen to them when they talk. I'm just around a lot of good people and have some friends who are very successful in what they do. And I just listen and learn the same way I did in fighting. When I'd go to big gyms, I'd sit around the greats and listen to them talk and the way they, they view things and try to pick up, you know, what they put down. That's, that's just, that's how you learn. What's the dream? Is there, is there like a dream business that you haven't started yet that you want to cross off that list at some point? I'm living the dream, man. Of course, I'm going to just keep growing. Um, you know, I'm a partner in hop water as well, a seltzer water brew with hops and adaptogens. We're growing fast with that as well. We just launched the double hop, bigger cans. And, you know, it, it's just, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it. Wow. Uh, and, and and just curious, before I let you go, a big uh, piece of news on Monday regarding uh, PFL and Bellator. A lot of fighters who train at ATT involved in this, probably most notably Johnny Evelyn. Um, interesting time in the sport. Do any of them ask you for advice on how they should navigate these uh, these waters, these fight game waters. You've done it for a long time. Do you, do you find a lot of young fighters asking you for advice? When I'm in the gym at American Top Team, younger fighters do you know ask me questions and about ways I've done things or what they're going through in, at this part of their career. 
But like you said, Johnny Eblen is, is still a young man, and, and dude, he's got the world ahead of him. I, I honestly believe he's the best middleweight in the world. I really believe that. Yeah, I think that's a very, I mean, I just hope that he has a proper home there because PFL doesn't have him. I mean, maybe they want that middleweight division to come over, but like, I, I think he's in the UFC. He's a top three, top two, top one middleweight. I know some people scoff at that because maybe he hasn't fought the competition, but you could just see it like with your eye. You can just see it. I know it. Yeah, I see it. I know it. I watch his work ethic, his commitment, just his mindset. He's he's a student and, and he really cares and he's really dedicated to getting better in all aspects of of, of fighting. He's going to be great, man. I, I know it. There are certain guys that you just know, and, and he's he's one that I know. Right, I know so, he's going to be great. He so, already is. No, he is, 100%. Uh, tomorrow, are you, uh, are you deep frying the turkey? Or what are you doing? What's the plan? Yeah, man, I got all kind of meats in my refrigerator right now. Uh, Theo Vaughn is here. He helped out with the with the the uh, good fight today. We're gonna hang out and cook. Start prepping tonight. You know, get everything in the oven probably late tonight. Maybe put the I got a turducken. Might put that in the smoker for for nine wow. hours or so. You got a turducken? That's always been a dream. It's turkey, duck, and chicken, right? Yeah. Inception. You did you do you make it yourself? Do you like put them all into each other yourself? No, no, no. I, I, I picked this up. I picked this up. And what is it? Is there an order like one into one into one? Is there an order in which way it goes? I think the duck goes in the chicken. The chicken goes in the turkey. Wow, this is crazy. And yeah. what's the appeal here? Why do you need to have three birds in one? Why not? <laughs> It's just so crazy. We were talking about this on Monday. Peter's, Peter's worst nightmare, dude. Yes. So Theo Vaughn is actually coming over for Thanksgiving? He just left. He went grab a coffee. Yeah, he's here. He's staying at the house. He came last last Thanksgiving as well. He's actually doing a show um, Friday night or Saturday in New Orleans. We're going to drive up and, and go to a show. Wow. I, I thought you guys were like, you know, famous friends, not actual friends, you know? Nah, he's, he's my actual friend. He's a good dude, man. That's amazing. Well, tell him I say hi if you see him again, if he comes back after the coffee. Um, yeah. I wish you the best. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Good on you. Just wanted just wanted some DP, you know, good cheer in my life on this uh, Thanksgiving Eve show. We, we've Come on, man. We've decorated. Did you see, do you see our decorations here? Can you see it? I don't know if you can see. We have a cornucopia. Do you know what a cornucopia is, DP? Yeah, of course. Okay. Somebody was just showing me... Uh, my friend's wife um, was just showing me she made one of those out of bread. Oh, God. And then she's going to stuff it with cheese and charcuterie action. Wow. Yeah. Serious business right there, man. I just have a, a plastic one. I didn't know people actually put food in it. Now, she she weaved some pizza dough, egg washed it, you know, wow. and made it. Yeah, yeah. Incredible, the things people do. Um, UFC 300, you got to be there. This has to happen. I would like to see it happen. I could go down the list of names, but I don't want to, you know, you, we just want to fight, right? At the end of the day, we want to fight that makes sense, that matters, that gets you excited, that has yeah. meaning. A fight that makes me scared, that's big, that's what I want. Okay. All right. Well, keep us posted. Good luck to you. Uh, I'll work on that for you. If you need me to, you know, to negotiate, to do anything, let me know. I'm here for you. I appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you, Dustin. All the best. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Great to see you. Appreciate the time as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, brother. Happy Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family as well. Everybody out there, be good to yourself. Treat yourself right. Much love. There he is.
One of the good guys, Dustin Poirier, joining us with some great words. Treat yourself right. Treat others and yourself right. Who could he fight? Who could he fight? He's got to be on UFC 300. Everyone's going to be clamoring for that. Who could he fight? Who could he fight? I was going to go through the list, but you know, I don't think he wants me to do that. There's not that many options. Charles is going to fight Islam. Justin, he just fought. Benil, I think Benil's booked, right? Did I see that somewhere? Cameron. Benil's uh, main event against Sarukian. That's in, right. In Austin. Oh, that's right. Next year, see if he's the main event. <laughs> Who Maybe it'll be good by April. Maybe it'll be good by April. Who is there? Who is there? Yeah, I don't know, dude. There's... We're just going to have to see the lay of the land in a couple months, I guess, right? I mean, it's it's rapidly approaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess after this, still like... About, still got a few months, though. All right, fine, 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 fine. Um, so there you have it. What a good guy. I mean, he's just hanging out with Theo Vaughn, huh? Shout went to, out. Went to get a coffee? Shout out to Peloton. Shout out to Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know yourself uh thank you very much to uh dustin do i have another one that i need to read here real quick i don't know i mean i'm swimming in ads here uh what a great guy and check out the uh the good fight foundation by the way uh they do tremendous things him and his wife jolie they are just salt of the earth people and uh they do incredible things for the community over there in louisiana you know he 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 donates his uh fight kit to be um, you know, auctioned off. It's just amazing what they do. So uh, I am honored to know him. And uh, I was I was asked yesterday, like, what are you thankful for in the world of MMA? And uh, you know, maybe I can ask the crew this uh, later on. But the thing that came to mind on the spot was I'm thankful for the good guys and gals. I'm thankful for the Kayla Harrisons. I'm thankful for the Dustin Poiriers. I'm thankful for the Leon Edwards. Uh, I'm thankful for those, you know, uh, those characters that make you proud to be an MMA fan. The Tom Aspinalls of the world, the people who are surrounding them, you know, like those good guys. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm thankful for the, the Volkanovskis of the world. All these great characters that we come across each and every week on the program. Lord knows there's a lot of not so good people in all walks of life, not to mention the sport. I'm very, very thankful for the ones who stick out and uh, are just a true pleasure to speak to and to uh, follow on this uh, journey of theirs. So uh, that's what comes to mind. But perhaps the, uh, the boys in the back will be able to uh, give their own list of what they are thankful for. Let us move along now and say hello to our next guest. In fact, uh, she is coming in studio. She was victorious uh, this past weekend at the UFC Apex. She has now won two straight fights in the UFC. She is the pride of Argentina. She is Eileen Perez, who had quite the week in Las Vegas, and we have a lot to discuss here. Oh, here she is. Uh, Eileen Nurmagomedov, how are you? Oh, there it is. Wow. <laughs> this is incredible. Hello. Hello, how are you? Oh, let's hug it out. Wow, welcome. Uh, oh my gosh, yes. Nice to meet you. Martin. Yes. Nice Martin. to meet you as well. Martin, excuse yeah, me. No, no problem. Uh, uh, her manager. And by the way, how do you pronounce yeah. your last name? Uh, Paxiars. Paxiars. Well, Polish great to have you both different. here. Eileen, we've never had an intro like that before, an introduction. <laughs> this is amazing. Nunca tuvieron una introducción así en el show. Esto es buenísimo. Ay, estoy muy contenta. No sé qué palabras usar, cuáles son las primeras, pero que le voy a poner todo el corazón, como siempre. 
I'm super happy to be here. Uh, the honor is mine, and I'm going to put all my heart into giving this a, a good interview because I'm well, so happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, welcome to New York. Is this your first time in New York? Eh, bienvenida a Nueva York. Esta es tu primera vez en Nueva York. Sí, es mi primera vez. Eh, lo relaciono mucho con Buenos Aires. Yo soy de Buenos Aires y me gustó por eso, el clima. Me hizo acordar a casa. Uh, yeah, no, this, uh, this is the first time I'm here and it's very similar to Buenos Aires where I'm from, so it feels like I'm at home because it's very similar to the, the landscape of the cities. Okay, what do you think so far? Like, I know it reminds you of home. Do you like it? Do you like this type of uh, atmosphere or do you like more, you know, beach, warm weather, etc.? ¿Cómo lo estás viendo ya en tu tiempo acá? Eh, ¿Te gusta este tipo de ambiente o te gusta más como el ambiente de playa, eh, sol? Siempre busqué el lugar donde vivir donde tenga un buen lugar de entrenamiento, así que no, no busco un lugar para vivir cómodo para disfrutar, digamos, las vacaciones. Mientras tengo un buen gimnasio, lo otro lo voy a disfrutar igual. Yeah, I like it. And for me... I don't really look too much into the weather. Where I like to go is places where I can train or do uh, work. Uh, so yeah, I like it a lot. I like this hat. This is uh, because people call, call you Eileen Ormagomedov, yes? Eh, él le gusta mucho tu sombrero. La razón que le tenés es porque mucha gente te llaman Eileen Ormagomedov, no? Sí, sí, me gustaría probárselo a ver cómo le queda a él. Yo creo que le va a quedar bonito. Yeah, he, she says that she would, uh, she, yeah, it's exactly that, and she would love for you to try it on as well. Oh, wow, you want me to yes. try it on? I mean, sure, why not? Do you have lice? You don't have lice, no? No, no tienes piojos, ¿no? Okay, no tienes piojos, here no? I am. Yes, salam aleikum, my brothers. How's this, nice? ¿Cómo te gusta? Yes, hello, oh, yes, yes. Very nice. Linda. Very nice, yes. Lindo, lindo, linda. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You, you, uh, It's very hot under the... Uh, es muy caliente. Yes. Oh, I'm yeah. Lindo, you're Linda. She knew that it was also going to be very cold here, so it's very hot, so it uh, works out well. Where did you York. purchase this? ¿Y a dónde compraste esto? Me lo regaló Mango, mi profesor de, de México. Para mí, para, fue un regalo de cumpleaños. Uh, for her birthday, uh, her boxing coach Mango uh, gave it to him. Okay, to amazing. Uh, well, uh, again, thank you for being here. This is so, I love your, uh, your earrings as well, very festive. You've got the, uh, the Christmas earrings, very nice, very nice. Me gusta, es muy lindo lo que tenés de las orejas, las joyas, muy linda. Sí, porque mi niño está esperando con ansia la Navidad, entonces estoy teniendo el espíritu navideño ya temprano. Yeah, so her son is uh, waiting for Christmas to happen because he loves uh, Christmas, so she wants to live the Christmas spirit while we're waiting for the holidays. I love it. Uh, big week for you, big week for your country as well. I don't want to get into politics, but uh, wow, your new president has crazy sideburns. Have you seen this uh, this guy with the sideburns? Eh, muy grande semana para tu país. Afuera de también eh, tu pelea, también el nuevo presidente, eh, Milei, él tiene pelo en sus cachetes. ¿Tú le viste a este y qué, qué te parece de, sí. de su estilo? Sí, porque se quiere parecer a Manuel Belgrano. Se quiere parecer a, un pro, eh, a una figura argentina y se se quiso dejar eso, pero a mí no me gusta Milei, sorry. No, she doesn't uh, like Milei very much, but oh, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, he's trying to, to, with the sideburns, he's trying to, to use someone else's style. El hecho que no me gusta en sí la política es porque no, de todas formas me levanto a entrenar, a, a laburar sola y soy la que sostiene mi familia, así que de todas formas voy a salir a trabajar. Yeah, I don't really like to get into to politics very much because regardless, whatever happens in politics, I have to be the one to make sure that my family is fed and work hard to make sure that happens and politicians don't help me regardless. 
pero voy del lado siempre donde nos ofrecen más, nos, nos ofrece más derechos y poder de, de encontrar una educación para el futuro. But uh, I'm always going to be on the side of uh, human rights and want people to, to support that side of uh, politics. Pero hace tres años, como me la paso viajando, no voté, así que <laughs> mi voto no vale. <laughs> But because it's been three years uh, since I've been traveling, I haven't voted, so my vote doesn't count anyways. Okay, fair enough. Uh, by the way, are you a, a football fan? ¿Te gusta el fútbol? Yes, un fan? me gusta. Yesterday there was a crazy thing with Argentina and Brazil. Argentina, Brazil, Argentina, eh, win. Yes, they win, but there was like a whole riot. Did you see there was a riot there? ¿Viste que había un protesta, una manifestación gigante donde gente se pelearon? Sí, mucho no pude ver el partido porque estábamos viajando para acá, pero mi familia me iba comentando en el grupo de WhatsApp. Yeah, no, I saw it. My family was commenting, but I wasn't able to watch it very much because I was traveling to, to come here. Right, okay. Um, how would you describe the last week for you? It, there's been a lot of stuff that has happened. It all culminated with the victory, of course. But uh, in, in your words, how would you describe this past week in your life? ¿Qué, ¿Cómo describís esta última semana en tu vida? Había muchas cosas que pasaron. Ahora, ya pasando la semana, ¿qué, ¿cómo describís cómo salió todo esto? Eh, yo le puse un título a este capítulo. Le puse Ojo, Corazón y Ovarios. Esa es la frase. <laughs> Uh, I put a, a name for this chapter of my life and it's called uh, Big Ovaries and... ¿Cómo dice? Ojo, corazón y ovarios. Big eyes, big heart and big ovaries. El título de That's la the title pasada. of what I would say the chapter okay. of this last week has been. Big eyes, why? Ojos, ¿por qué? Porque <laughs> me rompieron literalmente el ojo <laughs> hace una semana. Because they literally broke my, broke my eye a week ago, before the fight happened. And, and, and this is, okay, so let's get into it. This is the, the incident that happened at the PI. Uh, what day was this that this happened? Entonces vamos a hablar del incidente que pasó en el eh, Instituto de Desempeño. Eh, ¿Qué día exactamente era lo que esto pasó? Esto pasó el día martes a las cuatro y media de la tarde cuando finalicé mi entrenamiento en el cage. So this was on Tuesday, a couple days before the, her fight, uh, at around 4 p.m., Uh, towards the end of her training when she just finished uh, training. Okay, so what happens? You're, you're about to finish training and then what happens? Entonces, ¿qué era lo que pasó? Este, Terminaste el entrenamiento y ¿qué sucedió? Sí. Primero, antes de, de comenzar el entrenamiento, ingreso al PI junto a mi hijo y a mi coach, Javier. Y había una persona, estaba Jocelyn Edwards, sentada en la cafetería y yo la vi. Estaba como camuflada, tapada. So, uh, right before uh, this happened, I went into the PI, and I went into the PI with my son and my coach, and I saw in the cafeteria that Jocelyn Edwards was there, sitting there, kind of like staring at me with her hood up, like, like creeping. Lo que a mí me pareció extraño. Okay, cargué a mi niño, mi, mi bolso, y subí al PI a entrenar. I thought it was pretty weird, so I was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to go upstairs now uh, and start my training. Before you continue... Uh, have you had any kind of interactions with her before this? Y en, antes que sucedió esto, ¿no? ¿Tú tenías alguna interacción con Jocelyn? No. De hecho, cuando la vi, la vi varias veces para saludarla. Y ella estaba camuflada. Como anteriormente decís. Sí. Cuando no. entré. Well, um, yeah, I mean, she, she has had interactions where she's seen her. She's uh, spoken to her cordially, but... Uh, During that day, that was, she had no interactions with her. Okay. Continúa. Eh, 
Finaliza el entrenamiento, estaba el fotógrafo Juan sacando fotos y videos para la prensa y ella se acerca. So, uh, when the training finished, I was uh, getting a photo shoot done by the UFC photographer uh, Juan and Jocelyn Edwards gets closer to the cage. Se acerca a amenazarme, a decirme eh, que me asegure de ganar mi pelea porque yo soy muy bocona, que yo hablo demasiado. She goes up to me and she uh, starts talking, uh, saying, you better win your next fight because you talk too much. Y yo le dije, hola. Y, y ella me dice, no, no, no me saludes. Ya negó, rechazó de entrada el saludo. Y, y yo le dije, sí, voy a ganar mi pelea. Estoy entrenando para ganar. Yo voy a ganar mi pelea. Siempre mostrándole respeto. So, Eileen's response to her was just saying, hi, how are you? And she uh, went back and said, no, you better win your next fight. That's where Eileen said, I'm going to win my next fight. Don't worry. That's why I'm training. I'm training hard. And I made sure that I did not disrespect her at all just by saying clearly to her without backing down, I'm going to win my next fight. Don't you worry. Me habló de una forma eh, fea, una, como que yo era algo de poco valor y ella de mucho valor. Y me dijo que yo no era nadie en el UFC, que no, no le había ganado a nadie y que esta piba me iba a ganar. Por yeah. Lucy. Yeah, uh, she was speaking to Eileen in a way that made Eileen feel like she was a very little value and that she was very high value, saying, Eileen... Um, You better win your next fight because you're probably not going to win it. You haven't accomplished anything in the UFC and you're not going to win. So just to let you know, you're not going to win. Entonces yo le pregunto después de, de esas palabras que me dijo, ¿tendrá razón o no? No lo sé. Eso se ve en la jaula. Yo le dije, eh, what's problem, Jocelyn? ¿Qué problema tienes? Y ella dice que yo comento mucho por Instagram y que hablo demasiado. So Eileen, uh, maybe she says that It could be true, it could be not what she's saying, but what she asked uh, Jocelyn was, what's your problem? What's your problem with me? And that's when Jocelyn said, you speak too much on Instagram, you comment too much on my things. Entonces yo le dije, eh, si no tienes ningún problema, ¿quieres pelear conmigo? Ok, yo te doy la pelea. Pero no, no hoy. Eh, pedí la pelea a Dana White o al Mike Maker. No hay problema, peleamos. So, What Eileen told her was, look, if you want to fight, we can fight with the UFC. You talk to the UFC and I'll accept the fight, but we're not going to fight here today. So please leave. I'm going to be training now. I have a fight to worry about. So please, respectfully, get out of here. Y entonces, eh, mi profesor que estaba elongando porque el entrenamiento finish había terminado, eh, me dijo, Eileen, déjala, está nerviosa. Concentrate en tu pelea del sábado. That's when her coach butted in and said, Eileen, leave her alone. She seems very nervous. She's acting in a weird way. You have to focus on your fight on Saturday. Don't even pay attention to her. Y ella dijo, yo nerviosa. Y golpeó así el cage y entró el cage. Cuando entra el cage, yo la veo venir con mucha velocidad. Se sacó los agriculares que ella tenía, los tira y se me tira encima. Cuando yo la veo, lo primero que hago, pienso en mi pelea, en mi hijo que estaba presente, y subí la mano así y el golpe me entró por acá. So that's when she got aggressive and said, I'm nervous. She hits against the cage, goes inside the cage, and Eileen, and she's coming in an aggressive, fast manner to Eileen. She takes off her hoodie, she takes off her headphones, 
And Eileen in that moment thinks about her kid and uh, how her kid is in the facility. He wasn't there in that room, but he was waiting for her in the waiting room. And that's when she closes up like this and she feels a, a something. She doesn't even know what it was, but she got hit with a punch or maybe an elbow right here in the middle where she got hit in the eye. And that's when Jocelyn jumps on top of her. Lo, lo, mi primera reacción al golpe, que automáticamente el ojo se me cerró y no podía ver, eh, fue abrazarla, que es lo natural que me sale en mis peleas. Fue abrazarla y ahí empezamos el forcejeo. My first reaction, once I felt like I got hit in the eye, I couldn't really see what was going on because I got hit in the eye and I went blind for a second. I tried to grab her to try to hold on to her and clinch her so I wouldn't get hit anymore. But I never threw a punch. Y yo sentía la sangre caer porque tengo un tajo, me hizo un, un tajo bastante grande. Yo sentía dolor, demasiado dolor, eh, y le dije a mi profesor, sacámela. Yo sentía que me seguían pegando en la cara o que algo pasaba en mi ojo. Me sent, se me bajó la presión, yo estaba cortando peso. Y le dije a mi coach, Javier, sacámela, sacámela. Y él me decía, no, sacámela. So I felt my eye with extreme pain, I felt blood was coming down it because she did cut me open from that hit. And at that point, I was already feeling extremely weak from the weight cut. I was disoriented because I did not think I was going to be in a fight at that moment. And what I, my first reaction while I was trying to hold on to her was to, uh, to tell my coach, coach, please take her off me, take her off me, because she wouldn't be letting go. Como cuatro veces le dije que me la sacara porque estaba pasándolo mal, ya estaba que me desmayaba. Eh, y la única forma de parar a Jocelyn, que encima estaba muy pesada, muy grande, más grande que mi profe, eh, fue agarrarla del cuello, la agarró, la agarró así por atrás, para poder sacármela de encima. So, uh, at that point, I told my coach multiple times, please take her off, take her off, because she kept hitting me. And at that point, the, uh, my coach was trying to get her off but couldn't because she was even bigger than, than my coach is because she was huge from uh, after a weight cut. I don't know, she gets big out of camp. And at that point, that's when my coach grabbed her in a rear naked choke to try to pull her off so she would have to defend to let go. He never threw a punch, but he did grab her with a rear naked choke because she was assaulting me. Cuando pude salir, fui corriendo a pedir seguridad. Por favor, seguridad, seguridad, que hay una loca. Yo decía, hay una loca en el cage y me pegó. So at that point, I ran out of the cage as fast as possible. Didn't even look at Jocelyn. Didn't throw one punch at her. And I started screaming, uh, security, security, please help me. There's a crazy person in the cage that's trying to uh, hurt me. Me ofrecieron entrar a, las, a, a la parte de masaje de fisioterapia donde todo el equipo del UFC estaban corriendo detrás de mi ojo y tratar de calmarme porque en el estado mental que yo estaba en ese momento tenía, bueno ahora les cuento qué era lo que sentía, pero estaba muy mal y gracias al equipo del UFC me ayudaron a calmarme acá y a coserme el ojo que me hicieron siete puntos. They brought me into a, another room where a bunch of the UFC staff, UFC staff were there to make sure that I was okay. I was in a very bad place mentally from after this assault uh, taking place. I was very disoriented and I want to thank the UFC because they made sure that they were able to close my eyes up with stitches. They took care of me. They made sure that I was mentally okay, physically okay and made sure that the, the situation was diffused as fast as possible. 
Bueno, a medida que me, me estaban cosiendo el ojo, yo no sabía lo que pasaba, dónde estaba Jocelyn. Lo que le pedí, por favor, a la gente de recepción, a Sara del PI, fue que buscara a mi hijo y que lo deje guardado en un cuarto porque yo sentía mucho miedo en ese momento. I was very fearful in that moment. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what happened after I ran away. But what I did, uh, what I was thinking about in that moment was where was my child because I had no idea where uh, he was. I didn't know where Jocelyn was. I didn't know where anyone was. And I just wanted to make sure that my kid was safe. In uh, the other cage, a medida que estaba pasando la pelea, eh, estaban los co unos coach brasileros y había una atleta también entrenando que fueron testigos, no 100% porque estaban en su entrenamiento, pero estaban en el lugar, vieron movimiento, me vieron con el ojo abierto, vieron a mi niño, eh, había más gente, habían testigos. There were witnesses in the other cage, because in the PI there's two cages, so in the other cage there was another fighter who was training with uh, her Brazilian coaches, and they did see some of it, but being that there's a language barrier in between Spanish and Portuguese and they weren't paying attention until the fight already took place, they didn't get to see the full situation. Uh, yeah. Estaba Juan también, que vio toda la situación. Uh, Juan, the photographer, was in the, in the cage and he saw uh, everything. And there's also... Las cámaras arriba del cage, yo creo que hay micrófonos también. In the PI, there's cameras and microphones everywhere, so everything was recorded. Cuando vi por las redes sociales que Jocelyn empezó a hablar del tema, eh, porque la gente en la Five Wit me preguntaba del ojo, y yo no quería, no quería decir nada porque estaba muy concentrada en, en pelear, porque yo fui a pelear a Las Vegas. Entonces me curaron el ojo y, y peleé igual. Yeah, there was a question that the fight wasn't going to go on because she was cut. She had to get stitches, and this is four days before the fight. When Jocelyn Edwards uh, started talking on social media, telling her a completely inverted side of the story, uh, Eileen didn't really want to comment more than anything so she could stay focused on the task at hand, which was going to Las Vegas to win her fight. Sí, yo dejé y dejo. O sea, ella puede hacer lo que quiera, pero tiene, puede hablar, inventar, mentir seguir agrediendo porque me sigue comentando fotos diciendo que me va a romper el otro ojo donde yo hice screenshot de todas las cosas que ella está poniendo de mí. Entonces no sé a dónde quiere llegar esta criminal. No sé cuáles son sus intenciones conmigo porque no tiene derecho a venir a hacerme esto y se quiere rematar porque yo peleé igual y gané. Yeah, no, she... Uh... Eileen doesn't really care about what Jocelyn does, but at the same time, she keeps lying, inventing things to make herself look like the victim. But at the same time, she's going out and commenting on Eileen's pages, be, saying things like, when I see you again, I'm going to break your other eye. And she doesn't know what, her, what this criminal's intentions are, but what she knows is that she is lying about uh, the situation. And uh, she really, I think, wanted to, to make me not be able to fight on Saturday. So when she was, when she saw me fight this Saturday and I won, she wanted to, to shoot herself because she was not happy with, with the result at all. And I beat a girl that she won a decision that was gifted to her. No entiendo qué más quiere. ¿Qué? Jocelyn, ¿qué quieres? ¿Qué te pasa, Jocelyn? ¿Cuál es tu problema? Estás mintiendo. Eh, te dije, tomemos la pelea lo primero que quería hacer era entrar a agredirme. O sea, tú no quieres competir deportivamente, profesionalmente conmigo. Tú tienes un problema conmigo. ¿Cuál es? What, Jocelyn, I'm speaking to you. What, what is your problem? Because at the end of the day, I offered you to do the fight in the UFC. And instead of wanting to compete with me 
in a professional sports manner. You tried to assault me. So what is it that you want? Because if it's not that you want to fight with me, I don't understand what's your problem. I don't know what you want. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> I, yes, yes. <laughs> your no, turn. <laughs> I appreciate I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell the whole story from your perspective. I appreciate you doing that. I know it's not an easy story to tell. Uh, could I ask, going back to the beginning, she said that you had written stuff on her Instagram. What kind of stuff were you writing on her Instagram? Entonces, primero él te quería dar una oportunidad porque no te preguntó nada para que vos podés decir todo el cuento, entonces por eso te pregunto eso. La primera pregunta que él te quiere preguntar es cuando él, ella, cuando tú comentaste cosas en su Instagram o cosas por Instagram que era porque ella estaba enojado, ¿qué fueron esas cosas? Ella peleó con Lucy. Lucy fue mi oponente. Entonces, esa pelea, esta opinión que voy a dar ahora, la da muchos millones de fans, pero son pocos los que se atreven a decirlo en la cámara. Eh, esa pelea la ganó Lucy para mí y para la mayoría de todos los fans. Y se la dieron ganada a Jocelyn. So, Jocelyn fought, not her last fight, but the one before, against Lucy, the girl that I just fought. And what I said, first of all, was that when they fought, and this is a, uh, an opinion that many fans had, they gave the, the decision to uh, Jocelyn, even though, like many other people, I said that, the one who deserved to win that decision was Lucy. It was a split decision, and I thought that the decision should have gone to Lucy. Esa pelea de Jocelyn versus Lucy fue antes de mi victoria con Ashley. Fue en abril esta pelea. Jocelyn volvió a pelear en Francia, donde yo la vi ganadora a Jocelyn a esa pelea. Y las tarjetas la dieron perdedora. So that last fight with Jocelyn and, and Lucy happened before I even fought against Ashley Evans-Smith. And after the fact, uh, Jocelyn had another fight, which was her last fight in Paris, where she fought against a French girl, uh, Nora, where they gave the decision to Nora. And what I said was that in that fight, Jocelyn should have won that fight. Entonces, mi comentario que a ella le enojó fue el siguiente. Que lo que le pasó en la pelea de Francia, que le dieron la pelea perdida, cuando la ganó, yo la vi ganadora en esa pelea, yo le puse en esa publicación de MMA Latinoamérica, eh, es el karma lo que le pasó a Jocelyn. Le dan una ganada y después le dan una perdida. Entonces ya quedó bien, ya compensó, digamos. So the comment that I made that was the thing that really upset her was when she lost that fight, even though I thought she won, I commented on a page called MMA Latinoamérica, uh, well, uh, this is uh, what happens. A fight that you were supposed to lose, you won, and then the fight that you were supposed to win, you lost. So it evens out. El, el comentario, las opiniones que yo pongo en base a, a lo que leo, porque hay una publicación de ella que peleó y abajo hay una pregunta en la página. ¿Qué te pareció el combate? Los resultados estaban bien. Y al igual que yo, comentó mucha gente, pero a ella le molestó mi comentario. So... When they posted that, the question was on the post, what do you think of this decision? And I just stated my fact, just like uh, my opinion, just like many other people have. And the reason why she was upset with me and not anyone else who stated the exact same opinion is because I said it. Porque si es justificable la violencia por comentarios, yo ya estaría muerta. Because if it's justifiable, to commit violence because of someone's comments, I would be dead right now. 
o viceversa. Habría, habrían mu muchos muertos por opinar de mí. Or there would be a lot of people dead because of how much they opinionated about her. So, but you, you never said anything insulting or you never threatened her. You never said, if I see you, I'm going to beat you up, anything like that. It was just your opinion on the fights. Él te pregunta, entonces, ¿nunca había algo que le faltaste respeto o que le amenazaste a ella que podría tomárselo en una forma que te quería atacar? No, no. Eh, las personas que me conocen saben que yo no tengo esa personalidad y que yo soy muy profesional. Yo si en todo caso tendría un problema, lo arreglaría en la jaula y calladita la boca. No, anyone who knows me knows that that's not my uh, way to handle things. And if I truly do have a personal problem with someone, I would handle that in the cage, not outside of it. So I, I read um, an account from the MMA manager, Alex Davis, whose story, I think he's a uh, sort of third party in all this. I don't think he works with Jocelyn, um, but he was saying that your coach was being very aggressive and was talking about the rear naked choke. Have you heard or read his uh, point of view of what happened? And if so, what do you make of his side of the story? Uh había una cuenta, uno de los testigos, que era el manager Alex Davis, el brasileño, que él dijo que el profesor tuyo estaba muy agresivo con Jocelyn eh, y él dijo como que podía haber sido mucho peor y que era ultra agresivo a un punto que no era necesario. No, lo que yo voy a decir es eh, lo que pasó. Yo fui la que le dijo a mi profesor, sácamela, sácamela. Mi profesor estaba sentado ahí, no quería meterse porque somos dos mujeres y y eran problemas de mujeres. Y yo le dije, sácamela. Y si no fuese por Javier, yo no hubiese peleado y quizás tendría más puntos en la cara. So I'm going to tell my side of the story, my truth, because that's all I can do. And what I know is that when we first started uh, fighting, my coach didn't want to get into it because she, he saw, like everyone else, two women fighting, and him as a man did not want to intervene in that. But when Eileen was saying, please take her off me, please take her off me, after four times of saying it, he had to do something because if it wasn't for Javier, I would have been extremely hurt, much more hurt than I, ha than I was, and the fight would have been off. So, uh, and also I'd like to say, like, with Alex, they don't work together, but he's a manager that goes around talking to all, all the fighters to, I don't know if there's also a, a secret motive in that sense with Alex Davis to the point where he wants to talk to fighters because, like, he talked to Eileen, how he's talked to other clients of mine where he wants to like schmooze them to be on their side to potentially take that client away. So I feel like there's also an ulterior motive with that as well. Jocelyn is a criminal. If not for Javier, who was there with me, he never left me alone, Javier, who gives me the thanks to him. If it wasn't for him, the criminal of Jocelyn would have killed me. Because the people who were there, no one wanted to intervene. They left us there alone. I didn't care to anyone. Por eso digo que ese señor no, no, no tiene derecho a opinar porque no un cagón, no se metió a defenderme. No, and at that point, uh, Jocelyn is a criminal because she attacked me and there was no one in that room outside of Javier that tried to defend me when I was being assaulted. They just saw two girls fighting where I did not throw one punch and he saved me. If it wasn't for, for Javier, I, I don't know what would have happened. She could have, maybe not literally, but figuratively have killed me. Hmm. So... It, it was a dangerous situation and no one cared. So Alex Davis doesn't have the right to opinionate about something when he didn't want to intervene in the first place until after the fact, once I was already assaulted. Can I ask you, um, and, 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 and for the record, I, I personally have known Alex for a very, very long time. I've not talked to him about this. I have no dog in this race at all. Uh, I've only known him to be, you know, a very solid guy who doesn't play games and try to steal clients and things like that. So when I saw his account, 
it meant something to me only because I know he has always kind of shot straight with me. I'll just throw that out there. But again, I have, I have no uh, stake in any of this. And, you know, you, you, I believe everything that you're saying here, because why would you come here and lie about it? Um, I just want to ask about one other thing that he said. He said afterwards he was confronted in the hotel by some members of your team, and this seemed to upset him very much. Did that happen? And if so, why did that happen? Eh, él, eh, con Alex Davis, eh, Ariel dice que él desde la que, que le conoció, que siempre fue una persona honesta, pero a la misma vez, él te cree a vos, yo no pienso que tú vas a venir acá para mentir. Una cosa que él también dijo era que después que pasó todo esto, gente de tu equipo fueron a confrontarlo a Alex y preguntar qué pasó. ¿Eso pasó y por qué pasó eso? ¿Qué, en el hotel? Uh -huh. Puede ser que haya, no, no confirmo ni tampoco niego, porque durante la semana de la pelea yo estuve muy triste y muy concentrada para que todo salga bien, y después de la pelea me encargué de estar con mi hijo porque era su cumpleaños. Yeah, so she can't confirm or deny that because she wasn't there and she doesn't, um, she was really sad about the whole situation that happened, so she wasn't there. I was there okay. when that happened, and yeah, it did happen, but there was no intimidation. Uh, I was like far away because I didn't really want to partake in it, but I was looking to make sure, uh, you know, nothing, there was no physical confrontation because that would have been, again, dumb. Um, but it was Javier that went up to Alex Davis because he felt like Alex Davis slandered him online without telling the truth. Uh, because another thing that happened was they said that both of them started assaulting Jocelyn. How can Eileen come out injured with a black eye and this other coach who is a seven in one pro MMA fighter who's retired now, how could they both start apparently beating up on Jocelyn when she's had absolutely zero injuries and Eileen's the one who's been injured? She wasn't injured. She did uh, get put in a rear naked choke, but anyone who knows MMA knows that that's not going to cause any long-term damage or any fractures or anything. And it was an unfortunate situation, but Javier was just upset that Alex came out and made him seem like he was like a woman abuser when he's absolutely not. And it probably wasn't the best idea for him to go up to him and, and talk about it, but there was never any threats made. There was never, but they did get kind of heated and then they both broke away. Jocelyn, uno de los posteos últimos que puso fue que yo le pegué y, y que mi profesor, y que ella en una situación, no recuerdo muy bien porque dijo muchas versiones, pero diciendo que ella estaba en un momento peleando con los dos al mismo tiempo. Y lo que yo me pregunto es si supuestamente eso es verdad. ¿Por qué espera la pelea para andar diciendo cosas de mí? Si supuestamente yo la agredí, ¿por qué no muestra, fo no muestra fotos de sus lastimaduras o lo contó antes? One of the versions that Jocelyn said, because I can't remember exactly every single one because she said many, but one of them she said that I was hitting her and, and Javier was holding her so I could hit her. How come she has not posted any injury uh, after the fact? Because if I hit her, she would have had some sort of injury, right? How come she com uh, came out completely unscathed from the situation if apparently we assaulted her? Um, ha did the UFC talk to you guys after this incident and say, uh, we need to do something about this? Because obviously the PI is a place where there's a ton of fighters and they can't have people fighting each other you know, in the, in, the, in the hallways or in the ring, et cetera, or the cage. Um, was there any sort of repercussion uh, either on you or her that you know of as a result of the incident that happened? Entonces, el UFC te habló a vos eh, y te dijo algo de la situación o dijo que había haber alguna consecuencia de lo que tú sabes que pasó. Como fue muy, muy reciente todo esto, 
Y yo soy una persona que trabaja las cosas con calma y tranquila. De hecho, esperé mi momento a hablar. Eh, todavía no, no, no hemos conversado bien, pero algunas acciones vamos a tomar nosotros con ellos. Con Jocelyn, dices. Sí. So, yeah, um, since all of this has been very recently and, I haven't, and I've waited to really get into detailed, uh, details about this situation outside of speaking to the UFC uh, with the media, uh, we haven't really heard much about it, but we are, uh, Eileen is planning to, to potentially uh, do some sort of action towards this because this shouldn't have happened. And even though Eileen is someone that talks a lot verbally with fighters, she wants to sell the show, this is a show. And at the end of the day, in the, especially in the PI, there shouldn't be fighters fighting and, and assaulting each other. And we don't want that. We want to sell the show, but we want the fights to happen in the cage. Mm. Uh, Me gusta tomar las cosas con calma, trabajarlas a fuego lento. Y Jocelyn, esto no se va a quedar así. Y, y sos una criminal. I want to take things with uh, slowly, calmly, make sure I make, I make decisions that are going to be the right thing for my future. But Jocelyn... Uh, Legally, this isn't over, and you're a criminal. So uh, I was just going to ask you about that because you refer to her as a criminal. Um, are you considering pressing charges? ¿Estás considerando denunciarla? Totalmente. Yeah, I'm definitely considering it. Will you press charges? ¿Lo vas a hacer o lo estás considerando y estás viendo? Estoy trabajando en eso primero con mi psicólogo y después vamos a tomar las acciones que tenemos que tomar. Uh, right now, I'm just working with my, my psychologist about this because I still am. Necesito saber... ¿Qué es eh, lo correcto y lo que me conviene? I'm, I am still traumatized about this, so I want to figure out my things mentally. But then from there, I'm going to figure out what is it that's really worth taking action about. But I feel like some sort of consequence she, she should have. And uh, to add on, there is no consequences on Eileen's side or her coach's side. And again, they have cameras, they have microphones everywhere. So if her version of the story was true, that the coach was abusive towards a UFC fighter in the PI... Why would, they, why would the UFC let the coach be a cornerman mm -hmm. that same Saturday? Sure. So the UFC saw everything. They have the information. We haven't been able to see the cameras, but yeah, uh, there hasn't been consequences on Eileen's side. And just curious, uh, would you like to see the UFC do something to her? Would you like to see her get released from the UFC as a result of this? Eh, lo que él te está preguntando es si tú pensás que el UFC le debería echar o algo. Eh, yo no, 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 no voy a dar opinión sobre eso. Yo voy a dejar que el UFC se encargue eh, a ver qué consideración da de todo lo que pasó y actúe o no el UFC, yo voy a ir a la justicia. Um, I'm not going to get into or give an opinion uh, specifically about what the UFC should do. They're their own company. They have all the information uh, to, to do what they want with it. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to do things on my own legally and go to, to the, the side of justice to see if uh, something, there could be some sort of consequence. But I'm not going to comment on what the UFC should or should not do. El UFC es mi casa, es mi trabajo, lo tengo que, que cuidar muy bien. Entonces, y tampoco fue, o sea, fue dentro de mi casa, eh, pero no, fue, no fueron ellos los que me mandaron a que me peguen. Entonces no tienen la culpa. The UFC is my home, and, as my, and being that it's my home, I have to, to make sure that I take care of them as well. Uh, even though this happened inside the UFC, uh, this is something that they didn't send Jocelyn to attack me. This isn't their fault at all. So it really doesn't have to do anything to do with them. And they actually took care of me very well when the incident happened. So uh, I respect whatever they think is best. 
to the best of your knowledge, how close were you to not fighting on Saturday as a result of this incident, both the, 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 like the physical damage that you sustained, but also the emotional damage? ¿Qué posibilidades había en después que pasó eso, que la pelea se, cancele, que se cancelaba, no solamente por el daño físico, pero por el daño mental que sucedió esto? Cuando me estaban cosiendo los puntos en el PI, eh, que quiero agradecer también al PI de la operación. Uh, when they were putting stitches in my eye, uh, which again was the UFC, so thank you again for the UFC for that. La pregunta. <laughs> She asked for the question again. La pregunta es. Eh, how, how close uh, was she to not que Casi era como ah, que. Eh, ¿Cuántas probabilidades había? Sí. Eh, esto pasó a las cuatro y media de la tarde, de, hasta que me hicieron la, los puntos. Mi cabeza pensaba todo el tiempo, primero en el dolor que sentía, nunca me habían cortado un ojo. Sí, una ceja, la cabeza, pero no un ojo. Pero estaba analizando, primero, eh, lo criminal que es Jocelyn y a la vez tengo una pelea con Lucy. Mi cabeza todo el tiempo eso estaba. So mentally, this happened around 4.30 p.m., like I said, and just the whole time I was thinking about Jocelyn and, and mentally it was taking me out because I had this fight with Jocelyn, but I, I'm about to fight on Saturday, so I wasn't sure I was, I was out of it completely mentally. Y mi, cora mi corazón sentía que latía mucho y hasta me puse nerviosa, se me bajó la presión, yo estaba dando peso, eh, también estaba en mi periodo menstrual, no estaba muy bien anémicamente, eh, había recién llegado de, la de Miami, para empezar el campamento era todo muy reciente y por mi cabeza pasó si yo bajo la pelea le estoy dando a Jocelyn lo que ella quiere pero si yo entro a pelear le estoy dando ventaja a Lucy entonces ahí hablé con mi equipo y mi equipo me ayudó a tomar la decisión de que suba a pelear So there definitely was a chance for me to pull out um, because I was very conflicted with the whole situation I was thinking about how First, I was on my period for that week, so with the weight cut, I was, already, I was already feeling bad. I was already weak because of the weight cut, and I had a lot more uh, to cut uh, because of, of the re water retention, because of the, the things that were happening. My eye was hurting. I was just mentally out of it. But at the same time, I was thinking, if I dropped out of this fight, I would be giving the satisfaction to Jocelyn of ruining my moment and my weekend. But at the same time, if I do get into the fight, I'm giving a huge advantage to, to Lucy by having an, an eye cut open, I'm having a bad weight cut and now I can't train during the week because my eye is cut open. I can't train properly. So it was because of uh, that that I referred, I referred to my team. I talked to my team and, and they helped me make a decision to end up fighting. But there definitely was a possibility that we were going to drop out of the fight and, and we didn't want to confirm it to the UFC until around 24 hours after it happened to, to make sure that once we made a decision, we were firm with it. How many stitches did you get? ¿Cuántos puntos te dieron? Siete. Seven. Seven. And, uh, the hoy, hoy tengo tres y en la pelea perdí cuatro. Eh, pero en el, uh, yeah, and in the fight she had to get more stitches after the fact. Okay. Me quedaron tres, pero cuatro. Now she has three because four of them already fell out. en la pelea por los and codazos. Is there any uh, damage underneath? Like, is there broken bones or anything like that? that Te you quebraron eh, la cara todavía o no? Me hice un escáner ayer. Eh, lo hice en la mañana para poder venir acá. Y todavía no me dieron el resultado, pero hoy a la tarde iba a saber en qué situaciones se encuentra el ojo. So the UFC uh, 
told her after the fight or the, the commission to get a CAT scan. She did a CAT scan yesterday, and today she should be getting the results, but she doesn't know uh, at this point. How does it feel now? ¿Cómo se siente en este momento? Me, me, me incomoda porque se me hincha todo el tiempo y pierdo visión por eso. Pero en el momento de la pelea, eh, por lo menos antes de recibir golpes, no me dolía. I mean, it's uncomfortable, uh, and it definitely hurts. It's hurting a little bit less now. But when I was in the cage, it didn't. It, I, I was with so much adrenaline that it, yeah. you know, it, I didn't feel as much. I was just going to ask you, what was it like in the, in the fight? You're getting punched in the face, but apparently you didn't feel it because of the adrenaline. I understand that. Uh, were, you, like, were you more nervous on this fight on Saturday because of everything you had been through? What, were you, what was going through your mind in the locker room after everything you had been through over the last few days? You're about to make the walk and, and be involved in a tough fight. Did you feel like you were more anxious, more nervous? Eh, te iba a preguntar cómo era que él recién dijiste que en, en tu ojo no le sentiste tanto adentro de la jaula, pero sí te, se, se te cerró, que debes decir eso. Eh, y que cómo era que tus los sentimientos que estabas sintiendo cuando estabas en el vestuario justo por pelear y en una pelea durísima. Sí. Eh, cuando entré a pelear sentía adrenalina. Adrenalina de decir, tengo que mover la cabeza porque si no me voy a quedar ciega eh, en la pelea. So I felt a lot of adrenaline and just to keep in my head, I have to have a lot of head movement because at any point I can get uh, clipped with one and I can go blind in one of my eyes. Y en el momento que estaba entrando en calor junto a mis compañeros, a, a Roy, que le mando un saludo, eh, pensaba por, no solamente por la fight week que tuve, que fue dura, sino por todo el campamento que atravesé y todos los pasos que di desde que me hice profesional en Argentina. Y dije, tengo que juntar todos esos momentos vividos duros y salir a pelear con el corazón. So, I was talking to my, uh, my teammate who was in my corner, Roy. Shout out to Roy. And uh, pretty much, I was just thinking not just about all that I had to go through in that week, but the entire camp that I had a lot of problems during my camp to make sure that I was able to get to the fight. And it just motivated me to give the best performance I can and to just give it all out there. What kind of problems? ¿Qué tipos de problemas tuviste durante el campamento? Eh, no, 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 le, no le pondría la palabra problemas, pero sí obstáculos. Mm. Well, I would say not really problems, more obstacles. Por ejemplo, tuve que mudarme de un barrio a otro porque vivía muy lejos y me exponía a accidentes en la ruta porque volvía cansada y con el corto tiempo por mi hijo. No, for example, I had to, to do a whole move-in uh, from one apartment to another because I was living very far away from my new team and because I had such long drives and me being so tired, I was risking myself of getting injured in a car crash because I was so tired from driving so much. Gasté 16 mil dólares en la mudanza porque rompí un contrato y renové en otro lado más caro. I had to spend $16,000 to break one lease to go to another lease, mm -hmm. so there is also like a financial issue with that. Para poder entrenar tranquila, que es lo que yo quería. A mí no me importó gastar dinero. Yo quería salir de entrenar, descansar y buscar a mi niño. Eso fue un, un, un gasto muy fuerte y, un, y una decisión importante a, a futuro. Financially, uh, it, was a, it was a tough decision, but I felt like I needed to make that decision during the camp because uh, it was really weighing on me to train while having to also take care of my son as a, as a single mother and having to drive so much everywhere while training so hard for a UFC fight. Es muy importante eh, para el atleta poder descansar. Entonces, eh, siempre busco la, la evolución y, y tener todo bien en, en mis hábitos para, para triunfar, descansar, alimentarme bien. 
No, for me, uh, resting and sleeping is very important. So uh, for me to to have to make that decision was a uh, very uh, was very important. So I could make sure that I could train and, and rest and do everything I can as a professional athlete. Y una de las cosas importantes que me pasaron fue que mi hijo se enfermó y me enteré que tenía asma. So and then another uh, tough obstacle that I had during the camp was that I was. Uh, My, my son had to go to the hospital from being sick because he had a, a, a very serious asthma attack. Donde todavía estamos buscando un especialista para que puedan curarlo o para que me digan cuál es la, la medicación para que no entre en crisis porque quizás un asma en, en un niño sea normal eh, pero no quiero que sea normal en mi hijo. Uh, and I'm still looking for a specialist uh, with that, with, uh, to help my son because it's been very difficult and even though that It's a common thing that kids or some kids have with, uh, which is asthma. Uh, I don't want it to be a common uh, thing for my son because he did uh, go through some really tough days with that. Esa semana fue muy difícil porque eh, como Hades no podía ir a la escuela, estaba con tratamiento de PAF y de antibióticos, eh, yo tenía que entrenar igual y tenía que estar concentrada para poder hacerlo y estuve sola con mi hijo en el auto para todos lados, para yendo al doctor, yendo a entrenar, poder descansar. And having to do all these long trips while having to take him to the hospital, make sure he's taking his antibiotics, taking his like uh, asthma medication to, to breathe correctly. It was just a lot uh, to be able to make it to the fight. And as a single mother, it was, it was very difficult because I was by myself doing this whole thing while trying to prepare myself for a UFC fight. So in the end, you get the win. Uh, great performance, great win for you, two in a row now in the UFC. And then you kind of go viral for your celebration. Can I ask why did you celebrate like that? Uh, we've seen the, the, the twerking before, but not so much the one where your hands are on the mat. And uh, Why did you celebrate like this? Y al final ganaste tu pelea, terminaste bien, y él le encantó tu celebración. Looking Una at cosa, over there. Yes, there ahí está, yes. ahí está. <laughs> y él te pregunta por qué. She says she almost fell right <laughs> there. Yes, and your coach did it too. Very nice <laughs> Mi coach is professional, Asin. Le mando, aprovecho mandarle un saludo a Asin. Es el presidente de Karate Combat. Y es el presidente de Gouchet. Le mando un saludo y yo creo que él estaría contento de estar sentado acá también. Yeah, no, and uh, she wants to shout out to her coach Awesome, who uh, Awesome Zaidi, who's the president of now of Karate Combat, mm -hmm. president of Gouchet, and he would love to be uh, sitting <laughs> here as well. Uh, she says, and la pregunta fue por qué te gustó ese celebración o por qué hiciste ese celebración porque vi vimos el twerk en general, pero poner tus manos en el piso así y hacerlo como el culo arriba. ¿Por qué te por qué lo hiciste así? Lo practicamos en el campamento porque queremos hacer siempre cosas distintas. First, because during the camp we actually practice that because we always want to be different in whatever we do. So this was a planned thing that we did. Okay. Y porque es uno de los videos que más me pide la gente en el OnlyFans. <laughs> And because it was one of the most common videos that uh, that her OnlyFans uh, subscribers ask for. Okay, so you made, you made them happy. And, and you've done this in your fights before. You, you've done the, the, the dancing in your fights before. Uh, was this just like your way of trying to be different than everyone else? Is there a specific reason why this has been a part of your repertoire, so to speak? Y tú hiciste esto en varias de tus peleas. Eh, esto es algo que, que haces para... ¿Por qué lo haces específicamente? ¿Porque querés ser diferente? ¿O qué es lo que significa vos hacer el twerk? Porque es, eh, amo bailar, me gusta mucho. De hecho, es en mis hábitos meto baile mientras, ba mientras me baño, cuando cocino, busco a mis niños, bailamos. Y siempre que conseguimos hacer algo juntos en casa, eh, siempre es un motivo para bailar y celebrar bailando. 
I love dancing and everything I do, I find a way Well, I can be in the shower, I'm cooking something and I'm dancing. When I'm with my son, we love to dance together. So uh, anytime there's something to celebrate about it, we're happy, we love to dance. Do you have a background in dancing or do you just do it for fun? Do tenés, eh, anteriormente, antes de ser peleadora, bailaste o solo te gusta hacerlo? Ay, chicos, obvio que era bailarina. <laughs> yeah, she used to be a dancer. Si ponen en YouTube, hay un montón de videos míos cuando era adolescente, era una teen y siempre bailábamos en las escuelas, en los clubes, viajábamos con, con los chicos. Yo era una piba, no tenía, no tenía hijos. Y bailaba también salsa y bachata. So no, I yeah, I, I used to dance uh, when I was a teenager. There's actually a bunch of uh, videos on YouTube uh, that should still be up there of when I was uh, in school. I would be in the dance team. I would dance like salsa, bachata, and we would go to different places and we would perform. So I've always loved to dance. De hecho, yo era bailarina y antes de, de hacer artes marciales, tomé la decisión, ahí me hice mujer, <laughs> tomé la decisión y dije, o, va, o dancing o MMA. Y dije, MMA. So and it was a point where I had to make a decision when I was already growing up from being a girl to a woman is that I had to pick, do I want to be a dancer or do I want to be a fighter? And I chose to be a fighter. Y no me equivoqué, mira dónde estoy. And I didn't make the wrong decision because look where I'm at right now. Yes, look at you now. Um, you, you have talked about your, your OnlyFans. Uh, do you get a lot of uh, blowback? Do you get a lot of criticism for this? Eh, hablas un buen cantidad de tus OnlyFans. Gente te critican por eso... ¿Por tener OnlyFans sí. o por el contenido? Por los dos. Sí. Gente me critica si yo muevo la mano, si me tiro un pedo <laughs> o si como. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, at this point, every, everyone's criticizing me about everything. If I move my hand, yes. if I fart, yes. if I eat, it doesn't matter what I do, people are going to criticize me. Why do you have an OnlyFans? ¿Y por qué tienes OnlyFans? Ay, chicos, si supieran cuánto dinero estoy ganando, ustedes también tendrían. Guys, if you, uh, if everyone knew how much money I'm making from OnlyFans, you would also have an OnlyFans. Y porque alguien tiene que ser el, el, el afortunado de poder ver todos estos músculos. <laughs> and there are, and people, and because of all the muscles that I have and the great body that I have, uh, I want to share that to all the fortunate people that are willing to, to look at it. Me gusta tomarme fotografías. I like to take photos of myself. Y que me las alaben. And that people watch it and enjoy it. Could I ask how much a month do you make from your OnlyFans? Y mensualmente cuánto estás ganando? Mensual, si mensualmente, claro. Mensualmente no tengo un, un número decidido porque voy evolucionando, eh, pero del jueves al... ¿Me conviene decirlo? Del, del jueves a hoy he superado más de 30 mil dólares eh, en la fight weeks y la pelea. On a month-to-month -month basis, it really depends on how it's been because she keeps evolving with this. But since Thursday to now, it's been over $30,000. Cada vez que tengo una pelea, se va duplicando y mientras más fama tenga, más, más, más. Y yo no, no voy abriendo más, más, más las piernas, sino que lo voy haciendo más, más, más mejor. <laughs> <laughs> And each time she fights, it's just going to keep multiplying to the point where... Uh, <laughs> It's just going to be even better each time that she fights and, and she's not going to be opening or being more inappropriate, let's say, uh, with her uh, content. She's just going to keep posting the same thing, same type of content, but each time uh, making more. O sea, le saco provecho porque yo vivo del dinero de OnlyFans. Compré mi auto con el OnlyFans. Eh, eh, yo peleo en UFC porque es lo que yo decidí hacer con mi vida, porque amo pelear y amo todos los desafíos que me pone la vida para poder llegar a, a la pelea. 
I take advantage of, of the OnlyFans because that's where I'm spending my money. Uh, I was able to, with the money that I bought, or with the money I got from OnlyFans, I was able to buy myself a car. I, I'm in the UFC because I love to fight. This is the challenge, the challenge that I've uh, put forth for myself in, in my life. And I'm fighting the UFC because I love it. But uh, I'm spending the money that I have on, on OnlyFans. So you said uh, since Thursday, 30000 how much did you make for the fight on Saturday? ¿Y cuánto estás ganando? Ganaste 30 mil dólares en la pelea en, en con OnlyFans. En unos días. Y en la pelea te pregunta cuánto ganaste. Y estoy en mi primer contrato, fue la tercera pelea. Eh, yo había ganado, a medida que vas ganando te van subiendo de a 2000 el primer contrato. Y en esta pelea me pagaron más o menos, ¿lo digo? Yo lo voy a decir, a mí que me importa. A mí me pagaron 24 mil dólares redondo sin tax y estoy esperando los sponsors. So before any sponsorship uh, money that, that's received or anything, uh, she got paid $24,000 for the fight. And this is because she's on her first contract. And uh, as uh, she keeps uh, fighting, she's going to get paid more and more. And by the next contract, it uh, hopefully is more. Yeah, for sure. Es mi primer contrato. La siguiente pelea, renovando contrato, duplicaremos o triplicaremos. By the next uh, fight, hopefully I, I get a new extension, which is what I'm looking for. And hopefully I can multiply that number so it's a better, uh, even better pay than what I've already uh, si gotten. Fue, si fuese más o si fuese menos, no importa. Es, pelear es mi vida y lo voy a hacer igual. But at this point, if it's more, if it's less, my life is fighting and I love to fight, so I'm going to keep fighting regardless. So the reason I asked that was because there was a story, I think, last year where WWE said they didn't want their wrestlers to have OnlyFans-type pages. Um, obviously, this isn't an issue in the UFC. If it ever did become an issue, would you would you drop it? Or because you're making more money doing that now than fighting, would that be a big issue for you? Eh, lo que te pregunta es, eh, en el WWE, ellos en algún momento dijeron que el OnlyFans no se puede hacer si estás parte de esa empresa. En el UFC eso nunca fue un problema, pero si en algún momento ellos dicen que los peleadores de UFC no pueden tener OnlyFans, ¿qué sería tu reacción? Y me voy a pelear UFC, obvio. No, I'm going to keep fighting the UFC. Not okay. even a question. Modificaré unos gastos, pero... UFC, chicos. Yo uh, voy a pelear por mi país, papá. Por I'll, mi país. I'll modify some of my costs, but no, I'm going to be fighting the UFC. I'm fighting for my country. That's more important to me. Okay. Um, that, uh, you know, I, I, pre I appreciate that answer. What is up with you and Norma Dumont? What is happening there? ¿Qué, qué está pasando con Norma Dumont y su, y de eso y su ranking? Eh, Norma Dumont está rankeada, siendo que hace más de un año y medio, o dos años y medio, no recuerdo bien, no pelea en 135 libras, y yo creo que es momento de que tomemos esa pelea, porque... Estoy buscando el ranking y si no pelea, yo creo que la tienen que sacar del ranking. No, I mean, we've had uh, our spots online. She wanted to fight me, apparently, on Instagram. Uh, she's been ranked at Bantamweight for over two years. She hasn't fought uh, at Bantamweight in over two years. And I'm looking for a ranking, so I think the time is for me to fight her now, but it seems like she doesn't want to fight. Um, and yeah. Uh, which fight interests you more now, a fight against her or perhaps Jocelyn Edwards? It feels like the biggest fight would be Jocelyn Edwards. ¿Qué pelea te interesa más, con Norma o con Jocelyn? Porque siente en este momento que la pelea más grande sería con Jocelyn. Yo no voy a pelear con una criminal. No están mis planes. Darle fama y una pelea a una persona que no se lo merece. 
no, I'm not going to, I'll accept to fight any single person in the UFC except for Jocelyn Edwards. I'm not going to fight with a criminal. So is this that, is, I, I came here to set the record straight, but I don't plan on picking a fight with her. If all of this didn't happen, I would have fought her, but I'm not. Y no, voy a pelear con una persona que viene de una derrota, que yo ya peleé con una rival, de una, que ella también peleó de una forma que yo fui mucho más dominante que Lucy. Eh, y Jocelyn tiene solamente fuerza, no, no tiene mucho que darle al show. And on top of it, it would be a favor for me to fight her because she's coming off a loss, I'm coming off two wins. So it really doesn't even make sense for me to fight her. And at the same time, the girl that she really lost to, but they gifted her the decision, she barely beat that girl while I was able to dominate the same rival. So at this point, everyone knows that I'm better than her, and I'm looking for bigger and better things. Y las razones que quiero pelear con Norma son porque está rankeada, porque es muy buena, porque los fans quieren esa guerra de traseros, y porque... Desde que aceptemos esa pelea hasta el día de la pelea, lo único que voy a encontrar en mis campamentos es evolución y quiero experimentar eso. So, there's four reasons why I want to fight Norma Dumont specifically. First, because she's ranked. Second, because she's a really good fighter. Uh, third, ¿cuál es la tercera? Trasero. Because it would be a battle of the asses between two <laughs> girls with big bums. Okay. And then fourth, because this this is a, an opponent where every single day I have to evolve during my camp mm. and I'm looking for that for big challenges against good fighters. ¿Qué eso es lo más importante para mí de pelear en el UFC? Los campamentos, todo lo que batallamos para poder llegar a ese día y entregar el corazón en la pelea. No voy a tener esos mismos sentimientos peleando con una criminal. Which is why I'm in the UFC in the first place. It's to challenge myself, to make sure that I have hard camps where I'm preparing myself to give the best show I can against a really tough challenge inside the cage. And that's why it doesn't even make sense for me to be fighting a criminal because she's below me. Even though, I mean, you would acknowledge all, all this buzz has made this fight very interesting now. I think a lot of people, it's like Connor and Khabib back in the day, you know, that was criminal. He had to, he had to pay a price, Connor did, but they ended up fighting and it was a gigantic fight. You, you, you understand why the UFC would maybe call you and say, hey, now we have to make this fight? Y una, lo que él dice es que puede ser que se entiende todas tus razones por qué no querer pelear contra Jocelyn, pero como era Conor contra Khabib, donde habían cosas criminales y hicieron esa pelea, si el UFC te llama y, y te dice que le quieren hacer la pelea porque hay mucha eh, fascinación con los fanáticos, eh, ¿Tú entenderías el lado de ellos en ese sentido o no quisieras? Si el UFC ofrece la pelea, yo la voy a tomar. No la quiero hacer, pero la voy a tomar igual porque es quien manda y, y no hay negociación. Se hace lo que el UFC diga. If it were the case, even though I do not want to do it and I want to state that, that the UFC were to offer us that fight, we're going to say yes because at the end of the day, the UFC has offered us great opportunities to to fight and whatever the UFC says goes. So we're going to do it, but we really would not like that. We just want to set the record straight. De todas formas, vamos a ir a juicio. Regardless, we're going to go to to the justice system. Uh, who's the best dancer in the UFC, in your opinion? ¿Quién es el, el que baila más, mejor en el UFC? ¿Está chequeado esto? Yo. Me, okay, obviously. Okay. I always hear, I don't know. <laughs> is there a close second? Is there someone else that you think is good that you've seen? Hay algún segundo que está ahí cercano? Segundo lugar. Valentina Shevchenko, she does. Shevchenko, nice posiblemente, que le gusta ver. Eh, mm, sí, pero tiene un estilo aburrido. 
Yeah, but she she doesn't have a, a very fun style okay. uh, like me. Fair and, enough. Me gusta un se me se me olvidó el nombre, perdón, en este momento un morocho del peso pesado que tiene unos movimientos muy buenos. She said she doesn't remember her name, but she's talking about Taito Ivasa. He thinks that he dances very well. So, yeah, I like how he dances. But yeah, I would say that he's the second. But there's no one like me. Okay, fair enough. The song that you sang when you came in here, what was that? ¿Qué tema era lo que estabas cantando cuando estabas entrando acá recién? De Carol G. Carol G. El flow no está a la venta. The, my flow is not, is not for sale. Oh, yeah. Quieren ser como yo, ya los vi, pero el flow no está a la venta. Yo lo siento, pero el flow no está a la venta. Oh. That, yeah. That's the song. That is the song. I think yeah, she was the at the uh, Francis Ngannou fight, Carol G, right? Was she there performing? Eh, puede ser que Carol G estaba en la pelea de... Estaba cantando en la pelea de Francis de, Ngannou. De Francis Ngannou, creo que sí. Yeah, no. I think so, I think creo so. Creo que sí. Uh, is she f super... I, that's the first time I ever heard of her. She's very famous, Es yes? la primera vez que se enteró de, de ella, ¿sabes? Es muy famosa en Latinoamérica, ¿no? Claro, sí. sí. Yeah, right. very, very famous in Latin America. Okay. By the way, how did you get into MMA? Who introduced you? You know, there's not a ton of... Obviously, I saw you in Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, he's, he's a legend from Argentina. But how did you get introduced to MMA growing up in Argentina? ¿Cómo fue tu introducción a MMA? ¿Quién era el que... ¿Quién viste o algo de, de eso para inspirarte para querer ser peleadora? No del MMA argentino. Si no, eh, yo vi a Ronda Rose. Vi la pelea de Ronda Rose con Holly Holm, donde ganó Holly Holm, le dio una high kick a la cabeza a, a Ronda. Y en el momento que yo estaba mirando esa pelea, yo dije, yo también puedo hacer eso. So, uh, it wasn't really anyone from Argentina that inspired me to get into it. It was actually watching Ronda Rousey in her career. Her first fight that I actually watched was against Holly Holm. And when I saw Holly Holm uh, land that head kick where she won, I looked at the, cam uh, at the, the, the TV and I said, I can do that as well. I want to be wow. there. And now esa pelea y dije, wow, el, el, el poder de, de Holly Holm y de, de la leyenda de Ronda Rose también. Y, y bueno, y voy, voy de camino a eso. Yeah, no, and I, I was looking at that and I was just impressed by the power that, that Holly Holm showed and the legend that was Ronda Rousey and, and I said that I'm uh, going to make my walk in life to get there. And you made it. Yeah, well done. Uh, yes, it's yes. incredible. By the way, having your son in attendance, does that, does that add pressure to you? I mean, I can't imagine what it's like for him to see his mom fight in a cage. Um, what is that like for you to fight in front of him? ¿Qué era para vos pelear en frente de tu hijo Hades? ¿Y, y era algo que te agregó presión o...? ¿Cómo fue esa experiencia? Yo entré a pelear tan tranquila, chicos. Eh, tuve unas, unas, una fight with muy difícil, la, la más difícil de todas, y, y tuve que poner mi mente tranquila y, y no darle atención a todos mis sentimientos. Pero eh, un sueño cumplido es terminar una pelea y abrazarme con mi hijo. So I entered the cage very calmly. They didn't add pressure because even though I had the hardest fight week of my entire life, uh, I was able to, to calm my nerves by the time it was time to fight and I went in there relaxed. Um, but when I finished the fight, I was able to accomplish a dream that I've always wanted to, which was win my fight, get out of the cage and being able to celebrate with my son there because it was the first time that I was able to fight in front of my son because I've always had to travel without him. Wow. Él hizo todo el campamento conmigo, al lado mío 100%, y atravesamos un montón de cosas juntos, y él sabe el significado que tenía para mí poder subir esa noche a pelear y después celebrar juntos. 
And this was the first time where I had my son with me during 100% of the training camp. We went through a lot of challenges, obstacles to get there. And it was just really nice to be able to win the fight, go and celebrate with him and have a dinner with him celebrating the win. Sure. Um, and are you going to stay at this weight class? I know, you know, you have to go to the hospital after the, the weight cut. Do, do you feel like you're, you're able to stay here? ¿Y tú sentís que esta es tu categoría 6-1 porque necesitabas ir al hospital después de, del corte de peso? ¿Te parece que 6-1 es tu categoría? Es la primera vez que me pasó lo del corte de peso difícil, que lo, lo di de todas formas. Eh, estaba mi cabeza... A la hora de la, la persona da el peso, tiene que tener la mente 100% en eso para poder hacerlo. Yeah, so this was the first time that something like that has ever happened to me to make bantamweight. And... I think what happened was that during the fight week, I had so many distractions. When you have to make a weight cut, uh, you have to have 100% focus on making the weight because there were so many distractions, it was difficult for me to focus on it. While also being on my period, there's a lot of things that went uh, against my way, but I was still able to make the weight. Tenía mi mente en, en el corte del ojo, en que no pude entrenar por dos días porque se me abrían los puntos y me dolía la cabeza. Y estaba esa semana atravesando también una menstruación que llegó de la nada, inesperada. Entonces el cuerpo no estaba totalmente relajado para poder bajar eh, esa última libra. Yeah, my, my body wasn't 100% ready to do a weight cut because of first the menstruation that was going on that happened out of nowhere. I wasn't thinking that I was going to get it then. Uh, the cut in my eye. I wasn't, I wasn't able to train the next two days, which would have been important for my weight cut because every time I would train, the stitches felt like they were going to come out and my head would be beating crazy. So I didn't, uh, I couldn't train like I would have to be able to make the weight. So all those factors made it more difficult by the end to make the weight, but I still made it at the end. Me pasó de todo en esta five weeks. De todo, de todo, de todo. Y, y lo único que hago es pensar y sacarle provecho a todo lo que me pasó y fortalecer mi mente. Yeah, no, I've, I've, everything that could have gone wrong during the fight week went wrong, and I still was just able to make sure that I didn't lose my focus to get into the fight, and, and I was able to make it through. By the way, I uh, understand you have a new team. It's called Goatshed Academy. Why that name? Él entiende que tenés ahora un nuevo equipo, el Goatshed Academy. ¿Por qué ese nombre? La Cabra. Sí. La Casa de la Cabra. Sí. Justamente por eso, porque Goatshed es la casa... De la cabra. Ahí Martín le va a explicar el significado en inglés. De cabra como goat. Sí. Yeah, because it's, uh, you know, it's the goat shed where it's, you know, just a bunch of fighters uh, in, a, in a small, it started out as a shed and they're goats, you know, greatest of all times, okay. each one of the fighters there. So they're just uh, trying to be the best fighters they can possibly be. They're a great team. Mucho, mucho talento en ese gimnasio. Tuve una evolución impresionante. Peleé con el con el ojo lastimado donde a los 20 segundos del primer round estaba cerrado y, y todo lo que aprendí en el gimnasio pude sacar adelante todo y, y, y ganamos la pelea. I had a great evolution uh, training there uh, in the last two months that I've been there training in that team. Even with my eye uh, shut and I wasn't able to really think during the fight, everything that I trained for during that fight camp I was able to, to do during the fight which was thanks to, to the goat shed. And also the note, there is a couple more UFC fighters training in the Goat Shed with Jillian Robertson and uh, Francisco Prado. Okay, all right. Fue el presidente Asim que me dijo cuando me estaban cosiendo, Aileen, tú vas a pelear. Vos estás preparada para ganarle a Lucy con un ojo menos, con un brazo menos, con una pierna menos. Tú vas a ganar tu pelea. 
Así que vamos a pelear. My, my, the, the president of Goat Shed, my coach, Asim, uh, looked at me when they were uh, putting the stitches in my eye and they were saying, Eileen, you're going to win this fight. It doesn't matter if you don't have an eye. It doesn't matter if you don't have an arm. You're going to beat Lucy because you're ready to win. Porque fue la, la preparación, obviamente mental, pero la preparación física para que el primer y segundo round, eh, técnica, perdón, eh, haya sido un, una masacre. Because the physical preparation I had prepared me to make sure that there was a massacre in the first and second round of that fight. Um, well, it has been great to uh, meet you guys. Thank you so much for coming. By the way, how long are you in New York for? Because tomorrow there's a parade for Thanksgiving in New York. Are you still here tomorrow or are you going home tonight? Eh, te pregunta si cuándo te vas, cuándo te quedas en Nueva York. Eh, me voy esta noche a Miami. De hecho, vine a, a conocer a él. Y, y bueno, me quedo, me quedo un par de horas, pero podría volver. Yeah, no, uh, I'm leaving tonight. It's ah. in a couple hours. I'm going to be going back to Miami. I came here to specifically to meet you. So thank you for having me on the program. Thank you very much. Uh, congratulations on a big win, on all the success that you had in your career. I'm sorry that what happened happened. Hopefully it gets rectified in, in whatever way you'd like it to be rectified. And we look forward to watching you progress in the UFC for many years to come. Muchas gracias por eh, venir eh, y lo siento mucho de to todo lo que te pasó con esto de Edwards, pero bueno, eh, yo estoy muy animado para ver todo el éxito que vas a tener en estos próximos años en el UFC. Bueno, gracias y gracias a todos los fans que están ahí detrás, a todos los haters que también son fans, a todos los suscriptores de YouTube, de OnlyFans, de todas las plataformas. Y le quiero entregar, Ariel, la bandera... She has a gift for you. Okay. Porque tiene un significado muy grande. Tiene también eh, un, un poquito de, de sangre This de mi ojo. This was the flag that she came out with now to the UFC Apex, or Argentina flag. Wow. And she wants to gift it to you. Wow. It's a very significant to her. Es, to, es to un significado muy importante, más allá de que representa a todos los argentinos y a todos los peleadores argentinos dentro del UFC. Eh, la bandera nunca me abandonó en todas las Fight Weeks y, y como forma de agradecimiento que me hicieron sentir muy bien, se las voy a dejar. So yeah, no, I, uh, for me, this is a very significant flag because I felt like during this whole trouble with during fight week, what never, uh, I felt like I was never left alone was because of my flag, my country from Argentina. And I wanted to give that to you because you being here and giving me this experience has made me really happy to, to, wow. to give this to you. Thank you. I'm honored. I love Argentina. In fact, I went to Diego Maradona's last match in, in, in World Cup against Nigeria in 1994 in Boston. So, él, él ama Argentina, dice, y que él incluso fue en el último partido de Diego Maradona donde, en el no, 19-94, a donde jugó Argentina contra Nigeria. Sí, yo era un bebé. Yeah, she said she was a baby. Yes, <laughs> yes, a yes, baby yes, yes, I was not. Uh, thank you. Gracias. <laughs> Muchas gracias. Thank you so much, Eileen, Martín. Thank you so much thank to you. both of you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. What an honor this is. We will keep this forever. And uh, we're going to go back and look at my interview with Dan Hardy from Monday. And then we'll be back to answer the rest of the questions and make our picks for this weekend. So don't go anywhere. All right. Welcome back. To the MMA Hour, uh, what a great day it has been. That was great stuff with uh, Eileen Perez. She gave us uh, an Argentina flag. How great is this? Uh, amazing to have that. The flag that she walked out with. There it is. And uh, they, they told us, uh, Martine and her told us afterwards, that uh, every time she wins, we need to have that flag and celebrate with it. So uh, we shall do that. 
And uh, yeah, I got to meet her son, lovely young man. Uh, amazing stuff. I just looked over to my side here because I gave him the Dustin Poirier uh, doll that we have. And uh, Joe replaced it with Jorge Masvidal. Wow. From one ATT legend to another. So uh, crazy stuff with that brawl. I wonder what the UFC is going to do. I wonder if they're going to try to make that fight. That is wild stuff. I appreciate her coming in. Uh, great to meet her and her manager for the first time. All right, let's get back to the questions. Just a few more left here, and then we'll round out the day. Um, with the picks, anyone have a plane to catch or a... Uh, um, we canceled those. Okay, yeah, perfect. No, no, no planes, man. Okay, perfect. Train? No, uh, no, nothing, man. No. no, we'll be staying here. Wow. It's a lot. The trains are actually on big, a big, Sunday big schedule. Show. Big show before uh, you know the big day. Sure, sure, sure. That's Stay like... Here. That's the way we do it. Um, uh, was the parking garage even open? Oh, it was fantastic. It was just like right in there. It was like a knife through butter going through traffic today. There was no traffic. Uh, Jason, hello, Ariel and crew. Ariel, what are some of the best or your favorite nicknames of all time? I have a top five. The Axe Murderer, the Natural Born Killer, the Irish Hand Grenade, the Bear Jew, the Korean Zombie, Honorable Mention, probably the Outlaw, or maybe even the Dentist. All great, those are my favorite, but I'm wondering what you and the guys thought were some of the best, and if you agree with my list as some of the best. Thanks for all the great content. Hope you all have a wonderful holiday. Those are great ones. Wonder Boy, Astro Boy. Astro, I was just going to say Astro Boy. Oh, my God. What else you got? What else you got? Iron Turtle, really obviously. Yes, Iron Turtle. I was going to say Iron Turtle for sure. Um, hmm. Problem uh, Child. Problem Child, inside. yes, yes. Uh, Rampage is a good one. It is a really good one. Very fitting, too. Uh, the Iceman. Iceman's great, especially with the shorts. The Huntington Beach Bad Boy, not bad. Uh, what about Crow Cop? Back in yeah. the day, Crow Cop was a great one. That wasn't his last name. They kind of called him Mirko Crow Cop, but it was Filipovic. Uh, the Last Emperor, Fyodor Emelianenko. Patty Shogun? the Batty. Patty the Batty's a good one. so well. Uh, Showtime Pettis, that's a fun one. Sexy Yama? Sexy Yama. Wait I think I just kind of like them all. I feel like GC's looking at the same list as I am now. Tabology, best nicknames of all time. The American Psycho. May you rest in peace, Stephen Bonner. Big Country is a great one. Yeah. Who's Notorious the Notorious Conor McGregor. Notorious, yeah. Uncle Creepy. Ah, oh, you know yourself, Ian McCall. Uncle Creepy, what a legend. Uh, Mayhem Miller, another great one. Who is the dentist? Uh, the dentist. The dentist was Josh Near, I do believe. Um, the prodigy. BJ like Penn. The ginger with the intent to end your fight. No, that's not a fake. That's not a real person. That's fake. All in. No, I'm looking at it. It's real. no, it's not real. Uh, the last that's style fucking... bender. That's a sick one. Yeah. The fireball kid Takanori Gomi. Oh my god, there's been a lot. Uh, Violent Bob Ross, a fun one. Uh, Semtex is a fun one. Cyborg. The Polish Experiment. Christoph Soshinsky. Thug Rose is a great one. Mark Super Simone Hunt. The Irish Hand Grenade, Marcus Davis. Yeah, no, he mentioned that, actually. Oh. oh. In his list. I mean, it's, I mean we've named <laughs> so many. I forgot, I forgot what the OG was. Uh, no, Razor Blades is a fun one. I mean, there's been a lot. One. Soldier of God is good. Soldier God of, of War is good. Yeah, God, of, is God of War, yeah. Um, no, those are great. Does Rick have one? No, nah, I mean, we, we hit most of them. All right, fine. Wow. Thanks. 
see you today. Eric, what's the likelihood that PFL doesn't stay on ESPN? If it's likely, what what brought about it? I, for one, enjoy that PFL is on ESPN. It's one of the things that drew me in as a fan. Is it due to pressure from the fact that UFC is also on ESPN and they probably don't like that they share a network? Well, I can tell you they don't. Um, in some places, they're able to flex. I had heard that BT was in talks with PFL uh, and UFC flex there, um, but they can't flex with ESPN because ESPN, they are the big dogs. And so I can assure you that they'd prefer to not be sharing whatever you want to call it the platform with the PFL, but they don't necessarily have that kind of say. And uh, to answer the first question, I would say the likelihood of PFL not staying on ESPN is very, very low. I, I suspect, based on Don's comments two interviews ago, and based on what I'm hearing, that they are going to stay. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen. As much info on this matter as possible would be greatly appreciated. I've been a fan of yours since 2011. Love you and the content. Keep it up. Thank you, Eric. No, I think they're going to stay. Barring any last-minute thing, uh, I would be shocked if they don't stay on ESPN. And that's probably the best home for them because you've got the plus component. You've got the network component. And their numbers are doing really well. 400 here, 500 here. The pay-per-view is a tough sell, no doubt about it. Uh, they have their reasons. But the regular season stuff and the playoff stuff does pretty well. Uh, ESPN, they are the worldwide leader. Uh, Victor 18, Moin Moin Ariel, as we like to greet people in Hamburg, Germany. Shout out. Sorry about the 1980 European Cup final when Nottingham Forest beat Hamburg. I hope you're over it, Victor. Octagon. The magic on off the pitch. Forest, the magic on off the pitch. Come on, you Reds. Octagon MMA. Yes, shout out to them. Just held... The biggest MMA event ever in Germany, selling out the biggest arena with almost 20,000 people. Yeah, I was told about 18,000 in attendance and announcing their plans of perhaps doing a stadium show in 2024. They're killing it. We spoke to John Cavanaugh about this as well. Uh, Octagon emerging as one of the leaders in European MMA, and it's great to see. How likely do you see the UFC coming to Germany anytime soon? Or would they need a high-level German fighter in order to do so, as we've seen with Cyril Ghan? And then they went to Paris for the first time or with Hamza Chemaev and their plans to go to Sweden. Much love and appreciation for the whole MMA Hour crew from Germany. Yes, uh, much love to you as well. Uh, I would suspect that you need a big German name, but they have gone to Germany before without a big German name. Uh, these days, the UFC is going because they are so red hot to places that are going to pay them a site fee more often than not. Or if there is some sort of reason to go like a new TV deal or you want to break the market... Uh, historically, Germany did give them some trouble back in the early days. I'm talking like 2010 days. UFC 122 was in Germany, uh, if memory serves me correct. And uh, that was a Spike TV card. Nate Marquardt was in the main event of that card. And, uh, you know, those were different times. Now they're in a much different place and they could go to, you know, places where they're being paid to go, site fee. And, and that's, I'm not saying that that's a, like a bad thing at all. That's incredible. Um, I did just see WWE's going to Germany, uh, Bash in Berlin. I believe it's in late August or maybe early September of next year. So, you know, if you're a WWE fan, you're probably very excited about that. That's a PLE. Um, they're also going to France. They're going to Australia next year for the PLEs. That's pretty cool. PLE, by the way, for those that don't know, are the premium live events. They don't call them pay-per-views in WWE land. They call them premium live events. Uh, but I've not heard anything of Germany. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. 
but they're in demand. And uh, there are countries that are, you know, paying top dollar for them to come. And they're obviously going to give those countries first priority. But Octagon's doing great things. They had a big show in Manchester recently, obviously the Germany show. And I wish them the best. And it's, uh, it's great to see European MMA, just like European boxing, is booming right now. I wish I wish Canada had you know promotions like Octagon and and, and Cage Warriors and others producing talent. We don't have that in Canada, and uh, man, the the European fight scene right now is just on fire. It's great to see. So you're lucky if you're living in that region. Slava, hey Ariel, I've heard you say that Dana doesn't say enough at the beginning of the pre-fight press conferences to promote the fight. Uh, okay, now I see where this is going, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that I probably don't agree with you, but I'll keep reading. I'm a boxing casual, and I watched the Fury Usyk press conference only to fast-forward two-thirds of it, which was Randos talking about nothing. Again, I'm not talking about, you know, the commissioner and the network executive and this guy and that guy talking. I'm talking about a little, like, two-minute spiel. That's it. So, like, I'm talking... No, the UFC does press conferences and weigh-ins better than anyone on the planet. That's boxing, MMA included. Kickbox, they, they do them better than anyone. But sometimes it feels like it's a little phoned in when it's like, who's got the first question? Now, I, I, maybe there's fans that love that. I'm just saying like a little hype job, you know? Like pretty much what he does with those videos, you know, if you don't know, now you know. It's pretty much exactly what I'm talking about. And how long are those? Two minutes? So that's all I'm talking about. I'm cer- I've been to the boxing press conferences. First of all, for some bizarre reason... Boxing doesn't let fans come to the press conferences. Now, I think at times the UFC press conferences go overboard and they feel like Jerry Springer shows and it's just like, you know, a a parade of quote-unquote journalists just trying to get a 30-second clip to put on their Instagram. Hey, look at me. This is what I did today. And none of them are even using any of these answers or content for anything, not to inform themselves, not to inform their audience, not to write articles off of. That's the point of a quote-unquote press conference. And then the fans get there, and then it becomes unruly and crazy and whatnot. Um, But then there are magical moments, like the fans at the Conor Jose Aldo press tour. That was incredible. That made it that much bigger and better. For some reason in boxing, like I know Matchroom doesn't like doing this and others, PBC as well. They don't like fans coming to the press conference. And I, I get it to a degree. You want this to just be about, you know, the media. and the, But a, a little oomph goes a long way. Like Katie Taylor in Ireland, like let's bring some fans out there. Let's get people rolling. Um, get people excited. Get people fired up. Get people, you know, buzzing, as they say. Um, again, I'm not a fan of people faking and parading as journalists and just asking questions and putting it on their social media and saying, look at the question I asked or being disrespectful to the fighters and saying like, you know, I bet on you uh, or your opponent and all this nonsense. Um, But all that to be said, UFC does press conferences and weigh-ins bigger and better than anyone out there. A lot of positivity today. I hope you people are paying attention. Hello, Ariel and Co. It feels like recently sneaker talk has grown on the show with Ariel and guests. Has it? Have we talked about sneakers a lot? I used to be really big into the sneakers. I used to wear the SBs to all the events, a different pair every time. I don't know when's the last time I bought a pair of shoes that that were SBs, like for work. Um, I've definitely slowed down. But have we talked about sneakers a lot on the show? I mean, it came up on Monday. Did it? With who? Um, Veronica. Talking about the shell toes. 
I mean, that was literally like a three-second okay, thing. I paid attention. Um, I didn't even know what they were talking about. And I think it was Dan Hardy. Or maybe, yeah, maybe it was her talking about that they bought the same. Anyway, I was wondering what the entire crew's favorite sneaker of all time is. Have a great rest of the show, Thanksgiving and weekend. Appreciate it. My favorite shoe brand, if you will, are Nike SBs. Love them. I'm wearing SBs right now. Oh, I always have trouble with this. There you go. Um, probably my favorite... SBs of all time are the Miss Pac-Mans. I would say those are my favorite. I do like the Della Souls a lot as well. I had some I had some great ones back in the day, and I didn't pay that much for them. And now I go on Flight Club and I see that they're an insane amount. They're like six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars. Nuts. Anyway, uh Frank, what's your favorite pair? The Adidas Sambas. Oh yeah. I don't know what that is. I'm like indoor uh, soccer shoes. Really? You your favorite pair is an indoor samba, indoor soccer shoes. That's what right. Is... Oh, are you wearing that right now? Uh, no. Those are nice. Uh, I've seen these, of course. These are legendary. You know what the shell toes are, right? Did the Adidas like Run DMC would wear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Why are they called shell toe? Because if the toe is like a silicone rubber. Yeah. Okay. It's a shell. GC, what about you? Hey, man, Frank with the three stripes, I see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just the classic, a nice Jordan one. I mean, that's just, that goes a long way. Hard, tough to get. Expensive. I know. You know, there was. By the a- way, did you just mention $800,000 for a shoe or $8,000? 8000 8000 okay. Wait, wait, what? Per shoe. No, like I've seen. I misheard you there. I've, did I say 8000 800 I mean, you go on Flight Club now. And I'm like, what in the world? What is going on here? Yeah, shoes are expensive, man. They weren't that expensive a few years ago. I don't like, can I just say something? I don't like the bastardization of the Jordan shoe. What do you mean bastardization? Everyone's got the freaking Jordans now. Like, like there was yeah. a time where the only Jordans that you can get were the Jordans that were out, the Jordan 11. And then we got the Team Jordan, the Jordan brand. And now we've got every single color variation of Jordan 1 through whatever it was, 20-something, 30-something. Like, there was a time where it was like, whoa, Jordan 1? Like, you can't get that unless you had the actual Jordan 1 from 1984. Now, it's in every color. It's sort of like the bastardization. There's two other things that I don't like. That... And then I also don't like, I hate, I hate what has happened to NBA jerseys. I hate it. There was I'm a, actually with you there. Oh, I'm with you there. Like the NBA jerseys are. They, they are a mess. They are a mess. They are an absolute mess. I hate what they did with the courts for the in-season tournament. What the hell is going on with these courts? The in-season tournament is such a joke. Tournament is pointless. Is completely no pointless. It. Zero interest. You're, you're, you're pretending like there's stakes. There's no stakes it's it's the dumbest thing in the world. If you wanted to make it like the FA Cup, which is what they're trying to do, get Europe involved, get the G League involved, get other teams that makes... The, the, the Pelicans playing the Knicks means nothing. They're playing each other. They would have played each other anyways on this day. That drives me nuts. And uh, I don't like the bastardization of hats as well. Like, it was cool when, you know... When, 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 like, Limp Bizkit had the red Yankee hat in 1999. But now it's like, the colors mean nothing. When I was watching basketball back in the day, the Knicks had two jerseys, maybe a third alternate. That was it. And that was only much later in the late 90s. The Celtics had the same jersey for years and years and decades and decades. The Bulls had the... What is going on now with these jerseys? These jerseys are out of control. And I feel like they're trying to do it like soccer. It's actually like one of the few things I don't like about soccer, that they change the jerseys every season. 
there needs to be some consistency. Like how is how is Man City wearing a lime green jersey? What is going on? That's not their colors. There needs to be some consistency. White at home, dark on the road, keep it simple. Say what you will about baseball for the most part. They sometimes do like the one-off weekend where it gets a little wacky, but they've kept it pretty consistent over the years. Football doesn't get crazy with the jerseys. They had that one stretch where like teams on Thursday night were wearing the same color. Well, that was stupid as hell. Hey, color rush jerseys, though. Baseball has added like the city edition ones. Yeah, but like, they look do at the it Padres like Padres city edition ones. Yes, years. but they do it for like a minute. They don't do it like I feel like basketball. It's like I'm watching Thunder, you know, Pistons, and I don't. I couldn't even tell you what the, the the like who's playing because none of the colors match their actual color scheme. What I actually hate more is when they do it in the playoffs. playoffs uh, you should only be able to wear your home or away. Couldn't agree more. I hate this. Do you think like Le- LeBron LeBron won the 2016 championship wearing With a t-shirt the sleeve jerseys? Uh, that was a hor- like that's just- that that's a horrible era in NBA history. The sleeves. Why did they do that? Now they got rid of it. They were trying something, they but the colors didn't work out. I, by the way, for the record, I like the sleeves better than the colors. The all co- comes back to money, just so they can sell more sell jerseys. More. That's all it is. But I feel like they're trying to be like soccer here, because you know, soccer they come out with the new kits every freaking yeah. season. Um, and I don't like that too. I like consistency. I like history. I like, you know, it, it's got to mean something. You watch NBA in the 80s, 70s, 60s, 90s. It's all the same. Now, some teams will rebrand and have new logos and stuff, and that's fine. Do you like the throwbacks? Hell yeah, I like the throwbacks. Like, I love when Tennessee wore the old Houston. Yeah, no, that's Jersey, cool. Yeah. That's cool. I don't like when and Washington I, I wears I feel Expos. like you, you really, there's a lot of things about you. You should be a college football fan. A lot, of, a lot of tradition in the jerseys. Yeah. Don't change them too much. I mean, Georgia, you know they're going to be rocking the red and black. It's Bama true. never wears an alternate. I like that. No. A lot of tradition. Just saying. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of things about college football that you like, except for the sport itself. It's because there's too much turnover. Yeah. I'm not emotionally invested in any school, even though I went to Syracuse. Um, you know, I sort of have a love-hate relationship with Syracuse. And so... You're a fan of Georgia, and then you fall in love with the players who join Georgia, and you're a fan of like the system and the coaches and all that stuff. But I don't have that emotional attachment to any school to where I can just jump on their train and say I'm going to live and die with this team. By the way, you know what's something that pisses me off about college football? End of the game, coach shouldn't be the first one interviewed. Sorry, coach didn't do shit. Interview the quarterback. Why, and college basketball, too. Why is the coach interviewed after the game all the time? Tradition. But that's stupid. Do you not agree? Uh, I mean, they don't always interview the coach. They always interview the coach first. The coach is the biggest star on the field. They interview Nick Saban over the quarterback every single time. Yeah, probably. It's sort of like when they give the championship trophy to the owner. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I know he paid like like I was gonna say spending a lot of money. I know, but come on, spending quite a bit of money. Give it to you. Give it to happen. the owner at some point. You know where they don't. I do just that. love how he came here from shoes. You know where they don't do that in the CFL. On Sunday when the Alouettes won, it went to the players first. thought that was really nice. First CFL game you watched this year. That's such bullshit, and I don't appreciate the insinuation. All right, I'm a diehard Alouettes fan. Been since 1996, since they came back to Montreal. Formerly known as the Baltimore Stallions. Did you know that? Of course not. Marv Levy used to be their head coach in the 70s, formerly uh, the coach of the Buffalo Bills. Did you know that? No. Did you know Jim Burrow, father of Joe Burrow, was once their quarterback? No, I'm not, I'm not a emotional Alouette. I'm <laughs> not I, trying to I go continue? pound for pound with you. Uh, are you I'm familiar with the great first, Tommy Frazier of Nebraska fame back in the day? Tommy Frazier? No, 
No, I'm not a. Serious. You don't know Tommy Frazier from Nebraska in the '90s, the quarterback? No, because he went and played in the CFL. He did, legend. Uh, Tracy Ham, uh, also. Le- you really don't know Tommy Frazier? He's like one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. I'll be the judge of that. Tommy Frazier, look him up. T O M M I E. Then he came. Look, like I'd know him if he was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He was incredible. He had one of the all-time runs. He like had like a 98-yard run. Oh, we get one play, you become one of the greatest college. Tommy Frazier. Oh, he's a coach now. Look him up. I'm looking him up right now. Uh, Old T. Frazier. Uh, he was so good. Where's he coaching out? Uh, two-time Coaches national champion. Not bad. 94, 95. Not bad. One-time All-American. Uh, Fiesta Bowl MVP. Two-time Orange Bowl MVP. Not bad. Johnny United's Golden Arm. Quarterback of the Year, 95. Consensus All-American, 95. 1,300 yards. Say it's not bad. Telling me about college football. I mean, one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. Yes. Sure. I mean, not sure. Is Tommy no, Frazier one of the greatest athletes Probably of all not time? Do you always Google questions? 33 and 3 as a starter, 83 touchdowns, despite yeah. in an offense that didn't throw the ball much. I mean, Nebraska was a powerhouse. Yeah, they were. Joe they Burrow, were. Tommy Frazier were going pound for pound there. Uh, Cam Newton, Tommy Frazier. TF, we're going, for sure. We're going different time, TF different air. Newton, different air. Uh, hey, Ariel and team. Question for GC, if I may. I heard him mention on a podcast that he quit alcohol for a whole year. Wow, shout out to the new found, no, the found generation <laughs> <laughs> on a podcast. Shout out. The found generation. What a time it was. Uh, last week, you guys did that? Two weeks ago? Two, Two weeks, weeks ago, ago, yeah. Shout out to TST. Uh, I noticed that we're at the end of the questions. I saw TST sneak in there yesterday. Didn't make the cut, huh, Frank? Yikes. Oof. Yeah, I saw him in the questions. I took a little <laughs> peek this morning. TST didn't make the cut. TST, a great question to Dylan Dennis at the live show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, you quit alcohol for a whole year. Would be interested to hear more on that. Did the pros outweigh the cons and any tips? Would like to do the same myself, but having a pint is pretty much the only time I socialize with friends. Thanks, Emil. This is from Our West. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got pretty deep on it with uh, with old TST on the found generation. Uh, I mean, he asked for tips. The biggest thing is it's just it's so much easier than you think it's going to be. Uh, I Like anytime I would go out and socialize with friends like he's mentioning, I would typically have drinks with that. And uh, a lot of my friends drink, so that's pretty much all they do. Um, and you can easily go out and do stuff without drinking. All you got to do is just do it once, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. I was going to bars, clubs, parties, you name it, um, and just not drinking, and I was still having a good time. And, you know, by the time you're leaving, everyone else is just sauced up, absolutely smacked, and you're leaving sober, and you feel fine in the morning, and and it's great, man. I mean, you take – you just feel better. You're more productive the next day. You don't – you don't eat like shit. You don't feel like shit. Uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, does do the pros outweigh the cons? There, there really is no cons to quitting drinking. It's uh, I guess you you don't get to relax every once in a while with your friends. The pros are endless. Uh, you're more healthy. You feel better. You're in better shape. You're more productive. Uh, if if it ever puts any strains on any relationships, those relationships are better. Uh, you lose weight. You look better. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a million pros to it. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're considering it, you should just start, and I promise you, it'll be easier than you think it is. Well said. Um, we'll go to our last question. This is from Jason, Mister 
Meticulously Mysterious Frank. I'm curious about what you and the boys are into outside of the MMA universe. Any interesting hobbies, projects, or passions? Thanks again, Jason from Atlanta. Frank? Uh, yeah. I work <laughs> in the music industry. Yes, I yes. Read. No way. Wow. Um, and I'm a tabletop gamer. Tabletop gamer. Yeah. What does that mean? Like I play board yeah, games. Yeah, what does that mean? Oh. Uh, <laughs> what? I have never heard that. I'm sorry that you have never heard of it. No, but... I'm just, uh, there's nothing to be sorry about. I'm just, if, uh, Eric, have you ever heard of a tabletop gamer? I've never heard that expression before. Wow. No. Uh, now you know. Okay. I've ne- I just heard of like someone who likes to play board games. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised that you don't know the term, so I'm sorry. But yeah, tabletop gamer, that's a thing. <laughs> the whole I'm sorry <laughs> part of all this is strange. Like it's almost like I feel like you're taking <laughs> it personally. No, uh, no. I just feel like it's it's a thing that other tabletop gamers would understand and then maybe you just never heard the term before. Anyway, near Crick, what do you like to do? Probably along those same lines, like the most Tabletop? weird, out there, fascinating thing is ta- no. Uh, I do. Esca- I love escape rooms. That's my. Oh, that's, that's right. My, like weird. That is of, right. Uh, hobby. Yes. Love You're, them. Yes, Done yes, so yes, many yes, hundreds. Yes. Uh, what about you, GC? Yeah, tabletop gaming. <laughs> Shout out. God. Actually, Frank has promised me like a million times over that we're going to go play a board game together, and he's just never set it up. Promises, promises. Did he say? I mean, it's been like what a whole kind of board year games are we talking? Point. What type of board games are we talking here? Like, break this down for me. I mean, Settlers yeah. like a 10, Carcassonne. Then you get weird Obviously. with like. Yeah. I mean, those are like, there's leagues for both of those games, but uh, then I'll play some like role playing games. Battletech. That's Dungeons and Dragons, right? There's that included, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the chat knows what I'm talking about, so shout out chat. Shout out chat, yeah. Tabletop gamers, baby. I would go do it, but I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, when, when I'll bark, he, no bite. When he talked to you about doing this, did he say, do you want to... Several occasions. No, but did he say, did you want, do you want to, like, tabletop game with me? No, nah, do you want to go get a group of people and play board games? Okay. You rent out a table, he brings the games... And we go and play the board games. All right. I mean, tomorrow's young. Um, I don't have a. I mean, for me, the uh, the uh, the biggest sort of hobby that I have. I, I don't know if this sounds weird, but like, are my kids like going to soccer? Well, this past weekend, we had three soccer games, three soccer games, one basketball game. That pretty much takes up the entire weekend. If I had to say, there was one thing that like I use as an escape these days. Uh, I really enjoy soccer. I listen to soccer podcasts a lot. I'm really enjoying, you know, like when you find a new thing, you really kind of get into it. That's kind of my new thing right now. Uh, like I'm super into the Euro qualifications and I just kind of learned about the playoffs in March and what the hell's going on with that. And I was watching Wales, Armenia on Saturday morning. Shout out to Brendan Johnson, Nico Williams and the crew fell short, but they still have the playoffs. I don't know. I'm really into all of that. And uh, I will say that I have a real, uh, I really am into boxing right now. And I know that's kind of very close to MMA, but I don't listen to MMA podcasts. I live and breathe MMA, but I enjoy the business of boxing. I enjoy the fights, especially what's going on in Europe and in the UK and all these things. Like it just feels fresh and fun and different. Uh, I'm very much into that. So if, 
if you looked at my podcast feed right now, I'm pro- it's probably a lot of soccer and a lot of MMA. Um, excuse me, a lot of soccer and a lot of boxing. No MMA. Uh, and that's no knock on anyone else. It's just, you know, that's what I'm living and breathing and watching constantly. So you want to have some other things on your mind. Um, I mean, I am trying to read a little bit more these days. Uh, I am reading, I got Andre Ward's book. I am reading a book which uh, its name escapes me at the moment. Did you ever get Drake's book? Sounds like it's a really good one. No, 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 because it's a really long uh, name. It's about Vince McMahon. It's that book that came out over the summer. Golly. I mean, it's it's quite uh, captivating. I, I mean, you I, got that whole bookshelf you got to go through. Ringmaster Vince McMahon and the Unmaking of America? Is yeah, that yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, title. the... the uh, that is that is quite a title. The 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 research like I never there's a huge section of the book that is about his childhood, which I knew nothing about. I don't even know if I knew he grew up in North Carolina and he grew up in North Carolina. Um, so there's a lot about him. I do feel like the author had a bit of an axe to grind. There's a, there's a couple of shots here and there. Uh, actually, it was Dan Hurley, believe it or not, head coach of the Yukon Huskies, who told me about the book. Um, and I've finally gotten around to to read it a lot. Um, the guy who wrote a book with Eric Bischoff. I, I do like wrestling books. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And I know that's kind of in my wheelhouse. He wrote Eric Bischoff's book called Grateful. Uh, I was reading that for a while. Um, but yeah, those are those are the things. Those are the hobbies. You know, uh, when Kayla talked about movie night, I do like a good movie night with the family. Eric, you got to love a good movie night. You guys have nah, movie night? I kind of do movies solo. Wow. Okay. I just plow through movies on my own. They're not invited. Wow. That's my, that's my this, thing. This, this is at-home movie night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big I mean, theater I'll go to the movie goer. theater that's, solo, too. I mean, that's definitely a hobby of mine, going to the... I mean, I, I got just the went membership over at Alamo. Something. With theaters like Alamo. What did I just see? Yeah. Love going to the movie theaters. That's definitely a hobby of mine. Um, no, oh, I just went and saw the marbles by myself. That's what I just saw. Oh, it was it? Heard, you know, dicey reviews. Yeah. Okay. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. Wait a second. Right, then I won't go. Who just told me? Someone literally just told me they went to the marbles. Who just uh, said that? Was uh, Eric Jackman. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not the second. Someone told me. Oh, oh um, a, f- a father in my kid's class, he said he had no idea what was going on, and he was wondering if he had to have seen another... I'm like, you're asking the wrong guy. I've n- yeah. I, this is the first I've heard of this movie. But is there like a, a movie before it? Yeah, Captain it's, There's a TV show. It, uh, it requires oh. some homework. Okay. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't do the homework. So. Yeah, I almost went and saw it. I'm glad I didn't. He was very lost. Napoleon? We're going to see Napoleon, Rick? Little Ridley What's on Scott? deck for me? I want to see Thanksgiving, the new Eli Roth uh, wow. movie. That's wow. my that's my next uh, move. Napo- Napoleon, and obviously, Killers of Killers of the Flower Moon, which you already saw. I Strap in, get on strap what in. About the killer? Oh, oh, I'm good. Com- I'm good for that. Wear comfy clothes. Good story, though. Good oh, story. Uh, Iron Claw. I was gonna say Iron Claw next mm-hmm. month mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. For I sure. saw the killer. The killer was amazing. Shout out to oh, David I was Fincher, just asking about Yeah. Yeah. How was Amazing. the uh, soundtrack to that? Good, wasn't it? Like uh, the Smiths, like the entire thing, or something like yeah, that, or was Trent that Reznor and Atticus Ross? Oh a yeah, maybe of... he. Oh, the 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 killer himself. Listen to that. Um, bit, bit of great, housekeeping uh, from the uh, from the Perez interview. Uh, you guys started talking about Carol G. 
it was actually Becky G that was uh, at the Nganu fight. Oh. <laughs> was it not the same person? I love how she was no, like, no. yeah, easy, I so. I, easy to get confused. Oh. A little lost in translation um, there. Yeah, two, di- two different artists. Oh. I was back here. I was like, Becky. Kenny G Becky was there G. as well. Warren wow. G was there. <laughs> why, why did, well, I do I do love Warren G. Uh, I knew uh, it was someone with a G. Good on you, Frankie. Yeah. Know yourself. Yeah, Frank, right. that was a great joke. That was a I knew it was joke. someone with a G. Uh, well, she didn't correct me. And we're in, she I know. I think it was a little bit of lost in translation. Yeah, I think she was there. A bit of lost in translation there. Anyway, thank you to Kraken for their support. We appreciate them very much. Uh, I do want to let you know that there's a lot to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and the NFL season. Yes, NFL football all week long. Thursday, Friday, Sunday. I say screw the NFL. What about the fight game? PFL on Friday. Boxing extravaganza on Saturday. Anyway, all right, what do we got, guys? What do we got? All right, well, we've already gotten uh, Juliana Pena's pick. She's going with your man, Olivier Aubin. Mercier. Uh, what, uh, what are the odds in that one? Currently on DraftKings Sportsbook, he is minus 285. Minus 285. What's, uh, what's Clay Collard? Cassius Clay. Cassius Clay Collard plus 200. Okay. It's a yeah. fun fight. I That's, like that one. Look, you know, there's no... There, I, I get why people shit on the 49.99. But there's some good storylines attached to some of these fights, you know? I mean, Olivier Aubin-Mercier's career resurgence, it's incredible. The guy was... Yeah, he's 9-0 in the BFL. Yeah, yeah, but isn't... Trying to win another million. To play devil's advocate, isn't that a compelling reason to put this fight as something that fans who don't get access to it should see and then care about the PFL as opposed to putting it behind a massive paywall I'm, oh, that nobody's no, no, no. going to buy? I, I'm saying a thousand percent. This should not be a pay-per-view. The more compelling the fight, the more free it should theoretically be Yes, but you know that in, in, until in, they in, can in the usual world of, of the UFC, which is what people compare this to, the more compelling the fight, the, 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 the more likely it's on pay-per-view. My point is the, the, the pay-per-view price tag, as it should, because that's a lot of money, clouds the card but this this is a good card it's right, just the story becomes that instead of exactly the idea. like yeah, it's a good yeah. card which but is a shame because which is the real they're story. not in the position to be doing pay-per-view i'm sorry you should not be doing not pay-per-view you should be trying this card should be on espn one the mothership yes get it out to as many people as possible and hope that people are sitting around their homes on a friday night black friday and they're like oh shit this is a fun product that's that's what they should be doing. They should be saying, "Hey, everyone, we know you like the UFC. We know the UFC is out there. Come try us out. This yes. is this is our time. Come, that's so you can fall into it. Not yes. that you have to go to don't an NFL and pay fifty dollars. Don't put it on a paywall. That's crazy. Also, the fifty dollars. I think they'd make more money if they charge five dollars per yes. pay per view. Okay, five you, would even be better. You, you charge ten dollars per pay per view. You're making more than if you charged fifty. Yeah, it just more. doesn't seem like the, the benefit outweighs the cost. Like not enough people are buying the pay-per-view to to make it justified and you've got two guys you know who you can legitimately say are pay-per-view attractions in Francis Ngannou and Jake Paul wait until they're fighting and then put that on pay-per-view Bingo. everything Bingo. else free $10 what's $10 but 50 bucks that said it's, it's a good card price. it's a really it, it's really compelling oh, I can't wait I mean you know one of my it. favorite and, favorite days of the year Black Friday PFL championships no I I yeah, enjoy it. it I enjoy I remember yeah. watching last year's championship and I was like wow look how much it means to them like you, you, you rarely watch a Bellator event other than the championship, other than like Jason Jackson beating Yaroslav Amosov, where it's like, this means something, right? Uh, AJ McKee beats Sydney Outlaw, rush him out, let's get on to the next fight, blah, blah, blah. 
every single one of those fights felt like it meant something. And now you sprinkle in Kayla returning. You sprinkle in Derek Brunson's debut against Ray Cooper, which should be fun. Another uh, fun one. I'm yeah. loving that. Uh, so now you got a reason for people to sit down and watch, but you're not giving them a reason to sit down and watch because the story is $50 and this is crazy. And let's be honest, it's very, it's very expensive to be a fight fan right now. It's extremely expensive. Mm. ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus pay-per-view for all the UFC events. Uh, if you happen to be a boxing fan as well, rarely, if anything, is for free. Uh, DAZN isn't for free. ESPN Plus isn't for free. Once again, you know, Showtime, the the the, the card this weekend is on pay-per-view. You know? It ain't cheap, man. It ain't cheap. Anyway. It ain't cheap. How did I get into this again? Oh, yeah, Olivia O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Juliana Pena is taking Yes, yes, yes. This weekend's PFL card. Uh, all right, let's throw it in the randomizer. Let's go. Bam. Frank will go first. Nice. I'll go second, and uh, Rick will bring up the real Aaron third. Go. The caboose. Beautiful. Let's go. So, yeah. last year. Sell us on it, Frank. It didn't work out. I retired. I came back. And then there's no way I'm not picking Kayla Harrison. I always yeah. feel like we're building up to like a big like emotional speech and then it's and then it's you just drop the pick on us. I love it. Ding 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 ding. Kayla Harrison minus fourteen hundred. Whoa, really? Earlier it was eleven. Yeah, it's actually yes. Wait, I thought it's for real? They saw the interview. It's dropped since we uh since we discussed this earlier today. Uh minus a thousand and now minus fourteen hundred for old Kayla Harrison of Aspen. Wow. 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 Wait, I thought there was a rule that you couldn't go above minus one thousand. I think for this, I think I think I think Frank needs to get over some some emotional okay. trauma that he, that he went through exercise last year. Exercise some demons. Yes, on Frank I think he needs to exercise it. some demons. I, th- I think he needs to see Kayla Harrison get her hand raised and and bring never home, doubted her. Bring home the old parlay pals. Um, yeah, I was actually going to take Larissa Pacheco, but her line has now uh, her line has plummeted as well. She's now minus eleven hundred. Uh, yeah, she was like minus eight hundred earlier when I was thinking about taking her. So. Uh, yeah, you know what, Rick? You can go ahead. Uh, wow. Have to, yeah, it will swing back to me. I mean, I, okay. I, I'm going to abide by the rules. You know, I'm going to abide by the rules uh, of nothing bigger than minus a thousand. I respect but it. Let's let old, uh, okay. to me, bro. Let's let old Rick go here. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Magomed, Magomed Karamov, um, Magomillions, as he's been dubbed. The guy seems to, anytime he's in it, championship uh, win for him. So uh, Magomed, Magomed Karamov. I love it. I love it. If you got two Magomeds in your name, uh, yeah. you, you probably got a good chance of, of performing pretty well in the octagon, right? As I'm frantically searching. I've got mine, the, boys. The PFL Smart Cage, uh, by the way. PFL I'm actually going to go to... Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm actually going to go to boxing. Chantel Cameron on the show earlier. Oh. Katie Taylor. Not on the Is show. her opponent. Oh, okay. Yes, she was not on the show. <laughs> I kind of served myself up there for that one. Uh, I'm not going to go with a side here. Oh. I'm going to take the fight to go the distance. Yeah. At a cute, at a small, small favorite price of minus 900. I mean, we're just, we're oh, paying the chalk. You guys are freaking. We're this, paying the chalk. This, this, this is a hell one special Hawani right special. here. Jesus this is a hell one special. Uh, but that does get us to plus 147. Uh, OAM, Kayla Harrison, Magomed Magomed Karamov, Chantel Cameron, Katie Taylor to go a distance. Can I ask you a question? Please. Just curious, 
Cameron via stoppage, Taylor via stoppage. What is it? Yeah, Cameron via stoppage plus seven hundred. Wow. Taylor via stoppage plus eighteen hundred. Yeah, uh, Taylor's never been knocked down. You know, the knock is she's gotten up there in age. She's taking some damage. Last couple fights, she's taking some serious damage. Serrano. It's tough, uh, though. Yeah. Two minute rounds. Two of her last three fights. Yeah, two minute rounds. It's thrilling. If you've never watched women's boxing, I know there are people who want to see them fight three rounds and, excuse me, three three minute rounds. Uh, sorry, 10 three minute rounds. 10 three minute rounds. Yes, when yeah, it's a championship it. fight. Uh, and I'm totally on board with that. But there is something thrilling about those two minute rounds. They come fast and furious. Uh, so check it out on Saturday. All right, I like it. What about the rest of the picks? Uh, before I do dive into the rest oh, of the yeah. picks, actually, I mean, nice no, one hoodie. Wanted to, no one wanted to comment on the old hoodie right here. We got it all the way from the United Kingdom. Look at that logo. I mean, it's clean. It's comfortable. It fits me perfectly. I mean, it's this is this is a match made in heaven when it when it comes to hoodies. How'd you get it? We noted actually no drawstrings. I actually kind of like the no drawstrings. How did I get it? Our man Alex Knowles hooked it up. I mean. I want to say thank you to everyone that reached out to try and help me. You know, we, we talked about it on the Monday after Espinal got his win. Inbox got flooded. We can do it. We can get it there for you. Alex Knoll is one of the first one on the uh, on the case. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, he was just like, all right, it's ordered. And then he's like, okay, it's shipped. And here we are, what, nine days later, I'm now wearing the hoodie. He doesn't just send the hoodie. He also sends a whole care package, sends these... I, he knows I love Maltesers, one of my favorite U.K. snacks. He throws in the Maltesers. He knows Mysterious Frank loves the Walker's uh, prawn cocktail chips. We're opening the package. I pull out the Walker's prawn cocktail chips, and Frank's like, oh, these are my favorite. I'm, I think I'm going to take these. We later read the note. Wow. I threw those in because I know Mysterious Frank loves them. I mean, the absolute class on this man. It just mensch of all menches. We throw that around. You know, it kind of gets thrown around like goat uh, and no, legend. No, not here, not here, not here. This, this, is, this is 100% accurate in this case. Um and then I said, uh, he also added some stickers uh, for your kids, uh, some EPL stickers for your Unbelievable. kids. Unbelievable. Uh, and then I was like, okay, how much do I owe you, man? He said, here's what it costs. Don't pay me, though. Go ahead and just donate it to November. Appreciate everything you do there. I mean, I'm just blown away. Absolutely blown away. Oh, and then he, uh, he's an Arsenal supporter. So he sent me this bad boy right here. It's, uh, it's a logo for the, for the tube, but instead it says Arsenal on it. That's gonna definitely hang there oh, yeah. forever. That's 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 concrete. That's cemented. So I mean, Alex Knowles, Alex Gunners on Twitter. Alex Gunners. I wonder why. I believe. Yeah. Shout out Arsenal. I mean, now I got a soft spot for Arsenal. I mean, what is that? We we have four teams in the in the Premier League that I got soft spots for. I'm a little bit concerned about that component, but other than I that, guess Brighton too. Aston Villa also. Why like Brighton? Now we're at six. You know the beach seagull. You like that? All right. I took a future on them though as well. Did you really? Yeah. To do what? Stay up? Them and Villa to finish top ten. Wow. I didn't yeah. even know you could do that. Anything yeah. on Forest? No, nothing on Forest. The odds were kinda kinda shitty. Dicey dicey. Um like minus four hundred to stay up. I'm like, I can't pay that. Did we talk about Everton the other day? Oh my gosh. What a story. What a story. Yeah, Doc, ten points. Could you believe this, New York Rick? Ten points for uh for some, uh, I guess, illegal business practices. I went on Twitter You're and Rick said... laughing, enjoying it. I, He's a sicko. I was stunned. No, I no, I just... Ariel, you know, obviously knows that I was so on top of the news, but I no, was No, but this is, this is a crazy story that. because... Did you really know about this or no? Not even oh. one second of no, recognition but this is, of what this you is crazy said. because Everton 
you know, our former team here. Uh, they, yes. had, they had a horrible year last year. In fact, they 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 staved off relegation on the final day of the season. Had they lost their last game of the season, they would have been relegated, which, you know, is a massive deal. Like, that's hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars lost. Now you have to fight your way to get back up. I mean, that could change the course of your club for years, if not decades. It took Forrest 23 years to get back to the Premier League. They staved it off. Great. This year, they're having a better year. They're, they're doing okay. They're kind of like in the 14. There's 20 teams, 17 stay up, three go down, three come up. They're in the, like the 14 range. The, 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 they come out, the Premier League comes out and docks them 10 points. Now they're back in relegation. They went from 14 points to four points, I believe it was. And uh, now this might change their four because they did some stuff. I don't know. It's all very confusing about the, the what they paid and who they paid and what they paid. Um, but the fans are like, so my thing was, all right, you Wait, know, before you do that, how much time do they have to turn this around like oh, from, uh, how, May. to get out of relegation? May. May. So there's, are, 30s, are they going to do it? Does it seem uh, like there's a lot it? of people who think they all will right. because their team is better. And you know, they're, they're the Burnleys of the world and the Luton towns of the world and the, uh, the Sheffield United's of the world are way worse than them. So they should be able to do it. It's a big, you know, it's it's a little it's a big handicap. They've, yeah, it's a big handicap. Penalized. But my thing is, yeah. is like in pro sports, if if James Dolan does something like he gets hit in the pocket or there's a luxury tax or there's, you know, this and that t- to hurt the players who are playing on the pitch feels a little bit unfair to me. Um, and then some people said like, well, how else do you truly hurt them? And I get that. I said like, maybe don't let them sign any players in the transfer window in January. Just say you're, you have a freeze. You can't sign were, players for two years, something like that. Some people brought up college being sports. Punished, in college were sports, were the things that get, they were being punished for on the, on the pitch though? No. Or was it stuff that business. the owner would have business. done? Yeah, business. Oh yeah. Then that does feel, I have to admit, that does feel a little bit. It's tough. Middle of the season, tough to justify. It, tough. it happened yeah. to Juventus recently as well in uh, in Syria. I, I, listen, I get it. God, I mean, the whole world over there is different in terms of the way they deal with sports. The relegation system, I love, but I just, I don't know. Let's say you're a player for Everton. Let's say you're, I don't know. Let me pick one out of my hat. Jordan Pickford, starting goalkeeper. You know, of your three lions. Of course. Uh, is it is it right that he gets penalized? Like he didn't do anything wrong. I don't know. I feel like it's not necessarily fair. To 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 the point you said earlier though, like if these guys are billionaires, multimillionaires, like is that gonna hurt them? And this will hurt them. So maybe maybe it's the only way. Maybe it's the only way that they can actually suffer some consequences. Yeah. Anyway, I don't even know how we got on this tangent. Oh, Frank brought it up. Yep. Yes, 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 it's nice. Right. Um, oh yes, right. because your friend Arsenal and soccer, Brighton. Our friend, yes, our, our friend. friend Alex Knowles. Yeah. Shout out to him. What a guy! Man, Thank sh- you very much for that. Yes. I mean the hoodie. Very, very kind. Very. I don't kind. know when I'm ever going to take it off. It's a beautiful hoodie. It's a great hoodie. Shout out to Tommy. Next time, maybe though, you know, screen printing. If we can work on some embroidery, Tom. Okay. Okay. Just throwing it out there, just ideas. I'm obviously not as merch guy. Just, uh, just an idea. All right. Uh, let's rip through these picks. Um, got a lot of picks. You know, I was sort of under the impression that I was. Uh, I was going to be going, that, that I was going to be in attendance. Obviously, mm. Frank had other plans. So, I mean, you know, when you go to a card, you want to be, you want to be loaded up with the bets. So, I mean, anytime these, these lines were dropping, I was, I was like, let me play this, let me play that. So, yeah, I've been sitting on some PFL bets for, for quite a while now. So just uh, roll with me here as I, as I go through these. 12 singles, 12 singles. We won't get deep on these. Uh, if you want to hear a deep breakdown, 
Me and old Jed did one yesterday. It was fantastic. Maybe the best episode of No Bets Barred uh, nice. ever. Phil Caracappa. Everyone knows Phil Caracappa. Uh, taking on Wu. Wu is 1-4 against opponents that are over 500. Phil Caracappa falls under that. So I'm going to take him to win here. Laying heavy chalk on a guy that I just heard of this week. Sounds like a smart game plan. Next up, Biagio Ali Walsh by... K-O-T-K-O. You're giving me a playable line. I will play it. Um, he's still fighting Amis for the PFL, and I think they're going to continue to give him winnable fights uh, due to his namesake. Next up, Jesus Pinedo. This is a vibes bet. I mean, I set the scene last night when I was talking to Jed, but, I mean, this guy is, you know, he's got a lot of professional MMA fights under his belt, but coming into this season to the PFL, a, a relative unknown and then he fights Braga, loses by split decision. Then he goes out there and fights the winner of the tournament from last year, and Brendan Lochnane, and the runner-up in Bubba Jenkins. Finishes them both, and now he gets a shot at redemption and a shot at a million dollars against the man that defeated him in the first match of the season by split decision. You think he doesn't remember that? You think he's not thinking about that? Yeah, we're going to go with Jesus Pinedo. I mean, I'm selling this card for them. It gives me chills just You're thinking doing about a, it. Yeah. Pineda, uh, Pineda. So Derek Brunson is making his debut for the PFL. Very talented fighter. Uh, had a lot of great wins inside the UFC octagon. But we have seen talented fighters come to the PFL and not find success. If you look back, uh, you know, we've had Tiago Santos, most recently lost to Rob Wilkinson. Uh, Shane Burgos this season, 1-2 and two in the promotion. Marlon Marias, 0-3. Oh Finishing every fight. Uh, Anthony Pettis was unable to find success. One and four in the promotion. Roy McDonald, two and four. Derek Brunson, where where are we at in the in the fight career? Um, and he's not getting a bum. He's not getting a bum coming off the couch. And for that reason, I took Ray Cooper the third. Big size differential. Derek Brunson knocked out in seven of his losses at this point. And who can crack? Ray Cooper can crack. So I will be taking Ray Cooper the third. Next up. Frank's girl, our girl, Kayla Harrison. I'll be taking her by submission, though. Uh, knockout prop is the favorite, but I, I like her more to get a submission. I mean, obviously equal six knockouts, six submissions throughout her career. Uh, I feel like she's just going to be able to get lied to the ground. And then once once it's on the mat, I feel like she's going to be able to do what she wants to do. So a little sprinkle uh, on a big number there. Next up, orange shorts are out. That means it's time for the 205 title fight. Impa... Kasangane. I'm going to take him on the money line. Uh, another vibes bet. Another just man. It started on the PFL Challenger Series. Coming to the season, 4-0 in the year. Now he has a chance to go 5-0 and and win a million dollars. Can I take it one step further? Please. I was on the receiving end of one of the most yes. viral knockouts yes. in the history of the sport. He just two get, years ago, this man was getting yes. cut by the UFC. Yes. I mean, and now he has a chance at a million dollars. And on the other side, Conan Silvera's son. Uh, in studio, friend becoming, of the show. Becoming a PFL champion. I mean, the, the, the stakes are high in this one. Uh, but I will also be taking the under two and a half. You can actually get this at a much better price now. I think it's at even money. I, I missed the line on this one. Um, but Silvera, 11 of his 13 fights. Have not gone the distance. Four of five of his last five have ended in the first round. Impa, seven of his last nine have not seen a third round. I think this is going to be a fun fight. I think this is going to be an exciting fight. Uh, and I think someone's probably going to get put out, and the winner will be receiving a million dollars. Next up, Magomed 
Magomed Karimov. If you're getting in the smart cage and you got two Magomeds in your name, you're probably getting my money. Sadi Busai, I was on him last time out. Not an impressive performance. I honestly thought he lost the fight watching it in real time. Uh, and Magomed, Magomed Karimov, when he is healthy, uh, he has found a lot of success in the PFL smart cage. So uh, I will take him to get it done here. Next up, reigning, defending, Larissa Pacheco, the champion uh, in the PFL, going for back-to-back Millies. Uh, I'm going to take her by knockout in this one because when they give you a good price on Larissa Pacheco by knockout, especially in a five-round fight, uh, you typically want to take that. I mean, she has been ousting her opponents, not named Kayla Harrison, uh, and I don't think it's going to be any different this time around. Um, Larissa Pacheco, 25 minutes to be able to get the knockout. I like that. We'll keep it rolling to the heavyweight bout. Denise Goltsov taking on Hanan Ferreira. Hanan Ferreira, big man. Very big man, standing at 6'8", 85-inch reach. Doesn't get much bigger than that. But if you look at it, I mean, his big fallback plan is knockout power, which obviously, that's how he can put Goltsov out here. I mean, easily could could knock him out. But if you go back and you look at his record, uh, he has lost three of his last five fights. I know two of them have been wiped due to no contest. But if you go back and watch those fights, he got thoroughly outworked uh, in those losing affairs. So I like Goltsov here. I think if he can avoid the knockout power, he gets it done. Uh, and I also like the under one and a half in this one. Goldsov, four of his last five ended round one. Ferreira, five of his last seven ended in round one. Two big boys, two heavyweights uh, going at it. Um, and then in the main event, OAM, 9-0 in the PFL. A career resurgence like we've we've never seen before. And, and that's going to be the That's Money moment of the weekend. Oh, yeah. 10-0 and in the PFL. Back-to-back Millies. Is it his last fight ever? I don't know. He has hinted at that, but I would say no. He's hinted. And then a parlay that carries over from last week. Kuramagomedov, Kayla Harrison, Larissa Pacheco. And that's that. So instead of being stacked up with bets in D.C. and getting to enjoy it at the beautiful anthem, I'll be on my couch supporting from afar. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a lot of stuff there. It's a lot to like. There's a lot going on. A lot of action. I'm excited. Can't uh, wait. If you had to pick one... Thanksgiving food dish. Just one. Could be anything. What are you picking? Stuffing. No brainer. Stuffing. No brainer. Specific kind of stuffing? Stovetop? Mm. Nah. No, nah, I'm actually going baked in the oven stuffing. Does mm. uh, it have to have like the spice? There's um the thyme. There's some that have sausage in it, I believe. French I've bread? met very few stuffings that I don't like. Yeah, you say French bread. I actually made an everything bagel stuffing one year. Wow. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal, yeah. Stuffing in the South, we call it dressing. We do. Uh, Why is that? I don't you know. dress the turkey with it. Come on. Oh, there you go. Come nice, on. nice, nice, nice. Yeah, stuffing. Always been my favorite. What about you, Rick? One. I think I'm also stuffing. Wow. Stuffing yeah, is fantastic. Can't go wrong. You have one or you got, you got something different? Um... No, I do like a good stuff. You know, I'm I'm very new to the Thanksgiving traditions. Like I yeah, only yeah, really oh, started yeah. celebrating Thanksgiving like in the last ten years. In Canada, Thanksgiving, October first Monday of or second Monday of October, I believe. I didn't even get off from from school. What are What okay. are the traditions for that? It's we. I never celebrated it. Never. I didn't even get off from school. I never had a meal. We never had a dinner on it, Canadian Thanksgiving. Tim Hortons. Never had off from school. The CFL would play a game. No one cared. Uh, wow. Uh, 
we would be more excited about American Thanksgiving. Like at lunch, we would run home, watch like, you know, 30 minutes of the Lions game and then be like, well, this is great. Uh, it was nothing. It was a nothing, 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 nothing holiday where I grew up. Uh, I don't know if it was a Quebec thing. I don't know if it was a Jewish thing. I don't know, but it wasn't a thing. As I've lived in America longer and longer, it's become more of a thing. Uh, you know, my kids learn about it. They tell me stories. They come home with the turkey. Like, it's fun. I love it. It's one of my, if not my favorite holiday. Uh, love the, shout out to John Beer, our mutual friend, who for like 12 years would make Thanksgiving dinner at my house. No more now that he's a family man. So we miss him. Um, the stuffing's great. I do, I do, I really do love a pecan pie. Uh, pecan? pecan? Yeah. Pecan pie is great, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we actually put that on the poll, 70% pecan. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah. All right. I win. Uh, Frank? Deviled eggs. Deviled eggs. Yeah. I, didn't I feel even... like you might have said this last yes, year. Yes, but... And, and, I, and I didn't remember... Now I'm remembering again the same problems well, I had with, with Because this. that's not a traditional Thanksgiving dish. Yeah, what, what is this? Come on, bro. I mean... It might, maybe it is in the South, because I had yeah, deviled okay, eggs fine. at Thanksgiving every time I growing mean, up. Where you guys grew up, did fine, people take fine. Fritos and dump chili, cheese, and onions on it? No. No, we did not no, okay. do that. So there's some things that are just regional. I know that, okay, you know, like fine. Hawaiian pizza apparently is from Canada and... Mm. What about Dustin Poirier just casually mentioning he had a Trudukin rating to waiting to go in there? Yeah, yeah that was great. Theo, Theo Vaughn? Yeah, just casually just hanging out with Theo yep, Vaughn. crushing a Trudukin with Theo yeah. Vaughn for Thanksgiving. What a guy. All right, see you, Dustin. Yeah, what a guy. Um, all right, well, I feel cozy and excited. He t- he's talking about a cornucopia that his friend made with the... Oh, that's that's next bread. level stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow. red cornucopia. Yeah. That is next level stuff. Oh, my God. Well... Uh, great time. I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful to everyone back there. Thank you very much to the team. Rick wants to go. He's put up the peace sign. He's yeah, done. Rick's, Rick's He's got enough a, of all of us. Rick's got to go out with all his hometown Rick, you, you friends. Rick, you making a turkey? Thanksgiving? My wife um, is. Okay. I am not. She's getting started on it. All right. Uh, I'm having a little pre... Okay, so my daughter, yes. Avery, my oldest, uh, is turning six tomorrow. Oh, wow. Uh, she was born on Thanksgiving for her birthday and yep. now this is the first thanksgiving since then that thank that uh thanksgiving also falls on her birthday let's go so she, we've got a little bit of a combo uh birthday thanksgiving for my daughter avery so shout out to avery i love her oh that's much. amazing and happy birthday happy yeah it's birthday great to we get to celebrate everybody so we're having a little dinner tonight with some parts of the family then tomorrow we'll do thanksgiving combo with the birthday uh a lot of celebration going on over the next couple of days big day in amityville Big day in Amityville. Bringing out the uh, bouncy house? No, not. This is not a lot of kids. This is more grown ups uh, coming over and hanging out. Mishpach. Cool. Yeah. Family. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday. I love a good kid's birthday party, whether it's for uh, adults or children. Uh, happy birthday to Avery and uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Uh, we appreciate you all very much. Thank you for the continued support. Thank you for the love. Thank you to GC for making this great set. I love it so much. Would it be weird to have it on Monday's show? You tell me. You be the judge. Uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see if it... Uh, I mean, I feel like the leaves are appropriate, but I don't know. No, we got to lose it, man. Come on. Oh, come on. Fuck. It'll be gone in 15 minutes. <laughs> like it never happened. going to come in here and be like... Uh, all right, we're out of time. Yes, thank you very much to our good friends over at Cash App. Was that your subtle way of reminding me, Frank? It wasn't very subtle. Okay, yeah. Appreciate them. We appreciate Kraken. We appreciate DraftKings very much. It is time to go, my friends. 
Ah, yes, what is better than being home for the holidays? Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. Oh, you guys like the... Is there a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving? There is. Yeah. Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's Day. The music? Is there good music for Thanksgiving or is it just the Christmas? Is it just the Christmas? Christmas is the goat. I mean, it's not even even a competition. Christmas is the best. I love Christmas. I used to have the Time Life Treasury of Christmas and I would listen to it all year round. July, August. The songs are great. Rocking around the Christmas tree. But what... I'm getting like this cozy vibe. Are you guys getting cozy vibe? I just super wanna, cozy. What's a great Thanksgiving movie? Um, you've got mail. Pieces of April. That's a good one. Gosh. Gremlins. Gremlins. Is that a Thanksgiving movie? Best. Uh, no, I'm actually being told that that's a Christmas movie. Free oh, Birds. Apologies. Turkey Hollow. The Wiz. What is this? Turkey Bowl. There's, there's no classic Thanksgiving movie. It's got to be one. Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Oh, hey, you've got mail. Yeah, you've got mail. I already too. said that. No, I know. I didn't even know that was the Thanksgiving movie. Autumn Pieces in New of York. April is a good one with Katie Holmes. Katie Tail? No. Um, uh, all right. Well, we'll check some of those out. Uh, thank you to all our guests. Thank you to Chantel Cameron. Thank you to Kayla Harrison. Thank you to Dustin Poirier. Thank you to Eileen Perez. And of course, uh, her manager, Martine. Thanks to all of them. Thanks to all of you. Back on Monday, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So, uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash MMA. Dot com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.